Welcome to the Matrix Unveiled Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa. If you're ready to awaken your consciousness and take the red pill, keep listening. What's up, guys? We're getting set up. We're going to do a room and we're going to do some updates on the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. What's been going on? Not really a lot has been going on, but there are some things that we can talk about. I have a couple of videos for you guys um, that we can listen to and, you know, we can have the conversation. Um, a lot of people have been hitting me up, you know, um, asking for the room um, every day, but I can't do a daily room, especially when there's not a whole lot going on with it. So guys, raise your hands, come to the stage you know, ping, 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 ping your friends in here and let's get this conversation going. Right now, I'm just waiting for um, the mods to pull up, at least one of them. So if I get kicked out the room, the room doesn't end. <laughs> Let me, um... oh shit. See, I almost pressed the wrong button trying to send a text message. And if I would have hit on a room, <sighs> then I would have been I would have been kicked out. At least if one of you guys are on stage, then um when the room if the room does like if I get kicked out accidentally, the next person automatically becomes the moderator. So come on stage. I don't see any raised hands. We're gonna get into it today. Let's see, we got Nikki just pulled up. Let me bring Nikki up. She's gonna be my mod. Hey, Nikki, how's it going? Hey, going, Lisa, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing well, I'm doing well. I have, um, I had to get um, a moderator in here. I know um, most of them are probably still asleep. I know Shay's coming. I know um, Lynn's probably asleep. We were up late last night, but I'm good. Did you so want me to go down, I'm down to the audience again, or are you waiting? No, 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 no. Nope, I want you to just stay right where you're at. Just stay put with your little pretty self. <laughs> okay, I'll be people. Okay. So thank you so much. So basically we have not had this room. You guys know I've been covering the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. I covered it for the first two weeks and actually um, about two weeks before the trial started, I did a room about the connection between, you know, Epstein and, and Ghislaine Maxwell. And it goes really, really deep. We have covered so much. Um, I started a, a room the day before on Sunday before the trial started, um, because that's the day that um, Virgil Abloh, you know, the Louis Vuitton guy, he passed away and his name was affiliated with the whole thing. So I was like, hey, you know what? Is there a connection? Okay. Um, for those of you that were in that room, you will remember that uh, her friend showed up. There is Shay. Her friend Amanda um, Elias showed up in the room, and a lot of people went to her Instagram. And saw a lot of disturbing things. So, you know, what we're doing today is we're doing a recap, but I'm not going to recap by myself. Y'all going to come on the stage or nah? <laughs> because everybody was hitting me up saying um, they want to, you know, where's the room? You know, where's the room? There's really not enough going on to do a daily room. Like I was telling you guys, they're going to sweep this under the rug. So we have to pay attention and it's going to be up to us the people of the world to, if you you're, if you care about this case, to figure out like basically, you know, what is going on and putting the pieces together. People that are stepping down, why are they stepping down? 
people that are, you know, passing away, like Clarence Avant's wife, like just mysteriously died, well, you know, in some random like break in or whatever, like none of the stories and anything that was making sense. So we've been putting all of that together. Um, Shay, do you have any commentary about this? I have some stuff that I want to share, but I'd love to hear um, from you as well. Let me go into the Discord. Okay, so one of the biggest things that we have discovered this week that came out of the trial, not really much, is that Ghislaine Maxwell will not be testifying, okay? So that was one of the questions that we had last week was, or uh, yeah, I think it was last week. No, yeah, last week. I don't, I can't, is this, is this week? Oh, it's Friday. It was yeah. last week. Last yes. week. He was yeah, so one of the girl, I listen, all this stuff be running together after a while. <laughs> right. But... <laughs> I, I think if I may interject a little bit, Lisa, um, mm -hmm. I think was it in your room that you mentioned, suggested that should be somebody um chronologically um, you know, map out the connecting dots basically, because I mean you cover quite a lot extensively on this whole trial um for, for some time now. And then there there are just some um, you know, connecting dots, you know, what this is, you know, people, uh, times and places and things like that. And I think it's so, so fascinating, you know, just to hear it and listen to it. And I think if there is somebody or if you already have on your Discord, um, some kind of like a map or some kind of like, a, you know, like, a, I don't know, I mean, some kind of like a, you know, chronological order uh, of the incidents and people and places that has been connected to this trial if that makes sense to you yeah yeah um <laughs> um i did have someone working on that you know but that sort of fell by the wayside you know what i mean so i mean that's all i could say about that it is what it is um but like i was saying like the biggest thing that has come out this week is uh one of the questions that came up we actually took a poll last week and most people didn't think that she would testify. So the room was spot on um, and she is not going to be testifying. So that's, that's, you know, I think everyone was pretty much on par with that. I do have some stuff that I want to read and I have some videos that I want to play. Um, it's related to her indirectly, not necessarily the trial, but it's just more information around who she is as a person and all of that. But before we do that, let me go ahead and check in with Kay and Bina. Hey, Kay, are you there? Hey, Bina, are you there? Oh, yes. Hi, Lisa. Hey there. Uh, I'm all the way from India, so I just popped in uh, to see what's really happening. Could you kindly reset the room for me, please? Okay, sure. No problem. I'll do a reset in just a moment. Second is Sean and Big Mike. Hey, Sean, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Just chilling. Just listening in, you know what I'm saying? I've uh, heard a lot about this case and stuff like that, so I'm just checking. Okay. Um, have you guys been in this room, when, this club, when we, we've been covering this case for, we covered the first two weeks of the case. Were you here for that, Sean? Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was in the audience, though. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. All right. So we are getting the room set up and pinging some people into the room. Okay. So not a lot, like I said, went on, but I went ahead and decided to do this room because so many people were like, Hey, 
you know, where's the room? We really, you know, want to see it, yada, yada, yada. So what I did do was I pulled up a video on, um, that was from 18 hours ago on YouTube. It's the latest on Ghislaine Maxwell trial as the fence opens its case. So I'm going to play that for you guys, but I'm going to pause. I'm going to go on mute for a second. So the commercial. sex trafficking trial in federal court in Manhattan. Defense lawyers are now calling witnesses to testify about their experiences with Ghislaine Maxwell, the alleged accomplice of deceased sex offender Jeffrey Epstein. ABC's Aaron Katursky has been following every twist and turn of this trial, and he joins us now with the very latest. First, Aaron, uh, the major question looming over this trial, will Ghislaine Maxwell testify in her own defense? That seems to be pretty risky in a trial like this. What are the pros and cons that are the defense's weighing? Well, certainly she could be persuasive because, as prosecutors have alleged, Terry, she was pretty good at manipulation. She was able, according to the government, to entice all of these minors into Jeffrey Epstein's lurid world. And, and in fact, that may work in her favor if she were to get on the witness stand and testify in her own defense. Perhaps, uh, as befitting her socialite status from a number of years ago, uh, charm everyone. That's what she did, prosecutors say, for Jeffrey Epstein. She gave him the entree uh, that he needed to spread his money around. And, and that could be a, a powerful thing because, really, Terry, only Glenn Maxwell knows what went on in some of these rooms. And it would be her word against the accusers. And perhaps she's the only one who can properly offer any kind of a defense. On the other hand, as you say, it is risky for a defendant to take the stand in their own defense. It does open them up to certain elements on cross-examination. And so far, we have no indication from the defense attorneys that Glenn Maxwell is going to testify. In fact, the defense seems to be moving along at quite a, a pretty good clip. They've already called several witnesses, and, and their defense case could be over in, in fairly short order, maybe a day or two. And one of the witnesses, Aaron, as you know, we heard from Maxwell's personal assistant, Kimberly Espinosa. What did we learn from her? She was a really interesting start for the defense, Kenneth, because she was able to give the jury a much different picture of Ghislaine Maxwell than they had heard from the government, where prosecutors called her Jeffrey Epstein's partner in crime. Kimberly Espinosa says that she really respected Ghislaine Maxwell, and in fact credited her own career as an executive assistant in the business world to her time working with Ghislaine Maxwell, learning how to uh, handle a number of things at once under tight time pressure deadlines. And crucially for the defense, she also testified that in the six years she worked for Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein, she never saw any indication that either of them was doing anything untoward with minor girls. On a very quick cross-examination, though, she conceded that she only worked in Jeffrey Epstein's office, not in his houses, where the accusers say their abuse took place. Mm -hmm. And, Aaron, I wanted to ask you about, about one unusual request from the defense to call to the witness stand the lawyers for several of the women who testified as Maxwell's accusers. In other words, they, they want the lawyers of the, of the women who are the alleged victims in this case. So what are the grounds for that? What, are they, what does the defense want to get from that testimony? Yeah, it's all meant to bolster the defense assertion 
that these women are out for money, that they have a financial motive, that they didn't even remember meeting Galen Maxwell until civil attorneys in a greedy plaintiff's bar started poking around and, and, and tried to concoct this whole story about Galen Maxwell once it was apparent that, that Jeffrey Epstein was dead and, and was not going to be prosecuted. And, and so to help bolster that claim, the defense wants to call a number of civil attorneys who represent the accusers in this case. And the judge is not going to allow most of it. She's allowing one civil attorney to testify and on very narrow grounds. But but the defense is trying to, to make its claim that the, the accusers have misremembered their encounters with Maxwell or are twisting them to fit the narrative that's being pushed by others. Today on the witness stand, a professor from the University of California at Irvine who's an expert in the frailty of memory. And she's talking about how, over time, memories can not only lapse, but can be influenced with the interjection of some false information. Oh, fascinating. And, Aaron, who else are we expecting to hear from here during this trial? Uh, and where does this case go from here? Well, it, it seems like the defense, Kenneth, is moving on after the, the expert is finished from the University of California at Irvine. Uh, we expect next a uh, number of Customs and Border Protection agents. They'll be talking, we think, about the, the movements, perhaps, of, of some of the accusers in and out of the country to see if they comport with, uh, with the actual testimony of those accusers. And from there, we're, we're not quite sure how the defense is going to end. I guess there's always the possibility Maxwell could testify, but otherwise, this seems like it could be headed for the jury as soon as the early part of next week. And, and that would be fast and, uh, and as you say, risky for Ghislaine Mas Maxwell to take the stand. Aaron Katursky, but on, the, on this case from the start, thanks very much for joining us. Thanks, Derek. All right. And there you have it, people. Okay. So number one, a few things here. Okay. The defense is obviously doing its job because it, their job is to, um, you know, make sure that their client gets away, you know, with the least amount of, you know, um, at least, you know, negative impact, right? So whether she's going to walk, I can tell. Number one, here's why. Um, they're getting ready to wrap this trial up and nothing came out. There was nothing that came out in this trial that we did not already know about, okay? This was low-hanging fruit. And like I already predicted, and many other people who has been a part of this room, this is just the tip of the freaking iceberg. When they took these young girls who are now grown women who have maybe had careers, you know, went on to do other things, they're trying to twist the story into, oh, you know, well, that, you know, um, they're, they're doing this for money, right? A lot of the Me Too movement. The thing about it is this is all a red heron because the true story are the young girls, not just the ones that they, that are on, um, that are testifying now, right? About the Lolita, all these people, the pilots, the, the, the workers that worked around them, the, the maids, they all knew about what was going on in there. These people are traffickers. You know, they are the ones that provide little children all the way to babies, all the way up to the sex trafficking ring for the elites, all the way up to the Vatican. You know, there was a photograph, I don't know if you guys are aware of it, that was seen with um, Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell at a cabin, at the Queen's cabin. It is the identical cabin. They also have a photograph of her 
sit in the cabin down to the imperfections and the wood was pointed out, it was the same exact cabin. How powerful do you have to be to be able to vacation at the Queen of England's cabin? This is why her Prince Andrew, her son, who has been implicated, you know, in this will never go to trial and he will never, this is the tip of the iceberg. So um, there, this trial was set for six weeks and they're saying that as early as next week that they could be going to the, this, this whole case could be going to the jury for their decision. Like I said before, this whole thing was a nothing burger and here we are. I'm going to open up the floor before we move on to any other um, recordings or any other details about this to hear what the people on the stage have to say about this. this I'm going to definitely have to agree with you um, on that, Lisa. Um, you know, as far as everything that they presented before the courts was everything that we, we already knew. And, and I, I found that when I, I got to posting documents and whatnot over the Discord um, that were released and available via uh, the Freedom of Information Act and with everything else that was uh, brought to the table later, it was nothing new. Um, if you paid attention to the Epstein case, it was it was basically they were almost trying to represent the same information or evidence um, that was presented once before. Um, I'm 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 curious to to what the jurors are talking about or what 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 they will say rather after the fact when it's all said and done when they go on their uh, press junket. One thing that strikes me. I was just going to say, yeah, I think if she does get off, uh, she will not live long. I don't see her getting off, but if she does, I don't see her living long enough to, you know, do anything uh, as far as, uh, you know, writing or anything of that sort. This, uh, thank you for that perspective, Carla and everybody. And, Lisa and all the mods for creating and all the space. I just want to say for one thing that I think it's significant and awful that she's only charged with like a total of six things. Maybe one of them being like transporting a minor for uh, sex in a case singular in 1995 prior to statute of limitations, like whatever the total charges are for everything they're investigating or for is nonsense because, or just like, like they should be saying hundreds would be, or dozens by the, whatever the numbers they can work out are, if they were going to really try to pursue justice and disclosure, this is not like a thing she did a while ago, a couple times because she was friends with Epstein and as uh, someone, I think Shay was, or Lisa was just saying that, you know, all these people knew, all these people, like if you drove the plane, you were uh, involved in the trafficking and all these other things. So what we really need is a entirely different level of accountability and scrutiny. And with that, 
I will pass on the mic. All of you are wonderful and peace and love and blessings to uh abundance rising everybody. How you doing, Kane? And hey Sky and Picasso. Hey. Hello. Hey, hey, how you doing, Lisa? Queen Goddess Lisa. I'm back. <laughs> She's back, but never left. Ain't that a bitch? Oh, excuse me, love. I'm still working my profanity, love. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You add just the right flavor to the Matrix unveil. We always love to have you on stage. And you know, yeah, I, I know love the Matrix. Did you come into the room last night? I popped in just for a bit. Um, you know what? Um, I was just my 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 entire awe was just when hearing um a uh, kennedy kennedy um uh, the nephew is that the nephew oh not uh, that room. i had my own room last night i popped in your room for just a bit and then i popped back up i was listening i was listening to uh his audiobook that he was talking about okay. um but please, please explain. I mean, I'm, I'm here. I'm, I'm all ears, and I'm here to ain't that a bitch and a blessing. You know how I do. You missed the great one last oh, night. Can I replay it? Also, I just want to, because Sky they came up. They didn't say the replay, so you missed oh, it. Oh, yeah. It was epic. We had the biggest room in the hallway, bodied everybody. You know what I'm saying? It's not about that. It's just, you know right. what I'm saying? That's just the facts that happen. You know what I'm saying? We represent. You represent. You 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 bring up and everybody pulls the fuck up. You know? Hello? Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. But anyway. Also, let's I just want to say, Sky came up. the title. I want to, um, I know some people yeah. have some stuff they wanted to say because mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like as though like we all called it, right? We've been following this ever since the beginning, you guys. And you know, I think we all called it, you know? Um, so yeah, let me hear from the other people on the stage that wanted to um, add their commentary. Hey, so I actually have something to say about that. Hey, everybody. Hey, um, Sky. Hi, thank you for this space. I actually created a Clubhouse account just to tap in with you guys last night, just to tap in. So I'm glad to awesome. be here. We're and, glad um, to have you. Peace to the audience. Hi. So about the Gislaine. Now, we did call this. Do you believe, because I, this this is just how I'm feeling about the whole situation. No, there, there will be no type of justice. And I could just be, you know, just being a pessimist on this. Someone from the inside, right, of, of that group is going to have to say something. I don't believe that. It's just, I, I'm, I don't know. I don't know. You see no. what I'm saying? I'm, I think we all came to that conclusion. You missed a lot. Um, yes, know, I, I did. Yeah. <laughs> on it in the last week, which in clubhouse time is like a month. <laughs> it's just the, what it is. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. But I didn't want to keep, we went so in depth, way beyond the case. I have all of that stuff posted, you know, um, in um, my discord, there's a whole channel and the Matrix Unveiled Discord just for all the things, you know, about Lane Maxwell I dug up um, and a lot of other people dug up as well. So, um, you know, you guys can tap in and, you know, look there. But we all said that, you know, most of us, I took a poll in the room, you know, of the audience and the stage members that this was going to be a whole nothing burger because this isn't 
this isn't the case. You know what I'm saying? This isn't the case. This is everyone isn't, is involved. Everyone. Right. There's there's not gonna be a uh, government. <laughs> she's gonna she's definitely gonna get off. And if, if she does, it'll be a slap on the wrist, right? Um right. something like remember when Jeffrey Epstein went to jail in Palm Beach? Um he, he yes. was for 16 hours a day. He only went to the jail to go to sleep at night. So he was around roaming the streets. These people are super, super powerful. And this is their life. This is what they, this is how they live. And so many people at every level is involved, including child protective services. That's how, that's the lowest exactly. that it goes. And the highest that it goes all the way up to the queen, these royal, quote unquote, royal families. And even up to the Vatican, you know, we have photographs of, you know, Prince, I'm sorry, um, uh, Pope Francis blessing Ghislaine and Jeffrey Epstein back in 2014. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now, all of a sudden, another thing that happened was the fact that they're coming out saying that um, he is dying. Like, wh why? <laughs> why do we need to know that? You know, isn't the queen dying? Wasn't she in the hospital? I have no idea. I don't know. Allegedly, allegedly, the allegedly. queen has canceled the holiday plans, y'all. She does this every year. She canceled it, the whole holiday uh, event. Ain't that a bitch? I wonder why. I can't get no crumpets. <laughs> Excuse me, Lord. Oh, I mean, I, and I pray like that you get better, better queen. Yes. Mm hmm. They get their oh. blood. Huh. They're trying. They're, they're trying. What about Celine Dion? Yes. She was 20 years younger. You know, uh, I'm sorry, Lisa. You know, I'm so sorry, man. She's like, boy, if you don't interrupt me one more time. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Okay. You know, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Do you know they said that when um, the pandemic happened last year in March, everybody, right? And remember, mm -hmm. no one could get their hair cut. Nobody could get their nails done, ladies. And us men getting oh, manicures. Oh, about it. I had to order nails from Amazon and learn how to do it. Ain't that a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Maylene calling you. Um, Lisa, you come in? No, 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 Maylene. I can do it myself. <laughs> no offense if, if anyone's Asian. I love all people. Um, and um, everybody looked like Castaway. Hell, I was looking like I, I said, damn, the only one that looking real good is Wilson. He was looking shiny. <laughs> But the point that I was making was, is that Celine Dion, after that happened, it showed her she looked like she was just like ancient. I said, damn, Celine Dion, is that you, baby? They all look like they just, yeah. no life force. And then magically, out of nowhere, she looked like she was 20, 20 um, years younger in the next photo. You know I'm like, that bitch, was. ain't you know that a bitch? That <laughs> <laughs> That's what they was doing. And you know what? Also, guys, y'all remember I played um, a video on here where it was mainstream. It wasn't even anything. They, they were literally promoting young blood. You know what I'm saying? There's a certain thing called vampire facials. The penis facials, yes. Uh, Sandra Bullock, she was on Ellen talking about that. Right. But what they're doing is they use your own blood to do whatever. I don't know how it works because, you know, I've never had it. But somebody that I know on social media. Oh, um, I know. You're, yeah. They, they prick you. They like prick your skin. to Yeah. Right. They reinforce. That, the Kardashians. Yeah, they do that. Yeah, they do do that. Yep. So, guys. That shit is crazy. Mm -hmm. So, I've done that. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Yes. Um, I have so, to ask me. my sister, my mom, put me on. <laughs> 
So basically, you go to a spa and um, they drain some of your blood and then they put it in the machine, which um, separates like the plasma. Then they inject the plasma back into like, you know, I did it for like a facial. So on my face, you know. No, my son. No, so then they 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 wouldn't drink back the plasma. Oh, it says somebody. You talking about aliens? Ain't that a bitch? Yeah, he, <laughs> yeah, I told him an alien. <laughs> but basically, they inject it back into your. You know, like it was a facial. They put it in my forehead, around my cheeks, and basically, it basically just gives you a glow. But um, the whole process took takes like. 20 30 minutes but that's all i did and then what they do is they give you your blood back the blood they drain and you just put it back on your face for like you know just instead of throwing my blood away give it back to me and yeah well damn okay it, well, yeah, least, okay i okay, didn't see a difference um my but it was oh no difference okay Listen, guys, check this out. You heard how she described it. And we're going to get into this blood thing a little bit more. And I do have some more videos and stuff. But let's keep the conversation going. Ping up, ping up the room. Ping your friends in here. Let's get these algorithms working. Okay. But you know how she said that they separated. They put it in the machine. They separated the plasma from the blood. There is something to the, the plasma. And I don't know what it is. But it's even like um, when the people, everyone started getting vaccinated, um, you could no longer, yeah, the yeah. came out and said you could no longer, you could donate blood, but you could not, the vaccinated people could not donate plasma. So there is something to that. I'm just putting it out there. I haven't heard anything else about that. Do your that, own research and yeah. see what plasma is, you know, and what is impact. But yes, a lot of these individuals, there's a lot going on with them. You know what I'm saying? A lot. I believe, you know, um, you know, um, I believe that they are messing with the, the DNA and they're testing stuff like even a vampire facial, just the name of it. You know, I mean, it sounds cool and it sounds edgy. And if you're into that sort of thing, like, hell, I probably would have just tried it. You know, Alicia, you, you, know, know what, you know what plasma. Is? No, I know. I know lightning unfiltered pee. Really? Really? Yes, unfiltered pee. Um, when you go to these plasma centers, you have to be hydrated, right? Um, so when you go back there, you know, they put your, they take your blood out and they put it in a centrifuge. And then the centrifuge spins. And then when it spins, it takes the urine out of the blood. So here's the thing. Um, it is unfiltered pee. So say, for instance, when you drink water and you have to filtrate your system out, you go to pee. Well, um, they get the plasma before it even comes out your system. So you got to ask yourself, like, um, what what are they doing with this plasma? Also, also you got to ask yourself, why are these plasma centers um, predominantly in, quote unquote, um, uh, predominantly black communities. Um, also, um, something that, you know, came across my table in regards to plasma is that, you know, we are the people of the sun and what, what is the sun? It's plasma. So, right. you know, they are utilizing and manipulating this liquid 
plasma for their benefits. And some may even, you know, say, you know, the benefit of, uh, let's say, time traveling. Can I uh, share? I didn't want to switch subjects too fast. Hello? Yeah, go ahead. You don't have to ask. Oh, okay. Just, um, you know, just, you, you just made me think, Lisa, when you were speaking about how deep this goes with CPS. And I'm in Georgia here, and I just came across, and you guys probably already know about it. I don't know if anyone had any um, more information on it, about that congresswoman who was starting to expose the Child Protective Services here in Georgia, and then they found her and her husband um, dead. What about that house that got raided with all them kids? Was that in Georgia too? There were a few. I know there's been a few, but but this congresswoman. That's crazy. Yeah, this congresswoman, I can't remember her name, but she was really like speaking out, exposing everything, like like you know, she was she was basically kind of ripping the lid off of what was happening in the, in child protective services with these children here. And what year and was this? Nancy Schaefer? I think it was twenty twenty. Yes, yes, that's her. Yeah. I knew her name was Nancy. But I, I couldn't remember. Senator her Nancy Schaefer. Oh, that Senator, was, wow. not Congressperson, Senator. That's Senator, right. And they found damn. her and her husband. They they. This was just last year, right? It was just in twenty twenty. Is yeah, this, is it? yeah, 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 yes. This is so Star, I'd like to add. No, this is uh, 2017. Nancy Schaefer was exposed after, I mean, was murdered after exposing CPS corruption. Yeah. Oh, it's 2017. Okay. Yeah, That's also the Wikipedia oh. that I'm just looking at, it says police concluded the deaths to have been a murder-suicide without a uh, murder, but before death, she published and promoted the report, The Corrupt Business of Child Protective Services, leading to conspiracy theories surrounding her murder, because there's no causality. That's right. So it's, it's, it just, when you were saying that, Lisa, it just made me think about that, that, that case and just how real this is, how deep this really goes. If, yes. Um, go ahead. Sorry. If you guys notice anybody over the past years that has tried to expose human trafficking, they are all dead. Even the uh, those four men, they were making a documentary on human trafficking. It was Avicii. I, I don't know if I said his name right, but the lead singer from Linkin Park, that food guy that liked to travel, yeah. and somebody else. And the Shut Anthony the fuck yeah, I, didn't know, I didn't know he was involved they, in that, though. They and never, Chris ever any of the documentaries made on human trafficking. It's oh, it's only shit. a victim wow. that you'll see. But people like celebrities and stuff that actually try to do it, they're all dead. And they never release anything. And they're just forgotten about. And if you guys notice, um, you know, like when I was a child, we had signs out. It's like the 80s. There was signs out saying, watch out for human trafficking. Nobody warns you anymore. And the thing is, is it is a global thing. For the trial, of course she's going to get away. Because the three money makers in the world is weapons, human trafficking, and then drugs. So they're not going to allow us to shut down human trafficking. And then not only that, but if we figure it out, especially with what's going on now, 
they might fear that people will get braver because the truth is they're trying to traffic us all right now. China, China is the key word. China. Deeper than that, like the drugs, the drugs, yes, but I feel like the drugs make that that is for us, so we can be unaware of what they're doing. It's 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 look at the boosters, you know. Yeah, the trafficking is it's it's just deeper, you know. So, um, and then they don't want to release the list because everybody in high powers has gone to Epstein Island, and they don't want to talk about it. Even Mel Gibson talked about Hollywood and their sacrificing and how all the stages are covered with children's blood. Yeah, and Hollywood. thought he was just on a rant. Yeah. And that was years ago. And, and not mm-hmm. to mention what the population, the entire world is going to feel when their favorite celebrities, not them, it's going to freak, it's going to, it's going to literally, they're going to flip their wigs. Yes. Well, it's this part past- of, literally, <laughs> and figure- people worship these celebrities yeah. like they're gods. Right. Well, yeah. yeah. No, that's, and that's then- exactly it, is uh, worshiping false uh, idols. You're right. And then and the other thing. Telling is- us that. Uh, you know, like they can't do anything wrong because they're celebrities or politicians or they deserve to have the power they do because they do or just all this. And the human trafficking makes me wonder. I think America is the only free country. I think I'm not sure. America is not. I know, but it's supposed to be. So the thing is, right. You know, Ain't that like, a bitch? Okay. It, the thing is, is every country has slaves, and they have us over here fighting about race. When the truth is, is they human traffic over here on a high scale too, and it comes in all colors. And so does the owners. So do the owners. And then, if you notice, Biden and Obama always have open borders too to let people in. So it's just I don't know. It's crazy. I think if they they keep us separated with the systematic racism so we don't see the truth mm-hmm. of what's really going mm-hmm. on because we're too busy fighting well, with each Well, it's the easiest thing to keep a divide between us and that's been going on since <laughs> civil rights before the pandemic did mm-hmm. that. They can have control. This yeah. all makes me wonder. Division all makes in a year and a half. It all makes me wonder about Robin Williams and why he really took his own life because I can't help but think that there's some relation. Did he really take his own life? That's the question. You always have to ask that. You always have to ask that. Because um, <laughs> guys, this rabbit hole goes very, very deep. You know, like I keep saying, you know, we have covered it. We even connected the, um, because I just had a thought in my head, you know, as we were, because we were building in these rooms for the, um, you know, the first two weeks of the trial. I mean, and I was like really going in. A lot of people were like, you know, bringing up their perspectives and adding. It was it was honestly amazing. A lot of those rooms didn't get saved. Um, I think that, you know, sometimes even if you're within your limit of time, that certain content is not going to be saved. You know what I'm saying? Just because it's so impactful, right? Like I said, Ghislaine Maxwell's friend came into my room on the Sunday before her trial started. Um, and to, just to find out that she was connected to like Marina Bramovich, she was married to someone that was oh, yeah. there. She was a socialite. And then you saw all like the crazy art and everything that was going on, you know, on her page. But, you know, um, we are dealing with 
a very deep and dark system, right? So, you know, start paying attention. Like that's what I said from the very beginning. We actually had people that were going into the courtroom those first two weeks, okay? And physically going and taking notes, coming back to the room and giving us like play-by-play updates on exactly what was actually going on in the courtroom. Um, She is going to walk, even if she gets any time at all. Uh, My prediction, it'll be no more than five years and she'll get out in three with good behavior and we'll never know how she actually serves that time. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense. But what I was telling people is to make sure that you're paying attention to what's going on around, you know what I'm saying, the topic, right? Who is dying? You know, who the people that are stepping down from these companies. We also know we had the CNN producer, okay? One of the CNN producers who got arrested. For the CEO. Exactly. But a CEO stepped down. There's a list of these people. Um, the the CNN guy, she's talking. You know what I'm saying? She's talking. And now we hear she's not going to testify. They have not, they don't even have any more witnesses to call. I think all the witnesses have been, you know, already testified. Now they're calling their lawyers, guys, the witnesses' lawyers. They're calling them to the stage. This is all a dog and pony show. And they're saying that as early as next week, which would be four weeks of, you know, actual trial, they they said it would be six weeks. It's going to be down to four. And then this is going to all go to the jury. Okay. A lot has happened outside of the courtroom. And if you don't know what you're looking at, you don't know how to, you know, um, the general public, not you here, but the general public are not even paying attention to this because there's so many other distractions. They're hitting everybody with Omicron and, you know, all this, you know, um, boosters and pills and, you know, pills, potions, and you know what I'm saying? They're waving that magic wand as they always do. Project Veritas, and I can't find the video. I don't really know how I have a clip of the video, but there's now been a second person up in the high ranks of CNN that has been um, basically someone is coming out and whistleblowing on him about his penchant and, you know, taste for underage kids. This is something that is normal. And that is what I've been getting, trying to get everyone to see. And I think most people in this room are really smart um, just by the conversations that people have when they come on stage. So you guys get it, you know what I'm saying? But there's a lot of people that, that don't really understand the scope and depth of this whole thing. And that's not a bad thing because you don't, a good people don't expect that these bad things to this degree happens. And it does go all the way down to the level of CPS. These people are involved. And if you, how, how can she actually get, you know, there's any justice served. I don't think Epstein killed himself. And I definitely don't think anything going to happen to her because, you know, the whole, like, this is the system. I mean, do you guys understand that, that this is ingrained in the system yes. and people in every level of society is involved? They don't mind, you know, the whole, the whole thing is this, is power and power begets greed, you know, and this, I can have everything I want. I can violate the rules don't apply to me, you know, and then you have people who are being blackmailed, which was the, that is the, the very core of why 
she did what she did, you know, uh, her role that she played, her and Jeffrey Epstein. I'm going to play you guys in a, a video before we end this room. I don't know when we're going to end it. We're just going to let it, you know, flow or whatever. But before, at some point, I'm going to play this video for you guys that talks about like her dad, his role, you know, how she became who she is, you know, um, how he mysteriously died on a boat. Like these things are not accidental. That is a whole world, another matrix you know, in and of itself that is, you know, has been created and they live in a world separate and apart from the world that we live in. So I know I've been talking for a while. Let me open the floor back up for um, commentary. I'm glad you touched on that because it's, it is normal to them and she will get off. It's not normal to us. So I kind of think like, oh, they, they are making it they are making this big fuss, like Pano was talking about last night, like false hopes. They are making this big fuss, but they know they're not going to do anything because they don't see a fucking problem. There, there, there is no, this is not problematic to them. It's problematic to us because we have morals for human beings. Yeah, the floor is open, guys. Are y'all ready for the video? I don't think anyone has anything to say. So we're going to listen to this video for a while. I'll pause it for comments and we're going to listen to half of it because when he gets towards it. And now this guy, his name is Sean Stone. The title of this video is on Rumble. I posted a link to it in the Discord under the, the Ghislaine Maxwell section. Hold on. Let me um, invite my friend up here, um, Giuseppe. Hey, Giuseppe. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you so much for bringing me up, Lisa. Hey, yeah, Giuseppe is my guy. He's always supporting. So um, this is posted in the Discord, the video I'm, that I'm getting ready to play for you guys. Um, so yeah, let's, I forgot what I was going to say. There was something else. Oh, I know what I was going to say. So for those of you that aren't a part of the Discord, we um, we do movie nights. We on, we've only done one movie night so far, which is great. We watched this movie called um, Jupiter Ascending. And, you know, um, Ryan, who's on the stage right now, streamed it for us. It was great. You know, we're able to, like, do breakdowns. I was able to help people see images, messages, and things, you know, in the movie that they would normally see. And a lot of people that have seen it before, they're like, wow, I didn't really look at it from this perspective. But now I see. So people are learning. There is this gentleman that whose video I'm getting ready to play on Rumble. He has a... Um, he has a series called the best kept secret okay where he dives into the whole glenn maxwell thing and i'm considering doing a movie night or two for it because it's four parts they're only like 30 minutes each um i think there's five or six there's i forget how many parts but i have to pay for it it's not free anywhere online i scrubbed the internet looking for it i'll pay for it but i definitely need to make sure that people are interested so i'm gonna send out like a um, a, a, you know, a, a message out in Discord to everybody. So if I get enough people that want to watch it, then I'll pay for it and we can do a movie night and we can all watch it together. You know what I'm saying? And then we can come back and discuss it in the room. So I just wanted to say that real quick. But again, this guy, his name is Sean Stone. He's on Rumble and he did the documentary. And but this is just an interview. And this is what he had to say. The title again is The Pedo World is Deep and Wide. Epstein Maxwell, Just the Tip of the Iceberg. And of course, there's always going to be some um, promotions. It says I can skip the ad. Okay, skip. All right. Let me... okay. 
talk about being prepared. Friends, this coming year is likely Let to bring more Let me try to skip past this. The ultra media manipulation um, to the, the physical human trafficking, slavery, um, sexual abuse, uh, you know, whether it's uh, sex trafficking or actual like pedophilia and abuse of children, um, and then all the way to the uh, transhuman agenda, which we're starting to see the first implications of in this time period now, really coming to, to the fore. Um, so these are just these are different techniques that they use to control humanity. So I wanted to basically do something based in the work that I've done for <clears throat> over, well, almost, I guess, about a decade now since uh, I did uh, Conspiracy Theory with Jesse Ventura that spun off into my Buzzsaw interviews. So I wanted to take a lot of the interviews I had already previously done, mix them with some new ones, but to really get across this theme of the control of humanity. And ultimately, it does go from the physical to the metaphysical, if people follow the, the, the logic of the series. I mean, this is actually perfect timing that this is out. And we have Ghislaine Maxwell, who's part of the Jeffrey Epstein entire, you know, apparatus of all of this. Now, I mean, in your trailer and what's on your site, you have Jeffrey Epstein scandal was the tip of the iceberg. Why do you say this is just the tip? Well, we don't know enough about it. Um, so what we do know is basically what Epstein is a well-connected guy when it comes to, uh, financial world, right? He's supposed to be a billionaire, um, basically getting money and donations from, or I don't know, donations, but investments from people like Leon Black and Wes Wexner and others. So powerful financial people around, uh, Wall Street are interested in him and backing him. Um, we don't really understand fully. You know, again, like his, he's a bit of a mystery, right? And, and he's passed and he's dead now. So um, we know that he was a donor to powerful, you know, politicians and obviously befriending Paul. He was certainly befriending people like Trump and Clinton and Gates and others. So the question is, you know, what, 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 at what level did everyone partake, right? Just because you were friends or knew Epstein didn't mean that you necessarily were on the, were, were having uh, sex with underage girls. But the point is that, He's someone who's, we know, involved with that. He's he's trafficking girls for that purpose. And he's also got surveillance, you know, hidden cameras and things like this in his homes. And, and, and so you have to wonder, okay, is he using that for blackmail? He certainly seems to have intelligence ties. Uh, he's claimed, you know, claimed different points to be CIA, Israeli intelligence, things like this. So many questions, right? The tip of the iceberg, because we just don't know enough about this story. Mm. So what we know is essentially a world of compromise, a political compromise, using uh, someone like, you know, it makes sense to use someone like an Epstein to, you know, ensnare people to get blackmail material on them, right? Compromising positions or relationships with underage girls. So the point is that uh, it, it, then there's also an occult potentially occult aspect when you look at the island, Epstein Islands, um, you know, the temple there, the centerpiece with, you know, the grand piano, as I, I say in the, in the film, it's almost like an eyes wide shut type of, you know, is this the kind of parties that we're going on? Or, uh, you know, is that is is that a, a far-fetched imagination? I don't know. I don't know. You know, there's certainly questions of if, if kids were sacrificed or killed. Um, you know, we know that obviously that underage, you know, girls especially were trafficked, you know, for, for sexual purposes, but we don't necessarily know the full extent of what happens, you know, as after the traffic, you know, if they get uh, disappeared in some way into, you know, into living lives as, you know, drug addicts or prostitutes or whatnot, or if they actually were killed, a lot of, a lot of mystery. So how big do you think human trafficking is? Well, it's not that I, I don't, you know, I, no one knows exactly the numbers, right? The problem with human trafficking is that you are looking at, 
out of hundreds of thousands, you know, of kids that go missing or millions that go missing if in just in North America, right? Um, every year, not everyone is human trafficked. There's obviously all kinds of things, you know, a lot of them are, you know, kids that end up being taken from like by another parent or um, runaways. But for the most part, I think you're looking at a substantial number of kids that are being trafficked. And we know that this occurs, especially oftentimes in conjunction with mafia and cartels, you know, for international purposes. And in America, especially, it has to oftentimes with um, with our, uh, what is it, the Child Protective Services are oftentimes involved. Um, giving, you know, I, I interviewed a lady that in but on my Buzzsaw show. It's not part of this series, but you know, she was she did a lot of work showing, proving, and showing how CPS oftentimes would be in bed with the the people that essentially it's like it's like money making, right? So if you're a, a let's say you know you're you're basically living on the dole as a as a as a mother or you know mother father situation with you know you have seven kids that you're bringing into your house right and the government's paying you to foster these kids right so you're a foster house but you're abusing the kids there's many situations like this and the cps just turns a blind eye because they don't really care or they have or they're making money in some capacity or they're just kind of saying like you know it's not our business as long as you are the foster parent and then oftentimes what you find with cps is that a lot of the kids that leave foster homes disappear in the year or two after that they've left foster care they just like vanish so are they picked up have they been targeted to to be trafficked um yeah so again you're looking at something that is is massive in terms of the implications of it um something that we don't know enough about in general, um, I know that Trump signed executive orders to combat human trafficking. You know, certainly you've seen over the years headlines about breaking up human trafficking rings and, you know, kids being saved here and there. But it's something that we don't systemically necessarily know nearly enough about and how it functions, especially at the international level of um, just how it feeds into elite systems and allegations, certainly allegations of um, you know many people that would have been victims of this kind of trafficking one person we have in the documentary um, Anaki lucas who's uh, from belgium and she talks about being trafficked into a network very similar to dutru many people don't necessarily remember mark dutru but in the 90s this was a huge scandal in belgium where this guy was basically a serial killer that they that they caught and he had been he had these these girls tied up in his basement and basically had they said was responsible for like dozens of, of, of missing kids that were killed. But, but Anaki is like, well, you know, she basically believes she was part of a network that fed into the, the true, the true was like, he was the fall guy in a sense, mm. because she was saying there were many elites that were involved in this and she was essentially trafficked and used for sex as a young girl. Um, and ultimately she was lucky enough to escape it, but obviously many others didn't. And what you would end up doing, I guess, is you'd end up pinning it when the bodies or, you know, the victims are found, then people have to say, well, who's the serial killer behind this? They have to pin it on somebody, right? So Dutroux becomes a fall guy in a way. And it makes you wonder about many of these suspects, suspected serial killings and whatnot, if it's not just, hey, it's a great thing to paint, you know, a Henry Lee Lucas as the, the serial killer. And as we know, Henry Lee Lucas uh, ended up confessing to, what, like thousands of murders. And he basically was just getting milkshakes for every confession he made. And he was like, you know, yeah, I was... You know, telling them whatever they wanted to hear, I confess to it. You know, give me the details and I'll confess to it. Okay, did you, I'm pause it for one second there and give some commentary. But did you guys hear that? How 
a lot of times this thing is so deep and oh, I think Red Pill's in the, in the building. Let me bring him up. But it's so deep into the rabbit hole that um, even when you think that there's a serial killer on the loose, these are these quote unquote elites that are literally harvesting children. You know what I'm saying? It's crazy. So um, I'm going to open up the floor for commentary for what you guys heard so far. And then we'll continue to play the video. This is Star again. Go ahead, Star. So uh, one crazy thing that uh, I have noticed since all of this has come about is when Obama became president, uh, MySpace was out. And I remember being online and everybody started talking about a video about Hillary Clinton and her assistant. Um, um, yes, frazzle drip. Yep. Mm -hmm. About them doing the ritual and they pulled it off that internet within an hour and they said it was a hoax and I never heard anything about it again. And here we are like, what, 13 years later. And here we are with the same story going around all of a sudden out of a laptop. I think that's weird. So you can't turn a blind eye to that. And then there's this, uh, Rabbi Finkelstein, they said it was a hoax too, but I had listened to the recording and what he talks about is very deep and he even laughs in the video and says, we tell you guys, but you guys don't listen. And that's why we get away with it. And we own both sides. And he's a Jew, you know, and, and Whoa. okay. Okay. After let's, hearing let's, him, it made let's me look chill at on that. Let's chill on that. Cause that's a really great way to get the room shut down and me suspended. Okay. So uh, we, well, he not- does talk about missing children as well. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Anyone else? All right. Well, we'll continue with the video you guys. But, you know, the whole point is that this goes so far and so wide and so deep that even when there's bodies like they are going to they're going to stage the fact that, you know, these people were killed by, you know, Syracuse. This is after they take them and they do what they want and they dump them. They do their rituals and stuff. We even um, talked about these hunt the hunting parties that they have where, you know, when you're dealing with the high top level royalty how they have children, you know, that go out there. There was a lady, I played her video. It's in the discord as well. I played her video where she was actually out in front of um, Windsor castle. And she told her story about when she was from a little girl, you know, and her mom, you know, had her into it just like this. Um, the guy, the CEO of uh, CNN, um, you know, the mother was involved letting her child do this. We made connections to uh, Madeline McCann, that little girl that disappeared you know, over in the UK, um, that she was, you know, that was her people was, as a matter of fact, I got a picture of her dad with all these men with red shoes on. So all of these things mean something. Okay. The red shoe gang, the, the Louis Vuitton, I'm sorry, Louis Vuitton, right. The blood on the dance floor, you know, all, all this stuff, uh, the, the checkerboards, all of this, all of these things are connected. So you just need to know what you're looking at. Okay. Let me go ahead and restart the video again. But give me a milkshake and treat me better because I'm in prison anyway for, you know, for life or facing the death sentence. So it was like, this is, this is kind of how I think a lot of these situations unravel with trafficked kids who are, you know, again, sometimes murdered 
and um, and then you have to you know you have to pin it on some serial killer. As we know, many many bodies, many people just never are found; they're just missing forever. So, how deep do you think this is? We have Prince Andrew who's implicated in this. We have certain politicians that are implicated in this. How deep is this? They have to suspect everyone. I mean, the point is that you don't have these kind of trafficking rings without having politicians involved because you can't – it's like drugs, right? I mean the whole thing we've learned over the years, anyone who has any sense of, of uh, open-minded critical thinking, right, has come across the conspiracy of the CIA to traffic you know, drugs, whether it's heroin in, in, uh, in the China during the Vietnam era or cocaine, right, crack in the 80s. Um, you know, these are these are these are things where you can't have this kind of drug flow and organized crime without intelligence agencies and government politics and government officials being involved in the know, right? Uh, as they said during the uh, you know the American Made film that was based on the real life Barry Seal who was trafficking through Mena, Arkansas, right? Clinton was the governor of Arkansas through that time period. Was he rewarded for for basically overseeing that traffic? By then being given the president, you know, the, the position of president, you know, in, in 92 as a result, it, it, you have to really see, you have to change the, way, change the way we look at these things as though they're disconnected. We have to look at things more holistically as a connected nature of reality where to, to have this kind of, the kind of trafficking that a, an Epstein partakes in. I mean, let's say, let's say, you, you know, let's say uh, we don't know who's involved in Hollywood in terms of the actual pedophilia, right, or the actual engagement in trafficking. Hillary Clinton took money from Epstein and the Clinton Foundation did after he was already charged with, with the pedophilia charges, right? Yes. I mean, that's, that's when, you know, Clinton's riding on his jet after this stuff. Uh, Prince Andrew was like, you know, why did you stay? Why did you go stay with Epstein's house after you knew he was a he was a convicted uh, or at least charged as a pedophile? And he's like, well, it was a convenient place to stay. I mean, you're the you're the prince of you're the prince of England. You can't afford a hotel suite. Right, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's ridiculous, you know. So who? Why are these people engaging with someone like an Epstein if once they know what he's about? You see, it's it's really wild. But that's that you again. You're looking at a system that is essentially complicit. Uh, sometimes explicitly involved and other times just knowingly in a way of you know something and you just don't talk about it, right? Because you're the elite and you have, you know, you have different, the rules for me, not for the concept, right? It's like they don't realize that there's going to be, they don't believe there's any consequence for them. And in some ways you could say there they probably won't be. So do you think the satanic cult, because you see a lot of symbolism in Hollywood you see it coming out um, in different videos and different songs and things like that. Do you think it's connected with human trafficking and pedophilia? You think this is part of like their religion? I think it's part of their religion. I, I you know, the, the docuseries gets into the question of entity possession and how being, how, you know, we have to question who is a human, you know, kind of like they live, right? Just because someone, and I, I have some, as myself, as someone who's experienced uh, ghost hunting, you know, and dealing with energies and spirits from beyond this realm, I've seen possession. I've seen how people can can shift really rapidly, and um, it's it's there's something bizarre to that, and it makes me wonder just if these people are really all there. You know, like if they're really ensouled, if they have souls, and if they're really you know human, or if you know it's almost biblical. You know, are they you know part of the dark side and the archonic the archons were talked about by the ancients the gnostics you know talked about these parasites these mind parasites that could basically take possession of people 
and uh, you really have to wonder when you see a lot of a lot of these people and just how how chose how, how those who are seem to be chosen and seem to be part of it you know whether it's you have to wonder like well is it a bloodline thing or is it just like no they were recruited or they were they, they just recognize each other by something else you really don't know but there is the satanic component that we look at the nature of look why is it coming out so obviously and flagrantly in our music in our in a lot of these agendas you know the, the sexualization of children this is a, this is not just an accident you know you don't get to this point where at the grammys last year mm -hmm. you have you know girls scissoring each other to a song called what uh what was that song that, that was hit last year? Um, Wop. Wow. Yes, yes, yes. And then a bitch. These aren't the lyrics. You know, this is just porn. This is just pornography, like spoken pornography. And you, you don't get to. I mean, you don't get to this cultural level without a without an agenda. This is not just the. Well, we're exploring our sexuality. Like, no, the, the, this doesn't happen without without a purpose. So the fact that we've gotten to this place in our culture where we've normalized. Um, everything from pedophilia and shows like Euphoria on HBO, um, which basically is like, you know, they're making fun of the girl who's still a virgin at 15 or 16 or whatever. I mean, it's like there's something really sick in the culture. And you can't you can't you can't just say, well, it's we've you know, we're just interested by the dark side. And no, there's something deeper that's driving this fixation on these things. And again, the sexualization of kids, we saw very strong and striking from the 90s forward. The Britney Spears phenomenon was just that. I mean, hit me baby, hit me baby one more time when she's dressed up as a schoolgirl, right? Um, it, was, it, 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 it was the beginning of that whole trend. And, um, you know, you have to wonder the influence of Disney and you have to wonder the influence of these various, you know, studios and these various people. You know, it's like there's a famous story that we can't necessarily verify, but it makes sense. There's a guy who put this online a few years ago saying that he was part of this meeting of various record executives back in the uh, early 90s. And essentially they, they were told that they were going to shift to um, putting more gangster rap and more violence and sort of the gangster ethos and culture into the hip hop music, which hip hop, as we know, is very much born of, um, you know, black expression, uh, poetry, spoken word poetry, right? Speaking to, you know, to the black experience and whatnot. And you compare what the 80s music and the public enemy and the original hip hop artists were doing with their music, right? Compared to what modern day rap is about. It's very interesting that record executives, you know, online, we don't know, we can't verify it, but it was saying that they were basically told, you know, as executives, we're investing in uh, private prison systems. So we actually want to encourage gangster behavior. We don't want to encourage this ethos. And we, you know, we're going to make a lot of money on both sides of selling the music and and the, uh, the prison and, and the, the imprisonment that follows from this culture and the psychology. With the pedophilia. Oh, shit, guys. I'm so sorry. I was trying to pause it to make a point, you know, because, I, you know, <laughs> he just dropped some straight bars on that. And I hope that you guys were picking up what he was putting down, right, on this, this whole culture and how it's been usurped, right? The hip hop culture, what it was originally designed for and what it grew out of and what it grew into, you know, something very negative. But this is how they're um, controlling society at the same time. I'm gonna let you guys give your commentary and I'm gonna find the video. Hey, we got Red <clears throat> Pill on stage. What's up, Red Pill? I know 
you got something to say um, after he just dropped those bars. Peace, peace to the family. Uh, greetings, Lisa. This is a very informative broadcast. I'm definitely sitting here taking notes. Um, I mean, you know, what the brothers dropping is definitely on point. Uh, his approach to the truth is definitely commendable. The meeting that he talked about with the hip hop executives, I'm sure many of us have heard about this on many occasions. There was a European engineer by the name of Todd. Um, what is his last name? This video went viral years ago when we were doing the research. And he spoke about how the um, he spoke about the conjuring and the spirit cooking that was taking place inside of the music industry by way of the master, by way of the engineerings. Hmm. Nah, go ahead, Red. If somebody knows the name of this uh, man that I'm speaking of, he's dead now. He's I think dead. it was John Todd, was it? John Todd, there you go. John yeah. Todd. I don't know if they scrubbed the internet of the videos, but he definitely was um, raising the awareness. This was before the um, report about the secret meeting came out. And it, it, it really begins to make sense when you look at the involvement of a known Satanist, Rick Rubin, at the helm of Def Jam when they brought in um, Run DMC and aligned him with Aerosmith, the first platinum album coming out of Def Jam is Raising Hell by Run DMC. Um, you know, the, 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 the key player is Rick Rubin in the beginning by way of um, Russell Simmons being compromised because of his alternative lifestyle and his drug abuse, uh, namely the cocaine habit that he had. And then that brought that that gave rise to Liar Cohen, who is Mossad and, you know, um, works definitely against the interests of our people. And he ushered in single handedly the uh, on the East. Coast, he helped to usher in the um, the, the uh, proliferation of gangster rap. It was almost the antithesis to what the golden era or the golden age represented the gods and the earths that were inside of hip-hop were building up like a Big Daddy Kane, like a KRS-One, um, like a Lakim Shabazz, like a X-Clan. You know, all of these messages that were interwoven into the, um, into the culture began to get eradicated by the removal of the motifs, the iconography. They got rid of the X-Hats. They got rid of the, uh, the, gold, the Africa medallions. They got rid of the um, the, the Egyptian um, artifacts that people were wearing and stuff like that. They really pushed our culture back a few decades. And the, the rise of consciousness that we see taking place now is almost a resurgence of something that should have been blossoming. Um, it should have been watered and it should have been blossoming throughout the 90s because the seeds were planted in the late 80s. But the record industry, by way of Clive Davis, is a huge part as well. He's the one who gave Bad Boy to Sean Puffy Combs. Clive Davis was the um, CIA operative who came in and basically usurped black music by way of the Philadelphia sound when we had Teddy Pendergrass and all of them at Stax Records, Isaiah, um, uh, Isaac Hayes and all of them, Black-owned businesses, not just Black music, Black-owned 
businesses, black entrepreneurship, Barry Gordy, Motown, black millionaires with a sound that they controlled and that they basically were fashioning. The CIA put out a white paper. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, who I just mentioned. Um, no, no, not Barry Gordon, the, the European who took that. He took the case. He ran with it. And he's the one who was the first. He basically took the football and ran the touchdown, opened up the door. And that brought all of the other white executives in to infiltrate black music in the 70s. Clive Davis, who I'm speaking of, right, who um, he's he's working with the CIA. He's an operative. The white paper that they put out has kind of been scrubbed from the Internet. But if you go on Amazon, you can find a book that speaks about the actual operation where they basically took down soul music and he was the one who was one of the first um, infiltrators and he brought in all of his other executives. Um, they used to have, they didn't even have black divisions in their record labels. They didn't have divisions for black music. He introduced that. They called it race music before. Um, he was the one who came in Gamble and Huff, Stax Records, Clive Davis infiltrated him. Clive Davis is Arista. Arista is bad boy. That's the bad boy sound. That's the shit that Tupac was fighting against because what Tupac's initial argument was, was that Puffy, Sean Puffy Combs, by way of his friend, um, Biggie Smalls, Christopher Wallace, he said that he was basically destroying hip hop by ushering in materialism, um, you know, and all of the fuckboy shit that Tupac was against. So, yeah. Bars, bars on bars on bars. So I hope that this picture is starting to emerge. You know what I'm saying? Over the weeks that we have done this and you can see, you know, the different compartments of society, how from politics to entertainment to hip hop and they needed hip hop to become what it is now, the materialism. Us looking up to Jay-Z uh, Jay and Beyonce when Jay-Z is definitely tied in with Marina Abramovich, a spirit cooker, right? So this is a huge web. It's a huge network of all of this going on. So um, guys, I'm still, I mean, I wanted to listen to Red Pill, so I didn't try to find the spot that I left off in, um, in the video. So I'm gonna open up the floor for commentary and um, you guys go ahead and talk while I, um, I find that spot so we can finish playing the video. Um, this is Becca. I um, was just wanting to let people know that there have been people inside that have tried to stop this, but they get murdered. Um, one in particular, her name was Nancy Schaefer, and she was a senator. And she, um, her and her husband um, basically were able to prove that CPS was CIA run and that it was just a legal form of kidnapping and that that's how they accrued most of their children. Um, and you can even go Google today. And there was recently an article that said 80% of um, children in CPS custody are trafficked, sex trafficked. Um, and Nancy Schaefer was going to go and talk to the um, cap. She was going to go and um, talk to the, in front of the Capitol, in front of um, Senate and tell them um, 
husband congressman and tell them what was happening. Um, her and her husband put together a documentary that they were going to release the week after her testimony in front of Congress. And she was going to present them with all the evidence that she had to prove that CPS was ran by CE. CIA and it, and it was part of the elite child sex trafficking ring and the day the night before she was supposed to um, to go to Congress and speak to them her and her husband according to the record decided to do a mur commit murder suicide and um, the documentary was taken by the feds and all the evidence that she had got together to show Congress and everything was gone and her and they tried to erase everything about her. You can look her up. Her name again is Nancy Schaefer. And I Hi, I would just like to speak about um, the Anthony Bourdain situation. I actually worked for, uh, worked with CNN and I met him a few times. And I think that he might've been a victim as well of this. I can't prove anything. I've met him. I've met this producer who was just arrested. He seemed like at different events that they would throw and things like that, that all the employees got to go to. And I've made a lot of friends there and got to go to a lot of other events that I was personally invited to. Um, and the scariest part is that how normal all these people are when you just meet them. Like that producer, I was really shocked to read in the news that, sorry, that that producer was arrested for uh, child sex trafficking because I've like seen this person on multiple occasions and um, he seemed like just the normalist, just like normal like everybody else. Um, but I was always suspicious of Anthony Bourdain's death because he had uncovered the fact that his girlfriend at the time, who was an actress from Italy, I think, she was an Italian actress and she was well known like in Europe, but not necessarily here. But anyway, she was, it seemed like she might have been a victim herself at one point, but she got busted for basically um, pedophilia with an underaged boy or something. And Anthony, the, the way that they made the, scene, the story seem as if, was as if Anthony Bourdain found out and he was so distraught that he killed himself. But I just kind of don't think so. I feel like he was probably going to expose her. Because him, he's another person I got to meet on a few occasions. And that guy was an investigator. He always tried to expose things. I don't think that just because he was, she was his girlfriend that he would have um, covered up for her or anything like that. Or just gotten like, and he wasn't the kind of person that was weak. Like, he would just, oh, I'm going to be depressed and go kill myself because I know this news now. I, I just don't think so. Then also CNN attempted to do a film about this subject and they interviewed her and for some odd reason that I still don't know they refute they haven't shown her full um account of what happened and they just said it was deep and it opened up more questions and answers and they couldn't verify everything but so I'll yield I'll just leave it at that but I just want to speak for Anthony Bourdain because I I still until this day just don't feel like he killed himself Well, a week before Anthony, this is Becca, a week before Anthony Bourdain uh, was suicided, he had um, put a tweet up that said, I have enough evidence that will lock the Clintons away for life. And then wow. he deleted it about, a, uh, he deleted it a couple, about an, a day later. And then uh, the next week he was. Yeah. 
See, I feel as though that, you know, like even we play the video of the, the gentleman with the, from the Hunger Games, the Hunger Games producer, he went into very deep detail, you know, about what goes on in Hollywood, the pedophilia and the part of the network. And then, you know, um, I have played the video, like I watched it once, then I played it for the room like the first week. And then the second week there were new people. So I played it again. And I noticed that he said, we harvest. And then he, then he quickly cleaned it up. So I'm bringing that up to say that I feel as though, you know, and this is just speculation, you know, it's allegedly that a lot of these people are involved in this to some degree, especially when they're put, um, you know, even Dr. Oz, right? Who <clears throat> Oprah, we know Oprah's a part of this bullshit. You know what I'm saying? She got Harvey Weinstein. She's got that other guy, John of Todd or whatever his name, John of God, who got, you know, brought down for pedophilia, you know, her and Gail, you know, <clears throat> they went after like Cosby and, you know, um, what's his name? R. Kelly, who I think is a piece of shit. So it's not about that. It's just about their roles and, you know, who they have propped up in all of this, you know? Um, and I just, I feel as though there is some level of complicity. Uh, oh, Dr. Oz has a picture, which is posted in the Discord. All this stuff is in Discord. But um, he has a photograph with Marina Abramovich. They're all a part of it. So it's like the question we have to ask ourselves is to what level? you know, were they involved and when was too much? When did, when did they draw the line? When was there a line to where they stood up and said, you know what, I'm not going to do this. I can't take this anymore. Did they have an attack of conscious conscience? You know, what happened? Because, you know, if you were in that world, you're given your own show, you're on television and you're there to basically, you know, um, distract or, um, compel the masses and put them under a magic spell, <clears throat> best believe somehow some way you had some involvement in it and that's just how i feel what do you guys think about that yeah i'm going to speak up here real quick this is jason um i feel that that people either have to have dirt on people or they threaten because a lot of these stars i mean not all of them are intelligent but a lot of them are and they stand up for so many things in the world but when it comes down to children and them and children be gone missing if anybody ever looks about how many children go missing a year it's incredibly staggering. And the amount that go into sex trafficking, 99% of them are never found. It's just, it's just appalling. And even during the holidays, this is the, the highest time and highest rate. Yeah. Yeah. Super Bowl is another big one too. Um, I'm in the Twin Cities area. So I know the Mall of America is kind of like a, a feeding ground in that, in that respect. Um, but the thing that's funny about it is none of this ever gets brought up. And the thing is, is like when somebody does, they go quiet quick. I don't know if you all remember when Ashton Kutcher stood up and he actually started really becoming verbal, going into courts, but he has nothing to say anymore. I just, it's so strange and it just blows my mind. So I just want to say thank you for everybody that gets up here and, and speaks some truth. Um, I sent some messages to you uh, off of Instagram for those of you that have spoke already and, and just thank you so much. Um, it's very neat. Yeah, I just wanted to say one too. Another uh, thing is, I don't know if you ever uh, paid attention to Kevin Spacey. He was accused of uh, allegedly uh, sexual abuse in all by four different people, and every single one of them is dead. I just think it's crazy that shit like that could happen. And you notice that, like you were saying earlier about uh, Gail and Oprah and shit, like they 
went after R. Kelly and all, and like made that documentary about Michael Jackson and all that stuff. But they sitting up here with Harvey Weinstein. It's like you could tell like that don't make sense. So that's. Hi guys, can I speak? Um, I used to work in Hollywood, and uh, I, I just feel like, especially after what Jason just said, I I need to talk about what I know. And is this going to get replayed? I'm going to get in so much trouble. I, I'm prepared to name names. I feel like my time is limited here anyway, so I've just got to get stuff off my chest. I actually worked for a paedophile in Hollywood. Oh, I can't breathe. Um, I worked for Sandy Gallen, who is Michael Jackson's manager. Uh, he's very much, he was, he's deceased now. He was very much part of the, uh, I'm shaking, the, um, the gay mafia. He run everything in Hollywood. Um, I'm friends with Amanda. Um, you were talking about earlier. You're friends with Amanda Elias? She yeah. Room. We went, we did a room before, um, the day before, um, the, the beginning of the trial. Um, and we were talking about, um, Virgil Abloh's passing and his name being associated and being on the list with um, Ghislaine and other named defendants in a separate case. So um, um, I'm glad that you're here. Um, you know, Virgil, you have to do the right thing. You know, obviously, you know, I want you to be safe and all of that, but whatever you're feeling compelled to share with us, definitely do that. And this is a safe space. I can guarantee that for you. Okay, this this is going to get me in a lot of trouble, but I think it's better if I just name the names now in case I disappear. I have no intention of killing myself, just for the record. Um, yeah, so Sandy Gallen, I was one of his three secretaries. We all had the headsets on. Worked at Gallen Moray. This was like 1996 in Hollywood. Um, uh, his agency represented like Nicole Kidman, Renee Zelliger. We had all the big stars calling in. He's a, he was a big hotshot manager in L.A., Knew everyone, Elizabeth Taylor would call in, Madonna would call in, um, uh, David Geffen would call in a lot. That that was like his best friend. Um, Barry Diller, uh, God, I'm so shaky. Um, we had our headsets on all the time, so we could hear every meeting, even when he was having a colonic or doing, going through drive through McDonald's or in the gym in the morning he'd work out. He worked from you know the moment he woke up till really late at night. Uh, we would roll calls the whole time, and once a week, um, a pimp would show up, um, Hispanic guy with cut-off shorts and a portfolio under his arm. He he wouldn't have to wait to get a meeting. He could just walk in. If it was really hard to get a meeting with Sandy Gallen, he could just walk in. I never really knew what was going on, but I could hear what was going on because um, the mic was on. Uh, sh this guy would show the portfolio and uh, say, okay, this this kid is fresh, this one's fresh off the boat, this one's clean, this is new, new, isn't he gorgeous? He would go through his portfolio and Sandy would make comments and then say, okay, I'll have that one Monday, that one Tuesday. He would have a different, um, I don't know the ages, I don't know the ages, but they certainly sounded young. Um, they sounded very young and he would have a different one every night unless he was going out to dinner, usually at Morton's. Um, and then the guy would leave. Um, one of the other PAs was more in charge of the domestic side, the house. Uh, so I really don't know what happened there. Um, I did, I saw the Michael Jackson documentary, which I found out later. I'm not sure about this was financed by David Geffen, apparently, but that's been scrubbed from the internet. Um, I understood that Geffen and Michael Jackson had a huge falling out, but it just never made sense that Michael Jackson was 
deceased and then this horrible documentary would come out about Michael Jackson who by the way I talked to and I absolutely adored him I thought he was a wonderful wonderful uh, musician wonderful kind beautiful person and I hope I hope I'm right about that um, anyway I after I saw that I was really confused and upset and I did a audio recorded testimony about what I'd witnessed working at Gallimore for Sandy Gallen. Um, I sent it to someone, a journalist I thought I could trust. Um, a couple, about a month later, I'm just going to look at my notes. I got a phone call from a lawyer in Boston called Mark Valen Valentinus, who said he'd heard the tape, he was very concerned, and that there was another journalist who would like to interview me about this. They, he mentioned uh, Alex French and um, oh, Jesus Christ, Max Potter, I think. Um, so it was for a different magazine, which I didn't really approve of. And then they, they kept trying to chase me up and they said it would be for Vanity Fair. They were doing a special for Vanity Fair on the pedophiles in Hollywood. And would I um, give some of the information? I did about an hour and a half interview Zoom call with those two guys. They seemed really nice. I told them everything I knew. Um, never had anything back, and obviously no article was ever, ever produced in um, Vanity Fair. Then I called up Matt Valentis, the lawyer, and I said, what have you done? You've put me in a really dangerous situation. I think you set me up. He said, no, 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 don't worry about it. Then he got Liz Day to call me up from the New York Times, and I thought, well, She's probably not going to cover it either, but I'll talk to her. Um, I didn't say quite as much to her, um, but she did ask me one question, which has really, really bothered me. She asked me, where do you think these boys went? If he was having a different boy every single night, um, where did they go? And I, I'd never really thought about that. And I said, well, I don't know, maybe they became gardeners or ended up on Santa Monica Boulevard. There's a part there which everyone in L.A. knows about. Um, but the thing, oh, I forgot to mention, they're all from Central America. Um, the pimp would mention this one's from Guatemala, this one's from Ecuador, this one's from uh, Mexico. He, he named off only Central American countries. Uh, and now looking back, I think these boys were bought from their parents. Um, I don't think they were all runaways. I think they were actually bought from slums or God knows where. <sighs> Um, so Liz Day didn't produce anything either. She actually was the one who did the Britney Spears documentary, and I have spoken to her since, and she seems she seems cool and like she will look into this eventually. But um, I haven't, so that's two major publications which haven't followed up on this. <sighs> um, just while I've got all your attention, uh, I just thought I'd add that there is a certain crowd. And if you really want to know who they are, they're all in St. Bart's every Christmas. And just look up like Forbes, just Google Forbes, Yachts, Billionaires, Forbes magazine, and St. Bart's 2020. Uh, looking through the collection of people who were in St. Bart's at that time, it's pretty close to the the people people who are have some connection or awareness of what's going on. Those were the sort of, sort of people I was dealing with, some of them, some of the names. Um, 
but then you have to also include guests who are not listed in that list. So guests on those yachts, but they, they love St. Bart's. They all go there. If you want to look for the bad guys, you can find them there. I, I've got to take a break. Wow. That was um, some heavy stuff. Thank you so much for um, sharing that with us. Um, I, I realize this can be heavy and I know that you probably need to just unload this because you know how do you even find yourself in the middle of this right you think you're just <clears throat> doing a job and then you're there and then you're faced with this and this is sort of like what it seems like when i was listening to um like the whistleblower from on project veritas about the second you know um ceo or you know top producer from cnn and like you know messages and voice things that he said and she still accepted money from him, you know, with, I mean, it's just, it's, it's very intriguing to me um, about the people who are around this that know about it and allow, this is the same thing like in the R. Kelly case when I was watching that, you know, surviving R. Kelly and to see this guy on there where he was, you know, he helped him marry Aaliyah when he thought she was pregnant or whenever she was pregnant or whatever, um, lied about her age, like he was complicit, but there was, you know, nothing happened. It's the same thing with the Epstein case, you know, the pilot, the gardener, you know, the house workers and all of these people who I'm sure signed NDAs. And you do wonder, I mean, at least I do, how do, uh, you know, are these people complicit, you know, in all of this, which is what I mentioned, which what is what <clears throat> brought you to speak. Um, if you don't mind, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, Sure. I'm a huge, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. We actually have the same birthday, not year, but same day that we were born. Um, I didn't even know that until many, many years later. Um, but I was always, he's like the only celebrity that I've always, and even like when he was going through everything, I felt super neutral about it. Like I really didn't know, but something in my spirit told me that it wasn't right. And actually, I actually shed tears <laughs> when Michael Jackson died because I feel like his avatar when he when he came down here for like his angelic voice just like with Whitney Houston like um they had there was something else about them than just their talent and I could feel that you know what I mean it wasn't just about his popularity I actually saw him in person at a concert before and I was very close up on on the stage but I'm saying all that to say I feel as though like whenever you step out of line he came up against Sony Tommy Matola um and he got like the the um the masters and copyrights for all the beatles you know for their um <clears throat> excuse me guys i don't know what's going on with my throat but um with their like um their uh, whatever the name catalog. of the thing is but their catalog there you go things and how they tried to disparage him you know i do feel like michael jackson was dealing with um arrested development right which is he got abused as a child right and he was sold by his dad into this whole disney ring this sex trafficking ring and a lot of things happened to him and i don't think that he, i personally don't think that he actually molested anybody i think that he got stuck you know and he also represents that Peter Pan energy, which is being a child forever. So it seems as though like now that you're telling us about his manager, that <clears throat> what they what they will do to try to tarnish 
your reputation is bring these allegations against you. Um, even if you're, if it's unfounded, you know, what's been seen cannot be unseen and people tend to make judgments. So like basically it's a court of public opinion, you know, it's what we now call cancel culture. And that's what they were trying to do to Mike, you know, and they were trying to cancel him and accuse him of the very things that they themselves were involved in. So, I mean, my question, I know that was a very long, <laughs> you know, thing, but, you know, do you feel as though Michael Jackson, you know, had anything to do with um, harming children? My gut instinct is that he didn't, but I was, there's certain things that are very confusing for me, which is why would he have someone like Sandy Gallen as his manager? Uh, why would he hang out with, you know, I'm hoping I'm wrong about Dolly Parton. She seemed super, super nice. But um, a lot of these characters are, because sometimes I socialized with them. When you're socializing with them, they're incredibly nice, funny. They're, they're the people you want to be around at these incredible parties. But in the work environment, they're unbelievably cruel. I mean, we weren't allowed to, well, we could leave for lunch, but we were, it, it looked bad if we ever left for lunch. They worked us to the bone. Um, just insane requests all the time. They were very, very selfish socio sociopaths, like off the chart. But Michael Jackson, every time he called in, he was so nice. So I have a weird name. He was like, wow, where's your name from? How are you doing? Always asking about me. And it just completely different from everyone else. Um, but then I was told I wasn't allowed to talk to him anymore, which was really sad. But while I was, um, and the times that I did talk to him, he was, there was just such a beautiful energy coming off him. Um, part of me thinks, in hindsight, maybe he was protecting the children, possibly, because maybe the stuff that's going on is so prevalent in Hollywood that he took it upon himself to try to protect some of these kids, which would explain why maybe he did have Sandy Gallen as a manager. I, that's my gut feeling. The music industry, by the way, is a million times worse than the film industry. You know what? That makes sense. Just with, with the, and I'm, I'm working in the garden, y'all, so I'm not going to be coming off mic too much, but just with what you just said, if his father did do that, put him out there in a position where he was um, trafficked within the entertainment industry. He's wanting to give the children what he didn't receive, that protection. Neverland. While you're with me, what I went through will never happen to you on this land. Think about it for a second. Yeah, that does. That is a very good theory. I just, I cannot imagine him harming a child, but he would have, he would have known about that world. There's no way he could not have known about that world. This is Becca and currently in, in my club, we're reading a transformation of America. And, um, she, the, the author is a person that, um, was born, that was sold into the MK ultra program through, through her father. And, um, she basically like names names. She's got pictures with all these people. And she basically says that the country music network is 100% funded by the CIA. Um, 
and she says that um, whenever you make it to a certain level of stardom, that you have to be part of the MK Ultra programming, which includes um, satanic ritual abuse, um, which includes um, trauma-based mind control. That means going to these hospital owned by CIA and you get um, extreme torture. You, they, um, NASA is part of it. Um, military bases. She names names of all the places she's been. Disney is part of it. And um, at times at night, after hours, they have ton- tunnels underneath Disney. And she talks about how um, they would go there as children and um, be given LSD without their knowledge and then forced to go through um, Disney World or Disneyland, which would be terrifying as a child. They're, then they're forced to get on the rides. Um, they are sodomized and raped with um, cattle prods in order to um, shatter their mind and what they do is they literally, they shatter their mind, they create these multiple personality disorders. And um, by doing this, they can, with these fractured fragments of these people, these fractured fragments don't even know about each other. And they're, it's called multiple personality or disassociative disorder. And these different parts don't even know that they exist. So what the government- Not to cut you off, Becca, but they showed us that um, you guys may be a little too young to remember this movie called The Three Faces of Eve, remember? And Eve being, you know what I'm saying, the quote unquote prototypic original woman. So they showed you that mind control and splitting of in that movie. Yes, and also with Sybil, um, that's an older movie. Uh, yes. So the only way for somebody to get multiple personality disorder is they have to go through extreme trauma over and over again. Um, and, and that's the only way to get it. Um, multiple serial killers were all had multiple personality disorders. Um, and oftentimes it's done through the MK ultra program. And we don't realize that everybody, like so many people are involved. She talks about getting passed through, you know, police units and, um, she'd, she'd go to the white house. She got raped by Hillary and bill. She got raped by Reagan. She got raped by um, Dick Cheney. She talks about um, the most dangerous game where you have that human hunting parties um, where they drug the kids, strip them naked, and they make them run out on, onto a lease that they own or somebody owns, and they literally hunt them like they're animals. Um, the, more, the important ones that, um, that they don't end up killing, um, they just, once they catch them, they beat them and rape them. Um, but she goes into complete detail of what they do. And like the thing with Kanye, um, he keeps breaking his programming. So he's under MK ultra, but he keeps breaking his programming. And whenever he, after his, um, concert that they, they stopped when he was telling, you know, Facebook's lying to you, Google's lying to you. And he came out with all this truth and then he disappeared and, um, he went to a CIA facility and they reprogrammed his brain. So basically they fractured his mind again and upgraded his brain. So that way he would cooperate, but he's so strong willed. He keeps breaking the programming and there's a video of his manager. They're asking him, Hey, um, how's Kanye doing? Because nobody had heard from him. He said, Oh, he's doing good. He's doing good. Um, he's, he's getting better. He's, he's getting his memory back and remembering who he is. And like this book talks about all of that. And I think with Michael, 
um, Corey Haim or Corey Feldman said that they would run to him for help to get away from them. And I think that these kids that, um, that, well, they already admitted two of them who took them to court, their parents admitted that it was done for money and they had. So I honestly feel like Michael, if he did hurt anybody, I feel it was done under MK Ultra, and in in this book, she talks about how you have absolutely no control of what you do, absolutely none, and because of the hypnosis, and she says once your brain is fragmented to that, at that point, you literally have no control of what you're doing, and um, so if that happened, I think that's what happened with Michael, to be honest, and I think Michael also kept breaking his programming. I know he wrote a song that was something about all I really know is they don't really care about us. And if we were to break down those lyrics, I think he was trying to tell us something. He was very clear in his interview or his uh, uh, television. I think he was on television at a podium and he said, Tony Matola is the devil in our I just said this. It kind of sounds like Britney Spears. Let me They're all in place. Let me tell you guys. Listen, this this trafficking thing is at such a high level. Just think about what celebrities that you know that ended up with, um, a, you know, Arabic men or really powerful, rich Russian billionaires and things of that nature. Just think about that, right? Because it was, it's been said and guys, everything in this room is for entertainment purposes only. You know, this is all allegedly, we're not saying any of these things to be, to be true. We're just having a discussion for entertainment. Okay. Now, if you think about the time that Janet Jackson, because we are talking about the Jackson family, you know, did Joe, and there was a time that Beyonce said, you know, she was like, well, we're not like the Jacksons. You know what I'm saying? She made a very snide comment about the Jacksons, like, well, you know, she came up in a good home versus them. So there was a reference point. And if you think that Jay-Z and Beyonce are not involved, you're sadly mistaken because there was a time that Jay, um, Beyonce went over to one of those Arab countries and she did a private party performance for those, um, the people in the Muslim country. This is not about Muslims, Arabs, or anything like that. I'm just saying these are the oil people. These are the rich the uber rich, right? The trillionaires, the billionaires, the quadrillionaires. Okay. So I just want you to think about that. Janet Jackson is Janet Jackson. You don't get, you know what I'm saying? Like she's a legend. She's Janet. Okay. Little Penny from good times. One of the Jackson, you know, pro, you know, um, you know, um, I can't think of the word, but, um, you know, She's like, that's a, that is black royalty, period. That's black royalty. Now the Beyonce and Jay-Z brand has become the new Jackson, the new black royalty, and they're having their children and all of that. But Janet was in a relationship that she couldn't get out of. That's right. That happened. So we have to say a lot of these A-listers, they're in something that when they're told that they have to do this, they have to do it. She spoke about it, a little bit of abuse. She didn't get all into it, you know, anything like that. And then, you know, but that happened. Rihanna has been, and I love Rihanna. I do. I love her. Ponder replay. Shout out to Rihanna. Even though she's a part of the, the system, 
I also feel like, you know, her, her about how I feel like about Michael Jackson. You know what I'm saying? Like there's a pure of heart there somewhere. Um, but you know what I'm saying? Like she's a real person. Um, but she also has been in that Naomi Campbell. You know, just keep thinking about these, even the people that you think that these are A-list celebrities, they are also being trafficked as well. Bridget, are you there? Am I, do you, what do you feel about what I'm saying right now? You think I'm off base or based upon what you know and your experience in the Hollywood scene, am I close to the mark or am I way off? Uh, no, I think you're very close to the mark. I, I got to know Naomi really well. Um, I like her. She has got a bit of a temper on her, but um, <laughs> um, she was a lot of fun. She, so much energy, just off the chart energy. And she, when I heard about her going to the island, I thought, well, she went everywhere. She was everywhere at once. Um, she once called me up uh, and said she had a spare hour and she didn't know what to do. And did I have any ideas for what she could do in her spare hour? <laughs> Just <laughs> that's, that's how busy she had to be. She couldn't function if she didn't have something to do. Um, there was, they're just on such a different level. They just devour life. I don't mean literally. I just they're just living so fast, um, and they're so beautiful and so fit and just everywhere at once. And um, I, but I did see her get completely destroyed by men. Um, so, and she somehow tolerated it, uh, not well, but she she had this mechanism to just get over it and move on stuff that I, you know, I would have just stayed in bed for a year after the stuff I witnessed her going through. Um, hey, so there is probably something going on behind there. Yep. Oh, sorry. I, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, I just really wanted to thank you for, for speaking on, on what you have. And I, I know it takes a, a lot of bravery. I could hear it in your voice. I can hear that you're genuine. Um, and a lot's been said here. And you know what, you guys, I mean, we can see this in front of our eyes a lot. There's a lot of Freudian slips that happen out there as well. You know, and um, the question that I have is this. We all know that if we go somewhere public with information, it never reaches the surface. Um, but going back to the Project Veritas type of a thing, it sounds like there's a lot of people that do know things that are going on um, that want to do something. My question would be, how come those people that really want to do something just don't get together with one another and make something happen? You know, like having like, unfortunately, like the, that dead man switch type of a thing, just giving people enough information to protect themselves and, and just come together and, and, and do it. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm completely terrified right now. This is the first time I've ever spoken up. When I did the, the a tape and I gave it to a journalist, I used a different name. I even tried to put on a really bad American accent. But I, I've just I've had enough of all the craziness. I'm in London. It's we're looking at a possible other lockdown. Everything's getting so insane, and I just can't stay silent anymore. But there are very heavy consequences after the tape. I, t I told you this lawyer called me up. The journalist I sent it to turned out I couldn't trust him. Um, I've given you the names on purpose in case anything happens. But I really don't care anymore because we're talking about. Some serious stuff is going on in the world, so I'm just going to get it off my chest. But I had to sign a non-disclosure when I worked for Gallen Moray, so I'm breaking that rule. I'm, I have put myself in danger again, um, and I don't care. 
I, I really don't care anymore, but I'm really glad I've got this off my chest, to be honest. And, and I hope some of you have taken notes of the names I've mentioned. Um, Vanity Fair has got a lot to answer for, uh, the New York Times as well. And uh, they're all just enabling each other. And it's, it is completely terrifying to speak up. I'm sure Amanda felt the same way. I know she knows the same people as I do. Uh, each of us, I, I know two thirds of the people on that, the Maxwell Black Book. I've met her a couple times. She seemed pretty creepy. Um, but Amanda, I think, knew her much better. You met Ghislaine a couple of times? Yeah, yeah. We, we all, you know, in that crowd, I wasn't just a secretary, I was moving in that crowd. We all knew the same people. I can't believe I'm not on the list. In fact, I was a bit insulted that I wasn't. What list? Um, the list on the plane? The, 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 the black, black book, book. Okay. which was basically Ghislaine's address book. But we all, we all had address books like that. You know, if you vaguely met someone or managed to get their phone number, they'd go into your, your book we were all doing that so they're not all necessarily guilty um but it, it was all it's all the same crowd but the right. people the people you should focus on um is well i would say from my personal experience that i know about the, the gay mafia the music lot in hollywood they are absolutely fully aware of certainly what sandy gallon was up to and didn't seem very bothered and I also just want to get this off my chest. Um, there's no way I could have said anything back in 96. We all knew about Harvey Weinstein as well. And that at the time, you couldn't have said anything about that either. You just wouldn't have had a job in Hollywood. But this one, you know, what, what happens to the men, I would argue, is a lot worse in Hollywood. Wow. Uh, How so? Um, I mean, yes, girls were getting dragged up into hotel rooms and, you know, just told that if they didn't sleep with certain agents and producers and directors, they wouldn't get a job. So I, I imagine that luckily I was never an actress. I imagine that would be very hard. It did happen to me once though. I went to something with an agent from William Morris and he said, I'd never work in the town again if I didn't, uh, go upstairs to his hotel room after I met him at this big gala ball. So I heard those exact same lines that Harvey Weinstein said to that girl, the actress. I've, I've heard that myself. But luckily I was dating a big movie star at the time, so I just told them to piss off. Um, but Can you tell us what movie star that was? Uh, I'm not going to say who I was dating, now. Um but uh, where was I going? There is so much of that happening. And it's a small town. It's a small town. We know, everyone knows everyone there. Um, that's why I pointed you in the, in the yacht direction, because about now they're all going to Aspen and then they all go down to St. Bart's. And they don't really go on holiday very much. And when they do, it's always to network anyway. I mean, the Cannes Film Festival used to be the place to network as well. Um, what else? Where was I going with this? But it's, you know, I, I mean, I just mentioned one thing. Uh, I do that one tape and I suddenly have these lawyers from Boston chasing me and then Vanity Fair and the New York Times. And now I've said this, uh, I don't know what's going to happen next.
but they they wanted the the thing that um they were most concerned about was they wanted to know how did I know that David Geffen financed that documentary about Michael Jackson, which you can't find that info anymore. And that's been bothering me because I've, I still don't understand why he would have financed something after Michael uh, MJ's death. I just don't understand. Now, let me ask you this. Okay. So you sound like you have a British accent. So tell me exactly where you're from, but you know, it sounds like you're in the, you know, from the UK. So would you consider yourself, although you worked for these people, you dated an actor, would you consider yourself to be in a socialite or just having access to that elite social circle? Um, I was born in San Francisco, California. My father worked high up in um, banks. He was a treasurer of some major banks. He got moved to London so I got put into boarding schools in England straight away. I think I had an English accent in about three weeks because English girls were pretty mean to me. I had a full American accent when I arrived. Um, I can switch back to American if I have to, but I got sick of living in England. I moved back to California in for the 90s. I was there all of the 90s. And it's, you know, having an American passport and an English accent, I, I got a job in two days. Um, I grew up pretty rich, so I was able to mingle with these people because all I had to do really was be able to afford my own, own plane tickets. So if I knew of a party somewhere, I could just get a plane and get there. And we were all sort of uh, networking and the, the, we were called like the jet set, um, the Euro trash at the time. And I'd, I'd go to parties in Paris and New York just for the weekend. Uh, I'd be all over the place. So that's kind of the life I had, which is why I not, you know, I just had a humble sec secretarial job, but I also partied with the same people. So um, have you been to the Hamptons and were you in the Upper East Side New York crowd as well? Um, a little bit, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everywhere. Wow. Interesting. And so, so you were sort of born into this, you know, elite class per se, although you had a, you know, quote unquote, an average job, you know, you were rubbing shoulder to shoulder with these people. So would you say that, you know, do you think that um, this is something that's normal for people that are born with, you know, with a certain ilk, right? Um, that these are just the things that happen and um, some people may not be as involved in it and some others may um, go against it while others just, you know, may not participate, but turn a blind eye. Can you explain to us like what that is like, that, that world? What, what is it like? Is it normal for these things to be happening? Yeah, the, the rules are really different when you start moving in that circle. I just assumed I'd end up married to someone really wealthy, but... Uh, and I was dating some very rich people, but the higher up the ladder I went, I mean, I had a nickname, No Yacht, No Way, which is why I keep going going on about yachts. Um, the higher up I got and the more rich the men, the the rules really change. And I'm pretty screwed up as a result of it, but I'm fine. I'm single. I'm happy. I've got everything sorted now. I mean, I'm shaking like a leaf right now, but um, I know who I am and I'm very happy at the moment. 
but um my god you know when you start dating a billionaire it's a given that they have at least you know 10 girlfriends dotted around the globe first of all none of them stay in the same country for very long so they keep moving around so if i'm in london then i'm the london girlfriend it's just you know and if your boyfriend your so-called boyfriend at the time is in paris you know damn well he's got another one in paris if he's in hong kong he's got another one there and it's just something we have to accept uh they do things like they will have a, a girl on the side who travels with them for the sole purpose of being there just in case they have to go to something and they can't find another girl to to go to the event with and then that girl's role is to find that guy other girls so the whole Ghislaine thing is not unusual I repeat that is not unusual finding girls for these types of men is very commonplace now I didn't do that but I did make the fatal mistake of bringing girlfriends with me now and again on holidays, sometimes to show off to my best girlfriend, only to find out, you know, a couple of months later that my girlfriend was now dating my boyfriend. And that just became so commonplace. You just get numb to it after a while. You know, I just I've lost so many girlfriends that way. But you're dealing with some very powerful men who've got all the toys and they can buy the gifts and um and and it just it's soul destroying it's absolutely soul destroying i've had to have uh i don't want to say a lot of therapy because it's i've just read self help books to really find out like no this is this is all wrong and i don't want anything to do with it ever again um i'm a very spiritual person now and i i i have to get this off my chest because it it was ugly it was ugly times and these men are just never ever faithful and I have so much envy for people who just fall in love with someone who's just at the right same level as them and couples who will work together to create a life. That is a beautiful thing. What I was going for was ugly. Wow. That, um, oof. That's, that's a lot, guys. Like, you know, we've had two insiders come into this club and share, you know, um, per different perspectives. We had Amanda and now we have Bridget. Bridget, I have a question for you. And then if, you, if you're if you okay with this, uh, would you be open to answering questions from the other speakers on stage? Um, I will definitely lay out, you know, the, the rules like, you know, please don't attack her, you know, please don't be, you know, judgmental, you know, um, just for the sake of maybe there's questions that they um, have in their minds that I don't have. Would you be open to do that? Um, yeah, I, I've started, I've opened the floodgate, so <laughs> I'll just go for it, really. Um, I'm absolutely, whatever's the truth, I'm just all about the truth now. So any questions, just send them my way. Okay, awesome. So before I do that, um, I want to ask you a question, and then I'm going to do a reset, and then we're going to, you know, open up the floor to everybody. But um, what are your thoughts on the Meghan Markle, Prince Harry marriage? Um this is just, I'm going to give you like my insight. I feel as though that um, Harry, you know, there's rumors that's been said that he's not even Prince um, Charles's son, right? That Diana was having an affair. I don't know yeah. how true that is, but he's not, you know, but Harry is very charismatic. You know, people love him just like they loved his mom. 
And then he goes and gets this beautiful, you know, American actress. And then he literally leaves the royal family, you know, moves to Canada with him and eventually to California with his wife and his now two children. And he seems to be standing by her side. They even had like an exclusive interview with Oprah, which anything that happens with her, I just give it a side eye, you know what I'm saying? Because I know she's a part of the cabal. So um, do you think that this is a really a story of him breaking away from the royals or is there something else afoot that you know we're not aware of as just regular people every day your thoughts oh boy <laughs> i hope there's no newspapers who are going to quote me on this one um at first i thought it all happened a bit quickly i was a bit suspicious of her and then the wedding i just i loved the whole concept i really bought into the whole like wow this it's we're going to have a, um, I don't know, she's mixed race, a mixed race person in the royal family. I thought that was fantastic. She looked beautiful at the wedding. Um, we all loved that here. Most of us loved it. Of course, you have a lot of critics here. And I, I wish them well. And it was a glorious, glorious day, that wedding day. Um, but then things kind of changed. She's a very strong person. And when you join the royal family, you have to be silent and stay in the background and know your place and it became pretty evident rather quickly that she had no intention of doing that i also heard pretty quickly that she had taken on um, a pr person with a political background i think someone who had worked a british pr person who'd worked for um, hillary clinton i believe or for the democrats so that made me a bit nervous because i i do know how ambitious people can be in Hollywood. I certainly saw people aim extremely high and usually get what they want. And I thought, oh my God, if she's one of them, um, we could have a problem here. So I don't know if she currently has political ambitions, but it looks like she might be maneuvering in that direction. Harry, um, I have a problem with most Englishmen, which is a terrible thing to say, <laughs> but I really do miss my American men. Please send some over here. <laughs> They're just a bit wet and, I don't know, they're not real men as far as I'm concerned. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, and what else? I, was, I had a second part to that. Give me a prompt about... What was I got that? all flustered thinking about us American men. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no worries, no worries. You know, it'll come. Oh, back. okay. Yeah, the the other shit. The other thing. Oh, yeah. The other thing was maybe when she did get involved with the firm, and she saw the inside of what was going on. Maybe, just maybe, she decided to cut and run. So there's two theories there, really. Either a personal. She looked not to cut you off, but she looked really, really sad to me. She really did. I thought that she thought that it was going to be, I thought I definitely, she's definitely a social climber, um, which I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Right. So I read the social climbers Bible um, with um, what's her name? Johnson from the Johnson and Johnson, you know, cause I study, I tried to study the, you know, the upper levels of society in many, from many different perspectives, not just one. Um, and I don't think there's anything innately wrong with that. If she has like, you know, aspirations for what she wants her life to be. However, 
I do think that um, from the outside looking in, and, and that's a society that she was not really privy to, although she was privy to Hollywood, she wasn't privy to that and that level of depravity. And I do feel as though like Harry needed her to escape. And I don't want to, you know, go off this because, you know, as you can tell, I'm a little bit of a royal junkie when it comes to <laughs> Meghan and Harry um, and their quote unquote fairy tale. I just feel like there's something behind it and I wanted to get your perspective on it. Uh, nevertheless, I'm not going to go too far down there to get the room so far off track. Um, but, you know, keep an eye on them. I think he's an important piece of, you know, um, you know, obviously he's not anywhere in line to become the next king of England, which is Prince William. But there's a lot to be said about studying the royal family. If you guys want to know, like more about like the inner workings of those societies and how they work, right? Um, so that's why I have like an interest in it. But let me go ahead and do a, a quick reset, you guys, because I haven't done one in a really long time. Welcome to the Matrix Unveiled. That's my club. If you're not already found the club, go ahead and press that little green house at the top. There's also a pin link at the top. I have a Discord group community that I'm building. Um, it is subscription based, it's $5 a month, but I do uh, a lot of my research for the rooms that I do, not just Glay Maxwell on, you know, last night we had the biggest room on Clubhouse. You know, I brought Brother Panic on here. We went deep on how to escape the matrix, um, you know, and, you know, we had 800 people in there. We also had 3.1K people that came through the entire night and the room was amazing. There's gonna be other rooms like that, other guests. Um, but I don't really, you know, need guests. Like I will still always, you know, do these types of rooms and other rooms, what, what, like I've always been doing on Clubhouse and, you know, share. So if you want to tap in to the inner circle, you know, um, of the Matrix Unveil, definitely click that link at the top and join. Um, other note is make sure you're giving me a follow. Um, click that bell by my name to always. That way, every time I open up a room or if I'm in a room, you will get a notification and you'll be able to, um, you know, be a part of those conversations as well, or at least, you know, pull up to the room and, you know, hear what I'm talking about. Um, please follow all the moderators on the stage. These are um, the people that help support the club and help to support the Discord group and help me to create cu curate these spaces. Final note is go ahead and press the plus button at the bottom and invite some of your friends into the room. This is our second exclusive in the Matrix Unveiled. We've been doing really great things with this Ghislaine Maxwell trial. We had, you know, rooms leading up to this, a room prior to this where Amanda Elias came in. You know, we, we got like some exclusive content with that. And now today we have some more exclusive content from someone from within the, the inner work. And so if you guys want your friends to hear this, go ahead and ping them into the room. Um, okay, so now that we've got all of that out of the way, I want to open up the floor to the speakers on stage to um, respectfully, very respectfully, um, ask Amanda, I'm sorry, not Amanda, <laughs> Bridget, ask her, you know, if you have any questions for her, because we want to know more. So the floor is open, guys. I who who would like to go next? Hey. If I may, um, thank you uh, for uh, the offer to ask questions and uh Bridget, we are uh just excited to have you and your insight uh, on on this uh topic i i want to know and feel free to answer this any way you feel comfortable i want to know if you believe uh 
that these people, uh, these entities, I'll call them, are uh, of a different being or a different type being or not, if that makes sense. Um, it has crossed my mind. I've gone down those rabbit holes and uh, some of it definitely resonates, I have to admit. The, but the, ultimately, their, their mindsets, they're, they're such sociopaths. I think I've really um, uh, I've got my skills down and recognizing sociopaths. They really believe that we all exist just for them. And the scariest bit, especially with this other issue going on, is they firmly believe there's too many of us and they'd be quite happy for us to be gone. So, you know, when you're in these private jets and you're stuck on the runway or on the, uh, you were made to wait in your private jet for three hours or flights delayed because you've got 50 easy jets taking off before you, that stuff pisses them off. They don't like that. Uh, when they're trying to get to a premiere and the traffic is really bad, there's too many cars, that stuff pisses them off. They talk about de depopulation a lot. I just thought I'd put that out there. Um, they just, they're very different. They're very different to your average normal person and they do not respect humanity at all. Are they of another species? Um, I'm very open to that idea. Hi, Lisa, I have a quick question for the guests. Um, thanks for opening up the floor, Lisa. Uh, can you tell me what did we witness, uh, all of us on TV, with the little with the situation with Will Smith, like kissing his son, you know, in public? What was that? What what did we witness with that? And yeah, just uh, that's the question. Uh, Bridget, are you there? We can't hear you. Um, yeah, I don't know about that incident with Will Smith, so I can't uh, answer that one. Uh, there were just several, and oh. there were several situations where his son was a guest on different TV shows, and he was you know, kissing him on the lips, and the son was just running away. You know, he was embarrassed with it, so I was, I didn't know if that was some type of ritual or that's just what you know i didn't know but it was really peculiar um there is some weird stuff that goes on with the more noble families the sort of blue bloods there is quite a lot of incest going on in those families i'll just leave it at that wait what do you what do you I, mean I by noble families um the families of europe there's there's some weird stuff going on um Something like, so I don't know if if Hollywood in all um, I mean Hollywood is pretty much a royal family. Anyone running about in Hollywood as a movie star, they've created their own royal family. I know most people wouldn't look at it that way, but um, and some of them might actually be descendants of some of them from Europe. If you really go deep and behind some of them. Um, but that would that would be pretty rare. But within the sort of landed gentry in England, and certainly some of the Italians I've seen, um, there's pretty much no rules, and there's a lot of bad stuff between fathers and daughters. 
Right. And even um, I was doing some research um, into the Rothschilds family and their the you know, the origins of their banking empire. And it's really interesting. Someone on YouTube did a um, like a genealogy. Well, well, a family tree. And there was a lot of incest. You know, this is just something that is common um, because they want to keep the wealth and prestige amongst themselves and they only want to enter and this is public record. It's not, this is not even a conspiracy, you know, that an uncle, like a brother, like of a Rothschild made. So they had five different, they, um, the father, you know, created a bank and then he sent his sons into the five different um, countries and they established these bank in arms. And this is how they were able to like basically take over and gain all this um, power and notoriety when their original origins were not, you know, they were, um, you know, pretty meager. So they, they intermarried within the families. And I wish I had that video to play right now, but I just didn't think it was ever any consequence for me to, to keep it. It was just personal, you know, research that I was doing at the time. And, but he did the whole family tree and he showed like how all these people, um, an uncle would marry a niece. You know, and this is not that long ago. <laughs> you know, we're talking 50 years ago. This wasn't that long ago. So this is common practice, you know, within the, um, like um, Bridget is, is telling us, you know, um, even with, um, with uh, we don't even know, I, I don't think the general public even realizes that Joe Biden has a daughter and her diary was sent to, I'm not sure by whom, to Project Veritas, right? And, you know, they were not able to confirm that it was actually her diary. So they never, you know, um, shared anything publicly about it. They just had it. And then um, they were raided by like the, I think, um, I forget which agency, but like the FBI or the CIA or something like that. And they were looking for that. They tore their property apart trying to find the diary, but only to come to find out that she spoke about these things about her brother and inappropriate, you know, showers with her father and things of that nature. And we've all seen, you know, publicly, um, you know, Joe Biden's very uncomfortable interactions with girls. Um, you know, it's just, it's all wrapped in. So glad to have you here to give us some insight on this, because a lot of times when you are speaking out on this, it does sound really strange to people, especially when that's just not, the world that you know people come from and this is like something that's normal so um who wants to ask a virgin a question next well i wanted to ask your permission if i could ask a question to to becca yeah sure go ahead and then we'll, we'll get back to virgin because i don't know how much time she has and you know she does have she does have like inside information and she wants to share so i definitely want to take advantage of that so yeah go ahead and ask your question to to back up. Hey, but we'll keep. So, um, I'll be real brief. I, I heard you mention something when we were, when you were discussing Kanye and you, you expounded on it, but I was just hoping you might potentially be able to expound on just a little more. when you mentioned that he keeps breaking, um, he keeps breaking the MK ultra because he's strong willed. Could you expound on that at all in reference to like any more details as to like how one could or would go about breaking mk ultra um i'll be brief um deep there is deprogramming um i'm a hypnotist and there's actual ways to deprogram 
So you basically remove the programming and you do what is called fusion, where you um, combine the personalities back together once they have multiple personality disorder. Um, and just hit me up on the back channel if you have more questions, because I really don't want to, um, I really want to take up, uh, don't want to take up any of Bridget's time. And thank you so much, Bridget, for, for coming out and just hit me up. I have a question for Miss Bridget. Uh, guys, I think um, her name is Burgett. Burgett, is that how you say your name? Oh, I'm so sorry. I'm Miss Bridget. Uh, sorry, Miss Bridget. Oh, don't worry. It's um, Birgit, Bridget, Burgett, B. I, I, I'm not fast. Anything. <laughs> Birgit. Okay. That even of itself, you said you were born in San Francisco, San Francisco, but your parents were their origin um, from like um, Germany or somewhere in a, a European country? My father's from Chicago. My mother's from East Germany. Gotcha. Okay. Because Birgit, that definitely sounded German because I was stationed in Germany for like five years. I loved it there. But anyway, so who has a question next for Birgit? Okay. So my question was, um, I came in mid, um, mid. Uh, midpoint. Um, so my question is, are you familiar with the, um, the Mossad, M-O-S-S-A-D agency? Well, I, I'm aware of the Mossad, who are probably going to come and get me now. Um, yeah. And as in, do you want to know their involvement with everything? Because I should think they're involved with everything. Um, if you don't mind expounding on it um i'm pretty familiar i just didn't know if you had already spoke about it because that it ties into the uh case but if if you're comfortable with not it i don't really know enough on that subject to be honest um i'd love to know more though well from from my research um I guess the whole Max, the Maxwell case right now, you know, they're, I guess, front man. And I was listening to you say like uh, the black book and how it's an address book and stuff like that. And so I guess this is what I'm, it's like a whole blackmail thing with Israel, and uh, the United States right now. And then um, I think, I, I believe it was you, but uh, somebody was saying like how the CIA and Hollywood are kind of tied and connected. And um, I just wanted you to expound on that if you could, um, but um, if if not. If um, yeah, no, I think it's pretty much accepted that that's how politics has been going for a very, very long time. You know, they use blackmail to, to get everyone. And right now, I think, um, I mean, a lot of the politicians in the UK, I think they put stuff into people's computers uh, child por pornography. So I should think a lot of the civil servants in the UK have been blackmailed, uh, whether they wanted to click on that particular button or not, whether they're into it or not. I, I should think everyone's got some kind of dirt on them to. It's a very old technique. Um, in Hollywood, I do remember the Playboy Mansion being used for that. And I did work for an actor. He would go there a lot. And he did let slip that... Um, things would get pretty wild over there and he he kind of wanted to tell me stuff but didn't but he he felt uncomfortable about something that was going on in the Playboy mansion um but that didn't stop him from going back it it was like he'd crossed a line he was very uncomfortable about it but he just kept going because it was all too late anyway
I have a question for Birgit, you said? Birgit? So, um, I want to first tell you that I admire your bravery, you know, just even speaking about this stuff. Um, I do want to ask you, when everything, well, when you heard about, you know, certain things, how did you, like, how did you process this and still, you know, go to work and like ground yourself and function? Like, how did you, you know, how could you, how did, how, how did you absorb this information without cracking? That's what I would like to know. Um, well, I did crack. Um, so during my time in LA, I'm just going to say it as it was. I'm sorry. I, I went I, over. I, if it's too deep, <laughs> but please like. You no, I, this might be my last time speaking, so I'm just going to say it. <laughs> um, I flew to L.A. hoping to be like an agent or something like that. Uh, I avoided all the party people for a little bit, but unfortunately I knew about 40 people the minute I arrived. I um, lived in a really fun house with an actress, a producer, and it was like a party house, and all the movie stars would come over and... Um, eventually I got swept up with it all and had a really good time. I had, you know, too much fun really. Um, and I remember a few people telling me to just loosen up and have fun. Cause I'm, I was brought up Catholic and I can be a little bit uptight and I know what's right and I know what's wrong and nothing seemed to be wrong during those days. I mean, it's just, it was crazy. Um, but I, I didn't overdo it. I never sort of, I think I did an all nighter about twice because I always had to go to work. But then uh, one day at work, I saw my face in the mirror in the bathroom. I thought, oh no, no, this is, this is not good. I've got to clean up my act. So then I became a health nut. And believe it or not, that could be more dangerous. So suddenly I was having green juices and going to the hut for AA meetings, not drinking, jogging every day, and uh, just focused on my career. Um, where was I going? So I was working my way up the ladder. And in LA, it's you're either one of the partiers or you're a squeaky clean. I mean, I worked at one of the major studios and they had a whole list of rules. You had to have a gym membership. Uh, you couldn't eat spicy food. I mean, that I'll just say it was Universal Pictures at the time. And we heard that Disney was even more strict than that. So it was a lot of discipline, a lot of self-improvement going on, a lot of high achieving. Um, okay, where was I going with this? Just lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, how did it, so yeah, I was aiming high and the higher up I got career-wise, I didn't seem to make much money and the worse the jobs got and Sandy Gallen was the most brutal job I ever had. Um, and we'd have to be in really early in the morning didn't leave until about 11 at night and we were in an office with no windows and then we had to sit there at our desk to have lunch. We couldn't even go get up for coffee. Someone had to bring coffee to us. It was, yeah, they treated us worse, way worse than animals. Um, so I would arrive in the dark and I would leave in the dark. So on the weekends, I would, I would go to the Holiday Inn at Universal actually and just sit by the pool and watch families because I just needed that as a grounding. I just needed to see children and families and people having a good time. And I would very often burst into tears and I knew it was all kind of getting to me. And then what with witnessing what Sandy was up to with having a different young boy every single night. Um, it, by the way, he would meet with his shrink, his um, 
therapist and keep the microphone open. So I actually heard his therapy sessions. The other two secretaries did as well. And we sort of roll our eyes now and again, but we just, uh, the thing is when you're working at that level, the, the most important quality you can have is discretion and you have to keep secrets. I, I, I've had to keep so many off the chart secrets about people in Hollywood that that's part of the job. So when I found out about what he was doing, I was like, Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Okay. That I have to keep quiet about this. This is, that was like the biggest one for me of all the affairs and car crashes and drug overdoses and things that I had to stay quiet about. Um, the, the pedophilia was definitely the most upsetting. So I just took it in my stride, like, okay, here's another horrible thing. I just have to pretend is not happening. Um, but a year later I did have a full breakdown and, uh, ended up in Cedar sinai My friends told my parents I'd tried to kill myself. That's not what happened. That is not what happened. I was just literally couldn't take it anymore. And then I got shipped back to England and reinvented myself in England. I went full sort of worked for Greenpeace. My first job was at Greenpeace, then the Green Party. I was just busy working to save the environment, save the world. And um, yeah, and then my the, the other chapter of my life started. But yeah, I, I didn't I didn't survive it, to be honest. Thank you for that. And I'm sorry for everything that you've gone through. I, like I said, I admire your bravery and I'm very grateful that you came up on this panel and talked to us. Well, wow. it's, I, it's all in my Wikipedia, actually. They, um, someone did my Wikipedia and it's all there. <laughs> What's your, um, so Burgett, okay. Burgett Cunningham, is that your Wikipedia? Yeah, it's, um, the guy who wrote that called me up to check that it was all accurate and it was pretty accurate i mean wow. not everything obviously but um hey um shay if you're not busy if you can go to the wikipedia and put that in the glane maxwell thread on the discord um if not i can do it later but i don't want to forget because there's always so many moving pieces when i these things you got it. I got my phone right here next to me in the dirt. And if I might say, y'all, these <laughs> Japanese purple sweet potatoes look bombdiggity.com. And I can't wait to do something with them for later for dinner. So uh, give me about 30 minutes, y'all. And that link will be posted. Thank you so much. And just to give a quick recap for the people that just joined the room, we you know we are been talking about aspects of the Glenn Maxwell trial and have another exclusive in the Matrix Unveil today, we have Burgett Cunningham, who is on stage, who um, you know knows Eli um, Amanda Eliash, who is connected in with um, Ghislaine Maxwell. She's met Ghislaine on a few occasions, and um, today, you know, she is gracefully sharing with us a lot of things that about the these upper echelon, you know, elite circles and how things actually work. Um, I completely believe her. Um, her you know, accounts are extremely detailed and this is just not something that people can make up the way that she's speaking. I think she's a credible individual and um, we are very fortunate to have her in the room today. And um, Virgin, I, d I definitely want to make sure that uh, we provide a safe space for her 
to be able to, um, you know, talk about this because a lot of times people that were involved may, you know, the, the, the levels of involvement are different. And um, a lot of people, when they do come out to speak out, you know, they're not treated very kindly, right? And they're not believed. And I definitely don't want that, this club to be that space, you know? And so I have questions. Um, there's one question that somebody asked me to ask you, and I'm gonna ask you that, that and then open the floor back up to other questions. So um, how did you come to know Amanda Elias? And what was the extent of your relationship with her? That's a question someone back channeled me. Um, Amanda, well, yeah, I guess we're just English party girls and we both live in Chelsea. Uh, so we would have bumped into each other at parties. She's pretty famous in England, in London. Um, she goes to a lot of parties. I, on the other hand, am very low key. I just stay in my flat. I've become a complete recluse. I, I just don't want to get into trouble anymore. And I don't know why I'm doing this. I just, <laughs> I'm usually completely silent about this stuff. And maybe we'll tell a few friends who probably don't believe me. But most people who know me know that I've met a lot of these characters that we're all talking about these days, you know, including Bill Gates, by the way. Ooh, can you tell us more about that? Because, you know, we, 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 we're not fans of um, the Bill, the Gates L. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, um, I was dating someone uh, who had a really nice villa and Bill Gates used to go and meet him um, a lot, quite a lot. I mean, probably every three months. I, I don't know how often they met. So at the time, um, I was told to stay out of the way when he came over and make myself scarce, sunbathe, whatever. Because basically back in the day, I was just yacht decoration. Um, I was just one of those girls, you know, like in those James Bond movies, the, the girl in the bikini by the pool, that was me. Uh, so I was told to stay out of the way. But one time he was coming out of the, this meeting with my boyfriend and uh, unfortunately we bumped into each other and we kind of uh, were introduced, but he was so awkward. He was just, I, w I think he's got autism or ADHD or he there's something up. He wasn't behaving um, quite right. Something's a bit wrong. And then a couple of weeks later, I met Steve Jobs doing exactly the same thing. He was lovely. He was really nice, you know, firm handshake, lovely guy. Um, so if, if, I, if I was going to compare those two, I kind of wish Steve Jobs was in charge of everything right now instead of Bill Gates. Lisa, I've worked with children uh, in the school systems. And when I saw the uh, Netflix documentary on Bill Gates and the story, I automatically thought uh, from his childhood, I automatically thought that he was a high spectrum autistic autism child right and we do know that bill gates like this is how like these elite families are set up you you know people go through and they have all of these like you know accolades of oh they went to this ivy league college and you know they've you know been a part of this this board or you know they've a part of this this company this, these corporations when literally they 
they have handlers and they've been, you know, selected. His dad was a part of um, the, uh, the eugenics program. You know, what is it called, you guys? Um, I don't know why my mind is blank. Planned Parenthood. Right, Planned Parenthood. Okay, and, um, he, you know, he worked with um, that lady who is, um, uh, you know, who Hillary Clinton pops up. Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Singer. Margaret, sorry, Margaret Thatcher. Margaret Thatcher, yeah. And I'm just drawing a blank because my mind, you know what I'm saying, like gets overloaded sometimes, especially after last night's room and to the end is just trying to keep all these details straight. But um, yeah, and so, you know, um, and if you trace his roots back, you, you know what I'm saying, it'll probably go back into Germany. So, you know, you should never believe when people just prop up and you think that they invented something like Jeff Bezos, you know, Mark Zuckerberg's another one, you know, always question these front people, look into their history, and see. So yeah, he is very socially awkward. Um, you know, and you know, he's just the the face and this is what he was born into and what he was trained to do, you know, exactly what he's been doing with Microsoft and, you know, what he's doing now with this this whole um pandemic and the vaccines. This is just a role that he was born into. It was he didn't choose this. And not saying we should feel sorry for him, um, you know, cuz he plays his role very well. But this is something that, you know, he was selected to do. You know, he was groomed for this. And this is how that whole world works. Right, Bridget? Hey, guys, are you there? Who would like to um, ask Bridget a question next? No question, but I just wanted to let everybody know that the uh, wiki link has been posted under the uh, Glenn Maxwell um, information in the Discord. So if you want to verify who we're talking to, go ahead and get access to that Discord. The link's posted right there at the top. And um, Bridget, I think I figured out who you're at. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, sorry, I got moved into the audience somehow. Who did that? Um, I, I know, I know that's not a moderator on this stage uh, that moved that, everyone into the Um, I was looking at your profile trying to follow you, so I might have done that on accident. So I, I'll just, uh, accept this, uh, <laughs> no worries. Apologies, you know, for that, um, Bridget. Um, that does happen sometimes when you're trying to look at someone's profile and do something that does happen on accident, but. You know, I run rooms of high integrity. You know, our mods don't do that unless someone is being disruptive on the stage or being disrespectful and they're not listening, then we will put them down for a bit. So back to the questions on the stage. Does anybody else? Uh, I'll ask a question. I have, I have a question. I have one. Okay. Um, Bridget, I'm going to ask you a question. I'm sorry. Here we go. Um, Princess Diana, uh, her death has bothered me. I was, uh, I saw like two o'clock in the morning uh, what happened when, with her car crash. Years later, or a few years ago, I saw a documentary saying that um, she was, I guess, the, the queen and king, I guess there's a DJ out there that's a pedophile. 
in that Princess Diana was um, about to expose the child sex trafficking um, because I know that the Queen was a uh, got a was found guilty. I don't know, it was 2012 or 2013 with the missing children and the orphanage. Um, and I was just wondering, what are your Oh, boy. <laughs> um, yeah, um, I really like Princess Diana. I thought that was awful when that happened. I was actually in L.A. when when she passed, and I I got the feeling that people were more upset in Los Angeles than um, they were in England. I mean, they were really sad in England, but I, I was in a taxi. My taxi driver, as soon as he heard my accent, he just started blabbing, like crying so much. Um I, I, I personally think Prince Philip did it. I think he probably planned it with um, was it MI6 or MI5 uh, using that light thing they use where they flash the light. Um, there's a lot of questions to be asked about what happened there. And again, Jill Dando was assassinated out, coming out of her house and she was meant to be about to expose, she had a TV show exposing crime so she was killed and she was i believe friends with princess diane as well so look at the jill dando case if you really want to look into that a bit more um yeah something was going on and princess diana probably was about to expose something uh there are other theories of what she was going to expose which i can't remember exactly i don't want to go there unless i know for sure the, and the other thing that's always bothered me is princess diana's real mother um right before the marriage to Prince Charles, or soon after, um, her mother just disappeared to like the most northern island of Scotland, like above Shetland Islands, or maybe it was the Shetland Islands. And you'd think if your daughter was marrying, you know, Prince Charles, you would stick around. She left. And no one's ever really brought that one up. You know, what did the mother know? But wasn't she groomed for this? Because we see in all those um, period pieces, we know, you know, the, uh, Anne Boleyn and most of those other stories where it was sort of like, and we know that the they still keep that. Like even like the celebrities are just like the court courtesans, you know, there's courtesans. Um, they're there for entertainment. They're not really a part of the, the royal bloodline but they have a certain amount of access. So, you know, being courted and being aligned or aligned families, um, was she not courted and groomed for that actual position? Um, yes, I should think she was very much groomed for that sort of thing. I mean, I'd say that I was pretty much groomed to just grow up and marry a rich guy. That was my calling. And if it doesn't work, or if you do marry them and it all goes tits up, then you're going to lose the plot and you're going to find a different agenda. I mean, when I realized it was all a pack of lies and it was all, you know, I wasn't going to marry Mr. Rich, um, I turned to environmentalism. I just made a radical shift. So, and that's where I, I felt some parallels to Princess Diana. I'm not going to ever compare myself to her, but if, if she had a good heart and a good soul and she couldn't take it anymore, well, then she would have found another way of lashing out and speaking out, and she did that in so many other ways.
I'm sorry, guys. I'm trying to eat lunch. <laughs> but I have questions. Okay, so with um, I watched The Crown on Netflix. And the way that she was treated was horrible. I mean, she was beautiful. She had a beautiful spirit. I think that she was witness and party to a lot of the atrocities that take place inside of the royal family. You know, even with some of the rumors that they may not may not all be necessarily humans in the way that we think about humans or whatever. And um, how he selected someone like a Camilla Parker Bowles over her. She was always a part of the relationship. You know what I mean? So, you know, what do you think that was about? Like Charles's attraction to Camilla Parker Bowles over someone as beautiful and, you know, as, you know, as, and, and not just, but pure of heart as Diana, because the people could feel like the world felt that energy, sort of like how we were talking about Michael Jackson earlier. What are your thoughts? Well, um, that's a perfect example of how the the 1% just have completely different rules to the rest of us. So having affairs is very much okay in, in that world. So they're all cheating like mad. They all have mistresses. They all have multiple, multiple girlfriends. So um, the problem is if she was really in love with Prince Charles, which I believe she was, like they kind of show that in The Crown, then the fairy tale would have not worked out for her at all and it would have been horrible. In the, in the same way it was me when I found out I couldn't be in a relationship with any of these billionaires without having 10 other women planted around the country, around the globe. That's It was just something I couldn't tolerate. So I can't imagine what she went through to know that she would never shake off Camilla. Right. And... I know what you're saying is valid. I know it's valid because number one, you know, even poor men <laughs> want to have side pieces. Okay. Yes. So can you imagine what the men on the, these levels and how it's almost an understanding. Even if, even if you look at it like from an ent entertainment or basketball or sports or entertainment perspective, it's almost a given that you're not the only one. And women just sort of, when they enter these relationships, you know, look the other way, right? So that would even give more credence to Ghislaine Maxwell, who we're, who we're discussing today, and her relationship with Jeffrey Epstein. Because clearly, if you look at, um, I have a lot of photographs of them that has been released, it's in the Discord, um, that she's very clearly in love with him, you know, very clearly. But yet she went out and solicited and, and was a part of all of this, for, you know, to have his approval. She understood her role. So she was someone that was also groomed for this position. I actually think that her dad, because she's also tainted as painted as the, the favorite, right? And he named his, his boat, the Lady Elaine, the boat that he ended up being murdered on or committed suicide or whatever happened. You know, they said he was murdered, but, or he committed suicide. Um, so this actually happens. This is normal. Um, wow. This, this is all extremely <laughs> revealing. Does anybody else have any questions for um, Birgit? Cause I have, more. I, I wouldn't mind if I have, if I have a time to follow. Yeah. Uh, hi Birgit. Um, do you, do you, um, 
do you know uh, much about, um, for instance, Louis Mountbatten? You know, he, he was um, obviously married to a wife on the outside, had a, numerous affairs, but behind the scenes, he was also um, a known uh, prolific um, homosexual paedophile. Whole network of boys' houses, bedsits in Northern Ireland, and in and around London using the canal boats because of the lack of jurisdiction on the canals in between the jurisdictions of various counties outside of the police reach and so forth. And this also seemingly, uh, and this is all, well, that's that's known, but then it allegedly links through to um, Louis being in an abusive relationship himself with a very high up in the Church of England, allegedly also seemingly the case for Prince Charles. Um, do you know anything about um, I don't know very much about that, just that from my experience of sort of going to stay at English country houses and dating English men, specifically ones who've gone to Eton, they're strange. Something weird happens at these boarding schools, something weird happens in the families. Um, very often the mothers just completely ignore them. A lot of them are brought up by their nannies their nannies are hitting them, <laughs> or they, they all got beaten up uh, that generation, either by their teachers or their nannies, and they're into some very weird, twisted stuff. <laughs> Which brings me back to, i really love to find an American man again. Also, do you think there's any truth behind Stanley Kubrick's Eyes Wide Shut? Do you think there is a click in Hollywood and these kind of circles surrounding perhaps some kind of hodgepodge, hodgepodge theism, maybe Satanism, perhaps? Um, well, I have kind of a funny story about that. I was invited to a um, occult Satanist dinner party and my friend, sort of someone I didn't know very well, said, hey, do you want to come to this dinner? Try to wear black it's full of Satanists, it's going to be really fun. And I just started laughing. I thought, oh, my God, that sounds like a hoot. Uh, went up into the Hollywood Hills. There's a big hearse outside in the driveway. And sure enough, there's a big, long dining room table and a crucifix hanging upside down over the, the table. Um, there were skulls all over the place and candles, everything. And everyone looked pretty freaky and scary. And I just started laughing and I was cracking jokes because I've got a bit of a dark sense of humor. So I just found the whole thing really, really funny. And every time a meal came out, I would say, oh, baby back ribs. You know, I just sort of was making a joke. But nobody laughed. <laughs> nobody laughed. And then my friend, before even dessert came, said, you know what, I've got to be somewhere else. And she said, come with me. And she just got me out of there. So... <laughs> um, I, I wasn't accepted into that particular fold. I just thought it was a dress-up dinner party. But now looking back, I'm thinking, wow, if I hadn't had a sense of humor, maybe things could have gone very differently. But um, bottom line, just avoid people who have zero sense of humor. Have, uh, have you heard of Dr. Joan Coleman's Brains List, R-A-I-N-S? Yes, I have. I don't know where to begin with that one. I yeah. know a bunch of people missed. I mean, you're, you're looking at heads of MI6, prime ministers, Edward Heath, 
You know, you had Peter Morrison, who was Thatcher's right-hand close assistant, um, a convicted, known and convicted, violent um, homosexual paedophile. Jimmy Savile, apparently a fixer on the Reigns list, as allegedly was Epstein also a fixer for SRA. That's just to name a few names. Now, that list was based off interviews with people who had... Um gone through hell basically and said everything to one psychologist is that right uh yeah it's um from victim survivors of sra um and the uh, the dr joan coleman has only included individuals on that list who have been corroborated from multiple victims separately without um you know osmosis allegedly and i you know i can't allege to i can't you know advocate to the specific evident, evidential probity of this list. But for instance, if you look at some of the work of John Wedger, who is um, ex-police uh, detective, been working child cases for over 30 years, still does in his, in his um, free time, he has uh, warranted uh, quite strongly as to the validity of that list. And that's probably the tip of, you know, a much uh, bigger period. Yeah, the only thing I can add to that is I, I read through that list very, very carefully. And I, like I said, I know a bunch of people because I worked in politics as well. So I met a lot of the characters on that list. And after reading the list, the, the one thing that really jumped out was um, um, that all the people that I had personally met myself all had the same characteristic. They were incredibly confident, really good fun at parties very self-confident, um, had money. Um, they all handled themselves in a very similar way. They had the same personalities. I just, I don't know what it's worth saying that. The high charisma, um, yeah, they're all the same types of people. Excuse me. That, would you uh, say Berkshire? What is the name of that list, sir? What is the name of that list again? How do you spell? This is Dr. Joan Coleman's. Joan J O A N Coleman. Uh, it is. Uh, sorry, bear with me. C O L E M A N Coleman's, and it's the Reigns list. It stands for Ritual Abuse Information Network and Support. Uh, you can just type it into Google. It keeps, uh, it's big, trying to be taken down a lot, but it keeps uh, a relatively stable position on the net, and you can download it as a, as a PDF. Thank you so much for that. Mm. Also, a question for Berger about uh, the personalities comment and thing. Uh, is there... Any other, uh, like when you say you knew them personally, is there any similar comment or incident or something that you might point to that uh, just, just anything else describing that? Um, I'm thinking of one uh, politician who would show up at places late or um, and he would just sort of get away with everything. He would boast about something naughty he had done. I mean, not um, sexual or anything, but he could. He would say something naughty about a guy walking past or something. 
he'd play it to the end a lot. And it, and it was very funny because most humor is based on situations being, you know, made uncomfortable. So a lot of them just, they just knew they could get away with just about everything. Um, I mean, this is a politician who told me stuff that I could have gone to the papers and said, oh, my God, so-and-so said he was here when he was actually there. And he's drinking at an event where you're not allowed to have booze. I mean, that's the minor thing. But um, it's almost like the thing he told me, he knew would never, ever get in the press. So that that sort of quality. Gotcha. Thank you for that. Begit, the the elite personalities that you've come across, are they at all concerned about the uh, the masses like waking up to what they're doing? Um, are they at all concerned about us, or do they just think that we're totally uh, imbeciles and we'll never understand, you know, the higher nature of what they're doing? Or is there like, or do they move? a little cautiously thinking maybe we'll discover what's going on or, you know, maybe we'll start to believe the whistleblowers. What's their general attitude um, and, and thoughts about the masses waking up and stopping uh, and going against, you know, what, what's been going on for so long in the elite circles and how the masses are, you know, living in this underworld, so to speak. Um, I would say the one big personality trait is it's was it which is Sartre is it uh, which movement did Sartre do the one where anything that's behind you doesn't exist um, what is that it's not surrealism it's I can't remember the name of it but, sorry solipsism um when you think you're the only, it's not quite that, but like when you think you're the yeah. only person in existence and everything else is just there. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, for example, when I was working for Sandy back in Hollywood, one of the girls, her mother was sick in hospital and probably dying. She was very ill and we were quite near uh, Cedar sinai it, it wasn't very far away. Uh, and she was too scared to leave the office. And I said, just go. go. And then finally, she got the courage to leave, knowing that if she left the office, she'd probably be fired. Um, and then Sandy kept asking me, where was she? Where was she? And I, I had to make up all these different excuses. And after an hour, he'd started freaking out. Um, and finally, I just blurted it out. I said, she had to go to the hospital. Her mother's dying. And he lost his temper so badly, and he said he was going to fire her, but she was the best secretary ever, so he he didn't. But it, not once, not once did he ever think about what she was going through or what her mother was going through or should he send flowers, nothing. It's like nobody existed except him. Um, unless there was someone he wanted to impress, and then we'd be buying <clears throat> flowers and gifts for someone. It was all about moving up the ladder and uh, impressing other people it was all competition um hang on where was i going okay personality wise uh this is where they they're gonna fuck up um they are so binary they're just so much in one direction it's all about them they really think basically if you're poor you're stupid bitch how embarrassing um so which is really ironic because most of them have inherited their money 
you know, a lot of them have had it passed down to them, but they firmly believe that you are whatever you own. It's all about the money, it's all about the power. So, and the way they treat their staff is horrendous. Um, they love Filipinos mostly because they can just shout at Filipinos forever and those people are just unbelievable. They'll just put up with it, <laughs> whereas most of us would crack. Um, well, I did. Um, so they no, they they really, really don't care about us and they have completely written us off as being stupid and that we will never, ever work this out. And the science wow. behind what's going on now, they believe is well, way too advanced for any one of us to understand. And I have to admit, it is pretty advanced, all the stuff coming up, from, you know, DARPA and MIT. Um, so that, I think, will be their mistake because they do make mistakes. And that's one, that's their Achilles heel, is underestimating us. Interesting. Thank you. Wow. Woo. That is a lot. That is a lot to unpack. Um, guys, I'm going to have to go. I've... <laughs> Um, anyway, I just wanted to say a quick thank you to Lisa. I've been listening to your group for a really long time because, of course, I'm fascinated by the Maxwell trial. Um, and this room has always felt like a really safe space. And that's why I've opened up in your room. <laughs> I've said way, way too much. But you are all just beautiful souls, beautiful people asking the right questions. And, um, yeah, follow me if you want to I don't know I don't know if I'm going to do this again to be honest it's it's very draining <laughs> um anyway god bless to all of you and uh, stay hey um Bridget before you go this uh, um thank you so much for being here I did follow you and um you know I, I'm gonna send you a back channel or you can back channel me um because I'm pretty sure there's more questions and I know that you released a lot today that's good for the soul so, you know, once you, you know, walk away from this, meditate a little bit, think about, you know, like what's next and, you know, how do you like how you want to show up in this world after experiencing that. If you'd like to come back and share more, um, I would love to do a room with you um, like that because your energy does seem, you know, to be really on par for me versus, you know, Amanda. Um, you know, once people started asking about her Instagram, she got really um, you know, she just, you know, attacked me and I had to put her down to the audience. So just that the stage wouldn't be disrupted, but your energy feels more comfortable. And uh, um, you feel I was actually, I back channeled you to find out what Amanda had said, because I'm, uh, which is a bit sneaky of me, but I just, um, I wanted <laughs> to know, I wanted to know how that went. So that's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't have the recording, but someone did record it and post it in the discord so we can um let's you know chat and talk about that later but i um, just want to thank you again for being here today and sharing what you shared you know yeah. and giving us these you know exclusive inside perspectives from this elite world so thank you don't and worry and, and i i won't be talking behind amanda's back though because i i wouldn't do that so um i'll just leave it at that so just what you said is enough um, so thank you very much and uh, for letting me speak. <laughs> it was really good to get that off my chest. Thank you very much. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much, Virgin. Wow. Yes. Lisa, I have a question mm -hmm. for you. 
do you know, have you done any research on what the elites, children, their education, um, what they're actually learning in these boarding schools, in these universities that they go to? Is it, are they learning things that we don't know as far as the academics, you know, how to run the world? Or is it more just an elitism, a complex, they're just taught that they're special and maybe they're, uh, they may uh, are revealed certain technologies, you know, that we don't see, just open, just a scene, they're, they're shown a different world. Yeah. Um, or, yeah, what, so what are they learning, do you know, well, when they I, go through their schools? I haven't personally been to their school, so I can't tell you what they're learning with 100%, you know, being factual, but I can take a gander at it and... If you just think about um, those two ladies um, that were, you know, exposed a few years ago for trying to get their kids into, into these, you know, yeah. schools or whatever, mm-hmm. um, some universities have been what they call legacies when, you know, they yes. were rich and they donated money and they have a building name after them and things of that nature. Um, I will tell you just from being in honors courses that being in certain honors courses, we, it was not like a regular class. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like homework. We were actually let made to think and, you know, we read and it was not even like doing work. So I can just imagine on such a small scale that they're being taught a totally different curriculum because what people do not realize is that grade school all the way through high school and college is an indoctrination system. That's what it is. So, of course, these people and you have to have a lot of money to be, you know, afforded to be, you know, to partake in these in these quote unquote school systems. So, no, they're not learning. They're not learning the same American history. You know, they're not learning the same sciences. They're they're They are, you know, essentially learning, you know, how to make money, how to rule the world, how to become. you know know, things of that nature they're not learning what we are learning it's our stuff that we learn and the regular average person learns it is um for you to continue to be remain a peasant and a serf. slave knowledge yes you know have you seen the show billions on amazon i have not no oh wow yeah it goes into the the underworkings of uh the the politics and the, the behind the scene politics and uh, finance. And it's very interesting. You talk about the legacies, these Harvard legacies, and just, you know, it's really billions. Uh, I think you would really, really like that. So it's on Amazon, Amazon movies. But yeah. Hey, I'm, I'm, raw food. You. Another thing that they learn from is, you know how we go to school here and our kids are, are taught to, you know, uh, get a job and maintain a job and, yeah. you know, school and do all of these things, right? Well, that's essentially, you know, creating consumers. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. when you go to these monet- monetary schools and or boarding schools, you're essentially being taught how to wholesale, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, wholesale versus consumerism versus yeah. like say for instance you you buy a bulk of something oh i understand and i understand sell and then you pick out the best one and then <clears throat> you know that type of thing that's yeah. what people are taught in these schools and it's you know it's all about economics bro and and we mm-hmm. aren't taught that we're not taught about investing you know that's we're right. always late to the party you know? yeah have you seen billions 
Check it out. <laughs> so, go. so, how? Do, so, since you said that, right? So, how do you feel about the cryptocurrency? Crypto, for me, I am I'm in cryptocurrency, right? Okay. But the thing is, is that I'm in it for a sort of a different reason. I I, I see the utility in right, in, like a tool. Right? The utility. So I'm building domains behind the utility of it. So, you know, and I, I know that one day that crypto is going to be, you know, this phenomenon and do all of these things. But for me, um, crypto is going to be a means to gain those hard assets, you know, land, you know, yeah. gold and silver and, you know, get me some ir iridium, you know, sh shit like that. You know what I'm saying? The, that's my goal. You know, leaving some generational wealth for my kids. You know, that's that's the. I got to bounce in on that real quick because I have a theory on that, because as Burjeet was saying, you know, like they don't want to lose control. Power doesn't want to relinquish power. And when it comes to the digital currency, to me, it's like it's something that can threaten the economic system, but it is digital. So it's nothing hard. So what happens if they decide to pull the plug on the digital aspect of our lives, which could possibly happen, uh, you know, under the guise of solar flare or uh, electromagnetic pulse, blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyways, just something to think about with that. You know, hard asset is always a good thing to have. So if you're getting in now to get that land, I think that's a great idea. But uh, just saving your money that. What's that? I just said the cyber polygon, what they keep talking about. Oh, yeah. I don't know anything about that. I'll have to look into that. But uh, anyways, just had to jump in. I got to leave everybody. Lisa, all the moderators, thank you so much for having this room, doing what you do. Um, really incredible stuff. And uh, just keep keep at it. All right. So everybody have a beautiful day and, and uh, keep you. trying to share the truth. Peace out, Jason. Take care, everybody. Lisa, how incredible is it? How are you feeling about the surprise guests, if you will, that are showing up in in your room. I mean, it has to be, you know, the energy uh, that you exude and the professionalism and space that you provide that gives them, uh, in some cases, the nerve, in other cases, uh, the, the sense of safety to be able to speak. I just, uh, I'm just in awe of just the way that you've been able to pull you know, this energy towards you, so. You know, guys, thank you so much for saying that, Carla. And, you know, listen, when you are doing something, and Brother Panic, I don't know if you guys were in that room last night where we had 800 people on stage, the biggest room on Clubhouse, and he was dropping so many metaphysical gems about how to escape the matrix. Unfortunately, Clubhouse did not allow me to save those replays, although I was still under the time but, you know, one of the key things that he said about it was being pure of heart, right? And that means a lot to me. And I, that's how I try to move and operate. So I think that is how things are magnified, you know, magnetized, not magnified, but magnetized towards me, you know, um, is just from operating from a space of, you know, a purity 
of realness, not caring about the numbers. Of course, we care about the numbers. Of course, we want people to come to our rooms. You know what I mean? I would be lying if I said that we didn't want that. We want that, right? Because, you know, you want an audience, right? But if you're not doing things for an audience, there's a difference. You know what I mean? You still open that room when your knees shake and you don't know whether people will show up or not because you believe in the message or, you know, you, you know, you don't, you know, it's like, you know, you think about, oh, will I be judged for this? And, you know, um, could I get suspended? But, you know, and, and you, you think about those things, but you still do it anyways, because it isn't about, you know, um, the numbers. It's about the content. It's about getting, you know, and I, you know, getting the truth out and just being pure of heart. And I think that's how I'm able to magnetize, you know, um, that sort of energy to my room because yes, Amanda came in, you know, now two insiders have been in this room. We've had people, you know, in the courtroom, you know, I think I did what I was supposed to do. You know, I think I did what I was supposed to do and, you know, we're here, we're talking about it. Um, a lot of things that we speculated on, you know, exactly how I imagined, and how I talked about things to be on those inner circles literally just got verified in this room today. And honestly, there's not, you know, I didn't want to press her. I didn't want to be disrespectful. And I did want her, you know, to feel safe in the space as she shared what she shared because it's complicated. You know what I mean? It is complicated. But um, I didn't get a chance to ask her why she made the joke about when she went to that, you know, satanic party in Hollywood Hills why she would say, hey, what are you serving baby back baby ribs? Back like, I wasn't. Yeah, you have to ask her about <laughs> You know what I mean? But I didn't want to pressure her or come off because she was being very open. You know, she told us she said a lot. And I am going to close this room before the replays get shut down because this room has to be reshared. I didn't catch, um, get to share um, Amanda's room. Um, but somebody did record the room. So like the, 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 the recording is somewhere in the discord under the, um, under the Ghislaine Maxwell thread. <sighs> I mean, it's overwhelming because we know we just don't have access. So, you know, it's, you, it's your inner knowing. It's not about believing, you know, things. It's about your inner knowing. And that's how we just have to operate on all levels and aspects of our lives. Like, you know this shit. You already know it. You already know it. And Lisa, so you need you a talk it. show. You need a talk show, Lisa. You need a talk show. Back. You need Pardon. a talk show. Always a pleasure and an honor being in these rooms. And There's an evolution for you in this regard because um, I haven't seen any rooms quite like this. Uh, that's why I'm so excited and supportive of it because it's real. I mean, it's not. Bitch. Right, like this is the. You need a uh, talk yeah, show. Better on that. Better on that. This is like the uh, future. Like for me, from what I understand, of the connections and how it can move, I would consider like a Harriet Tubman kind of like a real Kali Ma kind of. Yeah. So this to confirm. Yeah, you're in the right place. I'm in the right place. This is the place to be, Lisa. If you ain't following Lisa, follow Lisa, yo. If you wasn't <laughs> following Lisa, you tripping on her. Right yeah. now. Hey, if you try to find her, hey, for real, because the Freedom Porter want the bust open in this thing. So, hey, I'm trying to sit here and watch too. Hey, let's get it. Yeah, yep. follow please Lisa follow and Lisa. Her, Lisa and let her finish speaking. Yeah, room in the world. Yeah, follow her and let her finish speaking. Yeah, cut her off. Let her finish speaking. <laughs> follow her and let her finish yep. speaking. Go ahead, Lisa. Awesome. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, no, I man, like, listen, guys, I appreciate that. You know, I appreciate the love. I appreciate that you guys appreciate 
you know, my efforts, but you know, these rooms wouldn't be anything without you guys. So don't forget that too. You know what I'm saying? Like you show up, you know, you're doing your research, you're adding, you know, this is into it. So I value you guys just as much as you are valuing me. And I appreciate that because I have, um, you know, tried to build a certain brand on this app. It's not always easy, but nevertheless, just stay true to the content. You know what I'm saying? Take your time, you know, whatever you feel inspired as you want to do something or break out on your own, you know, don't let anybody stop you, you know, just don't do it to compete with other people, compete with the last best thing that you did, you know, and that formula always works like you, it's only you, yourself and you, you know, me, myself and I, that's how it goes. And so if you know that you're doing the right thing, however, that shows up, eventually that sparkle fire, you know what I'm saying? It'll catch a hold and you'll be able to do what you need to do. So but can't let's get back to the conversation though. Yo, yeah. like we, literally that we, shit was crazy. You like, know what was I just say that like that. Listen, yeah. Bridget Cunningham just pulled up in this room. I didn't know who she was before this, but there's no way the way that she spoke with utter confidence and comfortability and yeah. details. Spirit she, brought her here. She was not making that up at all, at <clears throat> all. What was interesting, what I found interesting. No, I believe there are others that, in the room too. They haven't spoken up yet. That's facts. Uh, my name, oh, Lisa. Lisa. My name is Rico, Lisa. by the way, y'all. Lisa, what was interesting, what she said, what got her out, what got her out of that lifestyle is she had a mental breakdown. She couldn't handle it. Then she had been objectified and abused for so long because she said she was a yacht girl. You know, go and bathe, you know, go and sunbathe. She she probably, you know, she experienced some level of abuse herself. She couldn't handle that world. And whatever grounded her after she had that mental breakdown to get out of it, that's what initially, that's what got her out of it because she was looking for that rich man. And, and she said what grounded her, she used to go to the Hilton, um, the hotel or something like, something uh, yeah, like yeah, that. That's she, would just, she would watch families and it would make her cry. Damn. <laughs> but now, guys... Hi. Lisa, this is Air. I've been wanting to say, just address your room or to you actually. I just wanted to say, um, sorry if I cut you. Just I'll be very short, very no, quickly. Um, yeah, I I do hope that you and uh, Bergie, if I'm saying her name correctly, I do hope that you guys do a room. I I can't believe you had her in here. I don't know how that happened. Um, none of her for God knows how many years. I found it interesting that she was very brutally honest um I, you could tell in the tone of her voice that you know it matters for her to just speak on it um a couple of things was very interesting a lot of the things she mentioned towards the end um personally i found amazing to hear from her because like i used to work at this place back in the days where william harry and kate used to frequent it was a very famous nightclub back in the days in chelsea so I would have loved to ask her a couple of questions myself, maybe perhaps sometime in the future. But um, as a security person back in the days, it was very easy to, to, to meet some of these people she's referring to, which used to shock me, even working in BBC television studios with the whole thing that happened with the Jimmy Savile case as well. Um, even after his death, there's been people that have been um, responsible for some of the things he did that are still at the BBC now. And I was quite astonished even about three, four years ago when I used to work there that they'd have these like secret society meetings, although they're not called that. And when I'm asked to work 
on standby mode like hey there's this event it wasn't originally arranged until such and such date can you come in we need an extra security person i'm there and i'm shocked as to the things i'm hearing that aren't behind the scenes that they're allowing security to hear so yeah it, it was a very interesting room your rooms are always interesting don't get me wrong but personally this one today with that surprise guest at the end there my mind's blown so yeah big up to you because you know you've been doing this for a while but for me this today was just next level next level shit um anyway i'm gonna go back on mute big up yourself and much respect to all and uh yeah that's it thanks all right, Yachty, big up yourself. <laughs> but no, guys, um, that 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 was phenomenal. You know what I'm saying? That was phenomenal. You know, yet again, another break-in room inside the Matrix, you know, Unveil Club. You know, the, the, the energy is just being attracted here because the truth is being um, out. So, like, why is this room important? Oh, it's just another trial. It isn't. You know, it's about our society you know it's about the things that go on it's about you know um every one of us in here and our family members and our children that could possibly end up this about you thinking that your vote matters that there's a republican party that there's a democratic party that there's a libertarian party you know that there's good there's evil you know these this there's this black there's white you know this this bullshit divisions that they think about and you are the slaughter you are the sheep being led to the slaughter right that is how they think of us and she said that right we're we're useless eaters she didn't say that but i'm that's what's been said you know she talked about being in the presence of bill gates she talked about um you know being in the social circles with amanda elias she talked about meeting um Ghislaine maxwell th on three different occasions and how you know she was very cold and steely-eyed you know, and um, a, a very like, um, you know, um, intimidating sort of character. Um, this is real. These people, you know, if you can call them people, um, don't give a shit about us. And so for me, why I do these rooms in the Matrix Unveiled is to pull the wool back over people's eyes to see what's really going on. You know what I'm saying? That way you can stop worshiping these celebrities and start focusing on yourselves, you know? Focusing on, you know, elevating your own internal spirituality, you know, your own and see that there's nothing outside of yourself that is greater than who you are. And with that, I'm going to open back up the floor for any commentary. Lisa, I just I just want to say that was uh, that was really powerful. Um, it gives the whole different perspective when Michael Jackson said they don't really care about us because when Berger was speaking, uh, hopefully I'm not butchering her name. It was just crazy how. It was like the way she talked about how the elites don't, they just don't, they're, they're in a whole different realm uh, apart from everybody else. Like they don't give, you know, they don't care about what we do, how we think, how we eat. They just think that like the world just evolves around them only. And that's what's going to cost them their, their downfall. And it was just so, it was just, that was it. Not, yeah, respect to you as well. I just want to say that because this is, has been the most powerful room that I've been in out of all of Clubhouse. Um, and the way that she talked about how her friend helped her to get out of that situation when she was at the dinner table, that was, that was really like jaw, like dropping to me because like, that was a point in her life where she could have, it, it could have pivoted to something really bad. And um, 
So I'm, I'm glad that she stepped away or her friend helped her step away from that situation too. Cause that was unreal to hear her say that. So, uh, I appreciate your room and that was. I want to circle back if we could to her comment and, and she re- said it repeatedly and she said that she was hoping we were writing it down about a particular event where these people go. Does anybody remember the, uh, the name? Oh, I notes. I was taking notes. So it was, let me look at my notepad. I couldn't necessarily remember uh, how she, how to pronounce the last name. St. Bar. Yeah, no, of, um, of Michael Jackson's manager, but I'm going to Google that. So it's Sandy Gillum or Geflin or something like that. I don't know how to spell the last name. She also called out a few other names. Um, Alex French, um, then Max um, Potter. Um, she also said Liz Day from the New York Times. And then was Liz Day asked her, you know, where do you think the boys went? Right. So she talked about how, you know, this 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 um, producer, I'm sorry, this manager of Michael Jackson, Sandy Gellum, Gelfam. I don't know how to say the last name because it, uh, she didn't spell it out for me. I didn't ask her to. But how every day he would order up these little boys. She didn't know the age, but she's they were boys. Um, and every day of the week, it'd be a different one. And she also mentioned, um, okay, so the, the, um, reporter asked her, you know, where do you think these boys went? Where do you think they went? It circles back around to what we were talking about earlier about the mass murders. We listened to a video by, um, Sam Stone. I think his name is, um, I'll look it up in a second, but you know, and all these boys were from Central America. So, the, you know, this trafficking goes so deep. She also said to look into um, St. Bart's. Who goes to St. Bart's every Christmas? I thought. Yes, that, that part. Yes, that we need to dig. Yes, right. She talked. And that's so this is this whole yachting culture. So she says, um, look into St. Bart's uh, 2020 specifically. And she also said St. Bart's Yacht Billionaires. Um, I forgot the name of the magazine that she mentioned that, um, you know, we should also look into. I didn't write about that. Then Vanity, she about, Vanity no, Fair. I'm sorry. Chrissy Teigen was there. Vanity Fair. Okay, thank you. Vanity Fair. So add that to your notes, guys. So Vanity Fair talks about these, you know, these yacht and billionaires or whatever. Um, then she also talked about Princess Diana and her how her real mom disappeared after into Northern Ireland, you know, after she got married to, um, you know, um, Prince Charles. And uh, also she mentioned Dr. John Coleman's The Reigns. Um, the Reigns? What the hell did I write? Yeah, it's... Um, the Reigns list. The Reigns list. Rain. The Reigns yeah. list. R-A-I-N-S list. Dr. Joan Coleman. Yeah. So those are the notes that I took other things that she said. Um, I was trying to write things down as in the beginning when she started talking and she was naming names. So Lisa, I, I've um, also so back channeled you or DM'd you of a whole bunch of information on on that and the ranks list. I don't know if you have it, but uh, there's a lot of info there. Okay, awesome. Thank you so much for that. Lisa, can I ask you just one last question, please? Yeah, sure. Sorry, I think Atik was saying something at the same time. Go ahead, Atik. Yeah, no, I just to say, you've also missed out, Lisa, on um, Jill Dando. I've, I've actually been reading her whole uh, history just now while you guys were talking after uh, Bridget had mentioned Jill Dando. I didn't know anything about it, even though I do remember her being murdered 
but so much information has come out of um, how she was murdered and is still unsolved. And the gentleman that was um, put into jail for her murder has been released because uh, he was falsely charged. So, yeah, a lot of Pandora's box and a lot of uh, other things. Uh, if you connect everything she said, I think there's a lot more out there. So we might have to have another room. Uh, and just wanted to thank you again, everybody, to set this room up because uh, it's been an interesting couple. You're welcome. And you know what? Spirit just told me, because I haven't done a room this on this topic for the likes for since last Friday. And I only left that room for like two hours and I ended it. Um, and I said, you know what? I've like have been receiving so many different spiritual attacks and going through some things here on the app, as well as, you know, bleeding over into real life um, just from covering this case. So I had to step back, you know what I'm saying? Do my spiritual work you know, enforce myself. And I'm like, man, I must be getting close to something. So it just seems like this, this energy has engulfed me. And honestly, guys, I've experienced some things, um, you know, that emotionally I have not experienced that I shouldn't be experiencing from the internet, <laughs> from just having a conversation online. So, you know, they say that we, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against, you know, principalities, things that are in the unseen. So, you know, I fell back because I needed to re-fortify myself. I couldn't, you know, come on here and share my light and be able to attract. I'm not doing a room just to do a room. You know what I'm saying? I'm not doing that. I'm going to do it when I feel um, motivated and that there's something to be said um, and in the right moment, in the right moment, you know, I don't care about being off the app, but, you know, just know that when I do bring something, I'm bringing my whole self you know, to the conversation Amen. and yes. And, you know, like with that lady, when she like, even the way that she came in here and I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but like, I can't erase from my mind when somebody asked her about the eyes wide shut party. And um, she said there was a hearse outside, you know what I'm saying? Like she said, there was a hearse outside. Her name is Bridget. I want to, I don't want to say that lady. I just want to, you know, give her respect. But, um, you know, that there was a hearse outside. She talked about the inverted cross that was, you know, um, in the dining room with skulls and things of that nature. And she said that, oh, you know, what's on the menu? Baby back ribs. And she was trying to have a, um, you know, be comedic about it. And probably sometimes people do that when they're nervous. However, she must have some other prior knowledge of this, this you know, this child sacrifice that goes on. Yes within those circles, or she wouldn't have known to make a joke like that. What do you guys think? Lisa, in, uh, in, uh, Grove, if, if, Lisa sec, if you, if you look sec, at the... I was uh, going to speak before a teak. I was going to speak before a teak, and then we spoke at the same time. So let me just get the question out. But I, actually, you know what? Matter of fact, go ahead, because she's just asked you a question. But if I could speak after you, if anyone can remember that. Do, yeah, do, you, think, do you think she laughed? Do you think she laughed because she was fearing for her life at that point? Um, no, because this is what I think is that when you're in it, you don't know what you're in. You know what I'm saying? It's like a child born into an environment. You know, she said she came from wealth. Um, she was shipped off to the UK. She was born in San Francisco. Her mother was German. Um, and she, you know, was sort of sent over. So she obviously was in a boarding school and she was a part of those societies. However, there's levels to those societies, right? So you have the heirs and people that come from super wealthy families. 
And then you come, you know, you have the people that are not quite as wealthy, but they are wealthy compared to the average person. And, you know, while she has access, it's, it's like if you guys watch these period pieces, which I love, you know, uh, you know, with the women in the dresses and these love stories and all that and these kingdoms and empires, you kind of understand the psychology of it. Like marriage was never for um, love. It was always for building, you know, resources and generational wealth and power to combine families and things of that nature. And the elites still operate like this. They just have us you know, not even wanting to be married anymore. You know what I mean? You, you said that you said like empire is the key word there. Empire. Exactly. Uh, exactly. And, and you guys are talking about education. And I, I think Aaron needs to talk after this, but I'm just going to just chime in about education. That that's what they learn about is their empires. They go back five, six hundred, maybe a thousand, two thousand years back to the Romans, back to the Egyptians. And they, they talk about empire. And it's the same story being played out today that's been played out for thousands of years where you got people like us and people like them, and, and it's just interesting how the dots are all the same and they're all being connected again. If you um, have time, Lisa, there's a, a YouTube link I've sent you, which is a long conversation between Sean Atwood and John Wedger. John Wedger is a London metropolitan detective who's been working child cases for over three decades. He's now retired. He's working cold cases in his spare time. He also specializes in SRA. Both Sean and John Wedger, as soon as they started emphasizing and getting the, the word out on SRA and its existence, they started to experience essentially what was a military-grade um, sort of psyop kind of attacks against them. Very organized, very sophisticated, um, yeah, a lot of money and coordination behind it. Yeah, this is a. Uh, uh, I was gonna say before that, um, you know, I got enough. I got a lot of respect for everyone in the room, even if even if I don't know you. Just the fact that people are interested in hearing these stories, which are, you know, based on real things that have happened. But but this lady Begit that was in the. I don't know if I'm saying her name correctly. Sorry. Um, when she was in the room, she she mentioned several times, um, something to the effect of this may be my last time speaking. And I was just wondering, like, was she, was she referring to on this app or did she mean that like in general? Because I, I mean, I know a little bit about who she is, but I don't know that much about what she's been involved in. So when she said this, am, am I the only person that was maybe misunderstanding that or she's, wondering? No, I'm she's fearful. She's fearful for her life. Her life. Yeah, no, I thought, I thought that's what she life. meant. I thought no, she was serious. So, okay, so, here, so here's, here's my opinion on, on that statement that she made. Or, you know, I was just wondering, and this is no, I'm not throwing any uh, shots at anyone in particular, but I was just wondering, maybe if I can address this to Lisa, perhaps just as a suggestion, not that you need my suggestions, but I'm just wondering, is it possible? Like when you have a guest like that, I mean, I don't know her personally, but should we, um, I'm not saying anyone has done anything wrong with the way that they were throwing the questions at her because, you know, she was willing to answer any questions I could tell, but there was a certain word that was used with regards to, you know, um, I, I call the country Palestine cause that's what it's called. That's what it actually is, in, if you ask me. But anyway, the 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 regime, the 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 uh, the campaign against Palestinians since 1948. That side of the fence, that particular country, 
that M word that was used earlier that she didn't really feel comfortable discussing. I was just wondering, when you have a guest like that, is there a list of things that we shouldn't be talking about or is it just open to discuss anything? Because obviously she's willing to talk about what she wants to talk about. But when we start saying, are you aware of this, this and this, I could tell that she knew maybe as much as someone would have thought she knew, but for her own protection, and I don't think she's scared of anyone or anything, we can all tell that. But I think like there's certain things that's like, okay, what, what are we asking her exactly? Does she know of it? Yes, she knows of it. But like, what can she say about it if she's not from that regime, if, if that makes any sense? I was just wondering going forward, like if you are going to do a room for her, should there be a, a list of things that we don't delve into? And again, I'm not saying that we should avoid things at all. I was just wondering because that, that word beginning with M, you start saying stuff like that, you'll have people turning up on your doorstep. No joke. Like, I've had it happen to me. So, you know, I'm yeah. pro-Palestinian and I've had it happen to me. I'm just saying. I understand. I mean, but saying that word versus the CIA or the FBI or MI6, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's, it's all the same to it's me. Not, though. And I, I, I do believe that. Okay. So number one, I'm not a, uh, a professional interviewer. <laughs> I'm not, <clears throat> I just try to be thoughtful about everyone that, you know, comes into the room. Um, and that's everyone that's sitting on the stage right now. And I just have a certain protocol of how I run rooms. Right. And everyone is respected. Everyone's perspective is allowed to be shared. And then when, if we have somebody that comes in, of that, you know, stature and, you know, has this inside connection, I definitely want to frame. And I thought I did a pretty good job of doing that because every speaker on stage, I thought they, you know, um, they asked good questions, right? Um, they were very respectful towards her, but I created, an, I tried to create an environment where she would feel safe and she would speak for as long as possible, which I feel like she did. Um, she was very forthcoming with, um, all of her answers, you know, she didn't buckle when it came to anything that was asked of her. So I, I you know, from where I'm sitting, I think it went pretty well. I, I feel as though like if I wouldn't have done that, then people would have possibly tried to persecute her, you know, would have, you know, it, it could have went a completely different way. So I think that now there is an open door, right, um, that I could have conversations with her um, on the back end. Yeah, you know, and she could possibly even come back to the room. So I'd rather not do like the full court press and, you know, all of that. I think asking about the 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 Mossad, I mean, we've played videos in this room on week one, day one of the trial about, you know, her dad's involvement with it. Jeffrey Epstein was also a part of that. Um, it's just public knowledge. I don't think it's anything that's so provocative that, you know, um, someone couldn't ask about. So, you know, that's just my thoughts on that. It's interesting. Um, who wanted to it's Yeah, no, no, no problem. I wasn't criticizing how you did it. I, I, I wasn't actually uh, opposed to anything that took place in the room. I was just thinking moving forward. I was just wondering like, okay, she knows about Mossad, but like, like she, she can't speak much on Mossad. So I was just, it's okay. I wasn't actually criticizing the way you ran the room or your questions or anyone else's. I was just thinking going forward, if you do a room with her, are there, I was just, I was actually, what I was trying to say is, are there things that you would actually rather we avoid saying to a guest like that? That was what I was actually asking you. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. I understand. I understand. Um, so there's no way for me to know, like what, what a speaker is going to ask. The only thing I can do is ask them to be gentle 
to be respectful and frame their questions in a way that the, you know, the, the guest um, does not feel attacked or, you know, under fire, because if we do that, then they, you know, obviously you wouldn't want to be here because the environment wouldn't feel comfortable. Right. So, um, you know, and so maybe I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying. So like maybe next time, like the, the best that I could offer is that I could sort of intervene on a question that may be inappropriate, but I just didn't find any of the questions today to be that way, you know? Um, so yeah, but I, yeah, I, 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 I just, this is the last thing. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, Lisa. This is the last thing I'm going to say. I swear to God it is. Um, the reason why I'm saying this in case anyone's wondering is because she's got a lot of information, very valuable person to have on this app. This is my third account. I don't even have the resources she does. I've been removed several times off this app without even going in depth like she did. So my, my point was this, someone like her and you doing rooms of her in the future is great, but I, I wouldn't like to see her removed just because someone delved into something that she probably doesn't want to speak about. That was why I was saying that, but yeah, thank you. And thank you for that. Um, who would like to go next? Lisa. Hi, Lisa. Uh, my name is Rico, and um, I just wanted to say I really felt like it was important, and I appreciated how you let her know that her spirit is allowing her to say everything she said on the on the show today. And I feel like the deeper you dive into your spirituality and getting to know yourself, you will tell the truth no matter what. And I felt like as she was offended or she didn't want to answer any question, which some of them she kind of. She didn't bypass, but she, and she also didn't hesitate, but I feel like she told her truth and I, it was really nice how you let her know that the spirit was working with her and the spirit definitely was working through her to speak to us today. And you're doing a really good job, Lisa. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa. <laughs> Go ahead. Hi, family. How are you, Lisa? I'm doing well. Good, good. I'm glad that you're in um, better spirits. I know that you went through some stuff um, that we won't bring up. Um, greetings to the room, everyone. Um, I found it interesting because we we shared some words, I think, maybe like one or two weeks ago, maybe, um, where I was sharing about the book that I purchased because um, one of Brother Panic's lectures, he did a lecture specifically on that, on that book, um, the ISIS thesis. And so it was so intriguing to me that <laughs> he winded up coming onto the show. That was amazing. Thank you. I really do love Brother Panic. Um, and that's so why, with- That's why that room was so fire last It really, really was. And I didn't think you were gonna bring it like that, but you did. And I praise you for that because you're really shedding a lot of light. Um, Panic has been around for a long time, but you know that the truth doesn't sell as quick as a lie. So um, he brought he he just brought it to the room as well, and kind of sort of to what um, Mr. Air was saying. Um, I think that you handle when it comes to and you and you showed that last night um, when that gentleman he came on the stage and off so quickly when he spoke that. I didn't even get to see his name, but um, because you intervened and you intercepted that, or I think it was you, I don't know if maybe it was another mod, um, when that uh, 
individual was saying, oh, you know, you're leading everybody in this room into the slaughterhouse. And um, even though I guess it was appropriate for him to be removed because he probably would have went on maybe offend, you know, offensive or whatever. I can't assume what he was going to say. But I guess in the back of my mind, I kind of was... I stood wondering at how panic would have asked. Yeah, actually how he would have handled that, that because he cut it. He, I I guess he didn't even want to give it energy because he wasn't on the stage, even though he was about to, he would have, he was um, looking like he was committed to dive into some, some kind of conversation with him in some way, but because the brother got clipped off, I don't know if he moved into, um, back into the audience or whatever. Um, but I mean, and not saying yeah. that it was I, incorrect I for him to do you know, Listen, I'm a sniper, mm-hmm. okay? There, <laughs> everybody has the ability on this app to start a room. I, I don't deal with disruptions in a room. And so when someone comes in and says, oh, you know, he's y'all, you know, or everyone, that is a, an assassination, you know what I'm saying? Of my character, and of the speaker that I had on the app, who 800 people, by the way, was in a room to listen to. People came back on the app to listen to him. People signed mm-hmm. up the app to listen to him. And he was in this club, right? And everything was going well. So, um, you know, I'm a sniper, period. I'm going to clip you and we're going to keep moving because I have a mission and a goal, you know, when I start a room um, of how it's going to be and how it's going to run smoothly and I, I just don't really, you know, there's so many um, rooms like that for people to argue and go back and forth. Now, if you're intellectually disagreeing with somebody and you have a different perspective, that's always welcome. Always. This is not an echo chamber. However, um, you're not about to come on here and disrespect any of my guests that I bring onto this app or any of the speakers that are on the stages, Right. So I have to protect that, you know, the space. And so, yeah, no, he, I, Brother Panic was ready for the smoke, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I didn't want that to delve in because he had so much more to share for the people who were there that showed up, you know, for him and for this club and trusted me enough, you know what I'm saying? Um, th- there was a bigger conversation to be had, you know what I mean? And he, he came in my DMs. I just ignored it. <laughs> you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Feels. And so you can't give people like that, you know, any energy, because if you give them that energy, then it's, it's going to take the it's going to derail the conversation. That's just not what I like. You know, what I mean, and mm-hmm. I know people like that, you know, some people like the drama and they like for, you know, an argument to ensue. You know, there was nobody in that room. There's nobody on that. I'm pretty sure that was on Clubhouse that night, last night that, um, it was going to be a slaughter anyway. It was going to be a bloodbath, right? So why waste time? That's not what y'all was there for. Y'all was there for something else. So um, no archons allowed. No archons no. allowed. No, period. Absolutely no. not. You know what? I, it was handled um, right on time, right on point. I guess I just wish that that individual would have uh, came with his delivery um, in a less abrasive and a less like a uh, finger pointing kind of manner. He, I think that if he would have came correct and he would have probably asked the right questions instead of, you know, 
blazing the way he did, oh, um, it oh, probably would have went different. Mess up your room and your show, especially the room didn't get saved, but that room was supposed to be shared on a um you know on his YouTube and you know uh, promoted on social media, but Clubhouse didn't save the room. Although and I was looking forward to that replay. <laughs> right, and so the yeah the replays are not up, and that's unfortunate. And I'm gonna find another way. Um, to record, you know, the content that I'm creating on this app because I don't need Clubhouse deciding, you know, because, you know, policing me and deciding that, you know, content that I create doesn't need to be, you know, um, shared. And, you know, like um, Shay said earlier when we were talking, like, you know, even if the, you know, we passed the limit, which we didn't, because I was, you know, you guys kept hearing me say, okay, guys, we I mm -hmm. opened another room, an overflow room, so that we could shift to that room because people wouldn't stop asking questions. I needed to shut the room down so that we could save the replays. I was very adamant about that. Um, so, you know, I need to be able to <clears throat> save my own content. I messaged them, email them, and they just kept sending me like canned messages about how to do replays. I'm like, I already know how to do replays. That isn't the issue. The issue is I had the replays on. It, it was on when I ended the room, but the replays did not show up. So, you know, nevertheless, um, you know, as content creators, like we have, I mean, everybody does things differently, but I know what I'm trying to do and the type of quality that I'm trying to put out into the world. So I'm not definitely not trying to have, you know, um, shenanigans, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, if, if people love you, people, love, there's plenty of that, you know, everywhere on this app. So if that's what people are into, they definitely can, um, there's a whole buffet to choose from. But this club in this room, that is not my signature. Um, I don't even know how to do that very well. So, you know, I wasn't about to let that happen. So, yeah, he had to go. He had to go, period. So, but I think you handled it. Yeah. And just before I land my plane, just because you said that um, regarding the replays, because Clubhouse is flip-floppy, wishy-washy with the replays, perhaps you can um, download. I don't know how you're... Um, if you're doing this from a cell phone or from a laptop, but if you're doing it from a cell phone, perhaps there's an app that you can record on your own just in case that happens in the near future. Now, Lama, Clean and Lisa, thank you so, so, so much for everything that you are contributing to not just Clubhouse, but to society. So, You're welcome. All right, guys, the floor is open. Just to do a quick reset of the room, you guys, welcome to the Matrix Unveiled. If you're not already following the club, make sure you press that little green house at the top and follow the club. Um, click the link at the top of the page if you want to be a part of our Discord community. Um, you know, we have a lot going on over there. It's a $5 monthly subscription to be a part of that. Um, I am definitely, um, you know, pruning down the members that we have i'd rather have you know a hundred committed members than two thousand people that are trolling and stealing content and not participating in the rooms and all of that so that's really just a way to put up like a firewall um so that we can actually build the community that i want something of quality and not of quantity so if you're interested in that you know last weekend we did a movie night where I broke down the movie um, uh, uh, Jupiter Ascendant. Ryan, who is on stage with us right now, he's also an, a moderator, you know, in there, um, is, you know, helping facilitate what's going on in the, in, the, in, the, in the Discord. 
and he streamed the movie for us. I'm thinking about there's a really good, I played a video earlier of a gentleman that did a documentary called The Best Kept Secret about um, all of what's going on in Hollywood, you know, along with Ghislaine Maxwell and Jeffrey Epstein. Um, so I'm gonna be sending out a mass message and to see, you know, who wants to sign up. If I get enough people who sign up for it, I'll go ahead and pay for it because it is a documentary that you have to pay for. It's a minimal cost, but nonetheless, you know, if we can watch that together. And so that's another facet because I'm building a community off of Clubhouse. So um, I would love to see that. And, you know, I'll be there and available with you guys to to watch it. And then we can discuss, you know, after each part that um, we watch. So, yeah, tap in with that. Make sure you're giving me a follow if you're not already doing so. Please follow all the moderators on the stage because they help me to create these spaces. They help to ping people into the room. You know, they help us to be seen on Clubhouse. So I really appreciate them and all their efforts. So make sure you give them a follow as well. Um, today we're talking about the Glenn Maxwell trial, the end of week recap. Nothing major is going on in her trial. Actually, um, we learned that she's more than likely not going to take the stand. Um, we also um, learned that, you know, her trial is going to wrap up pretty quickly, where initially it was projected that it would be about six weeks. We're right at around coming up next week will be week four. And, you know, word is that they're expecting, you know, for the testimonies and the defense to wrap up and for this to go to jury. So it's possible that after you know, three and a half, four weeks that, you know, a decision will be made. Also, all of the victims' attorneys have been called, <laughs> which is interesting, to um, to, to come under um, questioning by the defense because they're trying to paint a story that these, these, these victims were not really victimized or they weren't thinking about any of this until these lawyers somehow you know, which is an interesting angle, like, you know, persuaded them to do this. So for money or whatever. So really, really interesting. Like I said, it would be a whole nothing burger. Um, but the greatest highlight of today was we had another insider come into the room. Um, her name is Bridget Cunningham. She has a Wikipedia. She said that someone created, but she told us it was very accurate. So um, she was in here spilling a whole lot of tea and it was piping hot, okay? Um, she said that she had met Ghislaine Maxwell three times, that she also ran in the same social circles with Amanda Elias. She gave us um, Michael Jackson and she was very, she said she was very nervous and she felt like, you know, um, this is the first time she had really spoken out this way. Um, she talked about Michael Jackson's um, manager, um, Sandy, Gelfam or something, I can't pronounce the last name, um, but how he would order boys. She didn't, wasn't sure of the ages, um, a different boy for different days. They were usually from S Central America. And I mean, she just said a lot and she gave us a lot of clues of things to, um, to look into. And I don't know, you know, it was yachting, the people that go to St. Bart's, you know, in December for Christmas and things like that. She, she, she let off a lot of information in here. So, um, yeah, guys, that is the reset. I'm going to open the floor back up for commentary. This is Becca. Um, I was wanting to point out how she mentioned the yachts and the boats. If you go and you look up, there's a lot of people who work the yachts that commit suicide. And that I think there's a link somewhere 
like between the pedophile ring and and that. But parents like send their kids there to go work the yachts like all summer long. And it's oftentimes, sometimes they're found dead, they go missing. So I think that's something that people should look into as well. I yield. Yeah, just to add to that, Becca, that's also come up with respect to um, child abuse in the UK. Um, A lot of it taking place on boats um, using Isle of Wight was um, also an offshore um, location, apparently. But also the handy point is with boats, you're outside of jurisdiction and it's very easy to dispose of waste. Sorry to put it like that, but that's, uh, I think, what goes on. And maritime law. And that's why I, yeah. I had asked the question um, about the Mossad thing. I, and I believe I did disclose if she didn't you know, want to go in on it. Um, but it, it was a movie that came out right after the R. Kelly and the Jeffrey Epstein thing was on, um, like, you know, Netflix Lifetime, whatever. But it was a movie that came out, which is called All the Girls on Netflix. And I think they removed it. But it was literally explaining exactly what you just said, like, the um, Israel and United States have this thing. I think somebody might know. Um, the Israel and United States have like this um, operation that you know it is a part of the ter- I guess Terramart or whatever this Max Delay Maxwell thing is just a, a, a psyop for the I guess that project. But in that movie, all the girls they were move they were like doing it offshore. Um, and they were all like, I would, if you can find that movie, just, just watch it because it's literally like putting everything that she was explaining. Into yeah. Like, it's called all, all the girls on Netflix. It's literally about am all girls. Yes. The, the advantage to, to offshoring um, abuse is that you are essentially outside of most jurisdictions. You know, territorial sovereignty extends out to 12 nautical miles according to the United Nations Convention on the Law of the Sea, 1984. Um, you have a, uh, additional zones beyond that, for instance, going out to 200 nautical miles, but that's really for the con- re- minerals and resources in the continental shelf or fisheries and so forth. Beyond 200 nautical miles, you're essentially on the high seas where the only law that applies is the law of the flag that is flown on the back of the ship. That's determined by where the ship as a single purpose vehicle has been registered uh, for ownership. And various flags and jurisdictions around the world have extremely lax laws, both for taxation and other areas, you know, BVI, Marshall Islands, Liberia, there's a whole, you know, Trinidad and Tobago, Liberia, there's a whole range of favorite sort of registries which have um, very lax laws essentially. Interestingly in the UK um, there was a known practice and this was with um, around the 70s and 80s Edward Heath who was a prime minister of the UK um, he was known to um, abuse boys he was a, a extremely violent uh, homosexual paedophile he even had a a sort of a glove with claws, like a mechanical clawed hand, which he would claw his victims with. And he would use uh, the canal boats because in, a, in between all of the jurisdictions in, in and around London, like Suffolk County and stuff like that, you have these canals. And they're essentially, um, there's no jurisdiction per se applicable on the canal as a maritime waterway 
within the littoral sort of it's like a gray zone the the grease between the cogs which uh, they used to slide between essentially yeah and then it also plays a part in the the pipelines as well because it's not just the boat like the boats is a big thing but it's it's like the planes it's everything like literally that movie if you guys can find it it <clears throat> it was because it started out with them finding a, a, a little girl's i believe her I don't know if it was her corpse or something, but it was it was something with a little girl. But they found her underground, and so it made me think. Um, a couple months ago, uh, somebody was saying something about like the pipelines and like Israel and the United States, and you know how they're doing like these like they're transporting these people underground. I guess is how they're doing it, and then also, I guess through the waters, but literally like underground um, trains or whatever. But yeah, it's it's. Can I add? Can I quick to what you were saying? So that, um, I had seen a video on Twitter a while ago. This is right after that. I believe, I believe it was in Atlanta that, um, that house that just got busted with having kids. <clears throat> it was right after that. It was, a, it looked like it was, it was in a desert. It was a mountain. The mountain, it looked, I'm telling y'all, it looked like regular, environment the mine opened up and a huge truck went inside it and it was connecting that to like traffic and shit just wanted to yeah i feel like excuse me not to cut nobody off but i feel like that made me i don't remember a movie but that do sound like like some of the movies that be having like mountains opening up or like secret layers places and then now that y'all speaking on all these boats that go out the way and transport children like it's all starting to make sense like how weird it is like these movies tell us a lot more than what like we joke about or you know miss out on sometimes when we just watching these explorer movies or like mm, it will come back to me i'll get back on when i got some examples but i hope y'all understand what i'm saying hi what's the name of that movie on Netflix? it's called all the girls all the girls and it came it came out i want to say like 2019 it was around that time but it was like right when covid had started so uh like like not january between october 2019 and march of 2020 and it was you know uh i think the focus was on like bill cosby or something or r kelly or, or whatever around that time but um I forgot what I was going to add to that. Oh, but yeah, I mean, the whole American system, the United States system, like we're ran by Rothschilds who are the basically mothers and fathers or whatever of the UK besides the royal family. So it's like they knew exactly strategically what they were doing. And it's a reason why everything is being exposed right now, because, um, you know, the, the, the Republic already failed, but they're, you know, they're keeping us intact. But um, yeah, I feel like. It's called I Am All Girls. Yes, thank you. I Am All Girls. It's coming out because they tried, I'm sorry. It's coming out because they're trying to, yes, something's going to happen. I, I wholeheartedly believe that. But it's a desensitize, how do you say it? Des, desensitize? Like they're trying to desensitize. How do you say that? Desensitize, yeah. Desensitize. Yes, that's what they're trying to do. I wanted to ask the room, guys. Um, she said something about Bridget was talking about the, the music industry is worse than Hollywood. What do you think she mm. meant? I feel like I feel like she meant 
like as far as because panic went into something last night on his show with lisa and he was speaking on how um the jewish people who run the music music industry they want these rappers to explicitly only have lyrics destroying the community talking about you know prostitution shootouts, hey, be careful like, all that type that. of stuff huh just be careful just be careful about about uh, oh what exactly uh, would i say okay excuse me but explicit lyrics in this music and that everybody is indulging in and listening to is keeping your spirit down and even though it might seem like a hype or turned up the music industry is bigger than really even because everybody every day is indulging in music and the more people are hearing this um hearing this negative message is uh has a hold on the society especially you kill kids and how everybody is kind of thinking if I may add just a word of advice, if possible, I don't want to sound patronizing. I'm aware that I may sound like that, but that's not my intention. Brother Rico, I know what you're talking about, but my suggestion would be if you replace the word that you used with the word Zionist, because, of course, Zionists okay. aren't exactly people that, re that, aren't exactly people that represent that the faith of Zionist. Right. So my, my point is, okay. I, I understand what you're talking about, but my suggestion is rather than call it someone of a certain faith, because of course, like, for, I'll give you a quick example of what I mean, and then I'll shut the hell up. If you look at the people in the Ku Klux Klan, right, we all know, those of us who don't agree with the Ku Klux Klan, which I'm going to hope is everyone on this stage right now, we all know that the Ku Klux Klan don't represent all God-fearing Christians, but they profess that they are just the same way that zionists claim to be people of the faith of the book of the torah but they're not so that was my suggestion refer to them as zionists and you'll be pretty much safer of course you wouldn't be safer no, around I, appreciate, zionists, no, I really but, appreciate you correcting me on that because you know how i grew up or certain things i don't want to point out nobody group as being like the bad guy so i do appreciate you um giving me that feedback yeah no worries no worries i got you bro yeah, it's all love, and we also just, you know, want to make sure that none of us get clipped or the room gets boomed or Lisa gets, you know, you know, we want to keep everybody safe and make sure, you know, so. Um, also, I wanted to bring up something, too, when you guys were talking about the yachts and, uh, and the laws on the water and stuff. Uh, remember, I don't know if y'all remember, but on the first day of the Ghislaine Maxwell trial, they asked her what she was a citizen of, and she said she was a citizen of Terramar. So what do y'all She said She said she was a citizen of Terramar. Do y'all hear me? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, Terramar Alex, is... What is that? Oh, I... No, I was just going to say, Terramar is supposed to be like um, uh, some type of maritime, like like some kind of, like, I don't know what to call it exactly, like a type of country, but like that has no, like like they start in their own country over the seas, like the like a law of the seas of their own and stuff. So they, okay. I don't know if they yeah. would have to necessarily be um, subject to any laws of any country. So they're, like they're more a nation. advanced pirates, huh? They're like pirate, advanced pirates. I thought I heard, 
I thought I heard that it was an island and that she purchased it. I'm not quite sure, but I thought that's what I heard. Terramar is literally um, a nation that is made up of different quote unquote companies who made their own nation and they yep. made their own rules. Because yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's why the US is falling, so it's like you, you yeah, but it's about water, though. The bodies of water, though. I don't think they have... I'm not sure about that island that you mentioned, but from my understanding, it was that they, you know, because she's in the submarine technology and all that stuff, and that that way they wouldn't have to be subject to any laws or something. I, I, I feel like there's some type of loophole with her saying that she's a citizen. Of no, no loophole. About this is yeah. Tehran's. No, there is no loophole. This would fall under international law. The fact that they're extracting anyone from any other jurisdiction, it actually puts them into the level of international law of human trafficking and crimes against humanity. Point blank. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Cause I, I didn't exactly know where they were going with that or, or why she would say that or what, what the significance of that is. I just know there's some fishy stuff with the whole terror market. Yeah, she's just she's she's trying to basically establish their own jurisdiction so that they have um gosh, I can't even think of the word. What's the word that uh, you have immunity uh, diplomatic immunity. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, which is fine. It's fine because they're creating their own jurisdiction and, and laws and constitutions. That's great. But when you infringe <clears throat> on the rights of other citizens across the nation, across the world, across continents, that's crimes against humanity. Those are war crimes, and they're subject to international laws, even on the water. And Glenn Maxwell's father died on a yacht, I understand. And does anybody know how he died? I heard Robert he Max. Yeah, Robert Maxwell, the, the father of Glenn. I heard there was a conspiracy um, about him being it? killed and suicided. Suicide, yeah. It was said to be a suicide, but other people thought that it was um, a murder, but technically it's said to be suicide. Yeah, I'm surprised they haven't made a movie about the Maxwells. I mean, that would be a serious movie, but maybe uh, you need to find a different type of director. He. He died from a heart attack and he drowned. Guys, I just found on Wikipedia about Terramar. It says, I'm going to read this to you really quick. The Terramar project was a self was self-described as an environmental nonprofit organization. It was founded in 2012 in the United States by Ghislaine Maxwell. A sister organization in the United Kingdom was incorporated in 2013. Terramar U.S. announced its closure on the 12th of July, 2019. This was shortly after New York federal prosecutors arrested Maxwell's close associate, Jeffrey Epstein. So Sounds that's like a secret call. You said 2012 it was founded? Yeah, the original one, and I guess U.S.-based, was 2012, and then they did it sister organization in the U.S. Uh, the following year, 2013.
they wanted to own the waters so that way they could never be prosecuted for anything. And that was the plan. Yes. Yeah, they didn't think all the way through, though. And a lot of people don't know. Interesting. Biden has, Biden and his brothers live on Water Island, which is near Little St. James Island, which was owned by Epstein. Richard Branson owns an island in that area. So does Mark Zuckerberg. Um, and the Ghislaine Maxwell had a submarine and a helicopter license, and they would park the submarine underneath um, Water Island, which the Bidens lived on, because that one had a submarine dock. While I don't condone this, what I uh, excuse me, while I don't condone this or support it in any kind of way, they would have been better off having Terramar to be an island like Dr. Moreau, and they create their own species and molest their own species. They, they are their own species. Uh, no, no. I mean, seriously, guys, these these people. No, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm talking about the victims. They were better off creating their own and then molesting those. I, again, I'm not for them. No, I'm gotcha, just saying. Gotcha. But when, yeah, when they when they when they cross the line and extracting children from Haiti, from India, from Europe, from U.S., it's, it's a done deal. <laughs> There's no. That, didn't I think that would have defeated the purpose because if let's say they would have cloned their own, then they're not actually extracting organic. Um, I don't want to say the word, but you know what they're trying to. Uh, yeah. Yes. That, that logic doesn't sound very. Energy. Very it's good. it's it's that thing that they take from. Take um, from I keep, um. I keep. Adrenochrome. Adrenochrome. There you go. So I don't think that it would have been organic if they're creating clones. That makes a lot of sense because you need pure breads. Yeah, this is a really powerful um, conversation, y'all. Let's keep it going um, while Lisa is out. Let's continue to remain respectful. Um, try to remain mindful of the one mic roll. If you aren't already following that greenhouse at the top, please do yourself a super solid. Go ahead and uh, hit it. That way you can be a member of the family as well as signing up for the discord because y'all a lot of the stuff we talk about on the app we go into further detail on the discord um conversations that we necessarily cannot have on the app we might have it over on the discord so if you want to be a participation be a participant in that and um you know want to provide more information you know and not risk the chance of having your clubhouse account clip you definitely want to um go ahead sign up it's only a five dollar a month uh subscription it is well worth it nine times out of ten y'all we signed up for stuff that we don't even remember what we signed up for so you know it's less than a quarter a day go ahead and sign up for the discord uh matrix unveil that Lisa has taken so much time and putting together. And while we're at it, go ahead and hit that plus sign. Go ahead and ping at least, you know, three to five people in there. Don't want to get you in ping jail just yet. But go ahead and ping some folks in here if they've been keeping up with the Ghislaine Maxwell conversation. And you know that they need to know what the latest deets are. I'm going to go ahead and throw the mic back in the air, guys. Let's keep this conversation going. We are going popcorn style. The hand raising option is open for everybody. So if you want to contribute, ask a question, give a thought or theory, please feel free to go ahead and uh, hit that hand raising button. And one of my lovely, or excuse me, one of Lisa's <laughs> lovely moderators and handsome folks will be more than happy to bring you up on the stage. This is Shay. I'm
And shout out to the dip. You say what? I said shout shout out to the Discord. Yeah, shout out to all the people in Discord. Yeah, yeah. I'm at work, so I gotta, you know, I gotta finesse it a little. Oh yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. right. You know, we we kind of got a little own little secret uh, Discord squad going on. So y'all y'all definitely have to tap in because yeah. I'm telling you, some of the stuff we talk about when we go into the audio uh, chat feature, you're not gonna hear those conversations on Clubhouse, and I'm. That's where I uncensor my content, for sure. Yes, sir. And we just talking, chopping it up. We got music bought in there. We watch movies, you know. So yeah, it's a it's a good time, man. And I, for the people that are in the Discord, I again strongly encourage you guys to you know come off that mic and and contribute to the conversation, you know, because it's a safe space and we all fam. That's what. Sure. Did she speak uh, on her thoughts about the little boy falling from the uh, castle that was filmed? Lynn, when did that happen? That's new to me. You, oh, oh, that was years ago. Yeah, that. I'm not sure what year it happened, oh, but I literally just seen. I literally just seen it this year, and. Um, I don't know if she had um, touched on that topic or her thoughts on it. Not, excuse me, not yet. Pretty much the conversations um, we've had in Dr. Uh, J. Lynn or Ryan can correct me on this is pretty much been on some uh, occult items. We've talked a little bit about the uh, Maxwell Epstein situation. Uh, we've talked about the metaverse. Um, so we really haven't dived too deep into uh multiple different topics as of yet because we're just getting um how figuring out how the audio option works on the app getting more people um signed up and most importantly getting engaged right absolutely um we've been trying to help people uh a lot of people are new to discord so we're trying to get them you know accustomed to the controls and how to navigate you know stuff like that so it's been a lot of that by the way yeah, like I say, if anybody needs help with anything on Discord, just hit me up, send me a message, and I'll be, you know, more. Yeah, I just tapped in. If nobody said it, happy Friday, everybody. Hey. Beautiful people. Much love. Keep your vibrations Ooh. high. Love each other. Be well. Be happy. Be fruitful. Tell these low vibrationals to step. Do not love your haters. Wish them well. Keep them far, but know how far they're away. Peace and love. All right, y'all. So we are going popcorn. So guys, feel free to. I'm something to uh, ask. Much love, everybody. Um. Who was that that she what was the name of the person that she was like mainly outing that said she was the uh the secretary for? Does anybody remember the name of that guy? I do not remember his name, but um I did clip 
uh, quite a bit at the beginning of her conversation. And I did send them over to Lisa, so I know she'll get them posted to her IG. And um, here in a few, when I get some other things tied up, I'll get those posted to my IG account as well. But she did um, indicate who she was um, at. Yeah, I know she said his name specifically at one point. She said he was Michael Jackson's manager, if I'm not mistaken. I think she came back in the room just a second ago, if I'm not mistaken. She was just here, and uh, she just left. But, yeah, I think Lisa uh, might have that information because she was looking it up. But, yeah, maybe someone could ping her back in the room. She was just here. I literally just saw her. Got you. Thanks, y'all. But yeah, the Discord has so much great stuff on there and so many different topics. So you all should just join. Running, running, my guy. What's up, running? Hey. Hey, everybody. I'm Astro. I was just seeing my guy running in here. So I just popped in. How everybody doing? I wish everybody nothing but love and light and a blessed day. Thank you, thank you. I think he stepped away for a second. He'll be back. I got a question about the Discord. Oh, oh go ahead. You do. Okay. Uh, I clicked the link. And, you know, I pay for the pay for the subscription, but it's telling me it's asking me for an invite link. How do I get that? Because it's a link. Like it sends you to the pay part where Lisa posted. That makes sense. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, you you said you did the pay part and then it asked yeah. you for a link. Yeah, like yeah, an invite. That's link. weird. Okay, did you check your um email yet? Did you get anything in your email? Yeah, that's how I got on was my email. It would, it would send me an email they and I have to send, click on the code. Yeah, yeah, they're gonna send you a code to your email and then you log on Discord. You're gonna send a message to the bot, which is LaunchPass. So you will go into your direct messages um, and send the send that code. Just copy and paste that code and send it to the LaunchPass bot, and you should gain access. Okay, yeah, I see it. Thanks. No problem. I just want to bring that up. What I said earlier. Did anybody hear about that? Please, somebody answer me. If you heard about Kevin Spacey, he has had like four different people accuse him of sexual assault or like allegedly four different people four different victims and they're all dead like all miraculously dead and he's not under any type of investigation at all okay you gotta look that up hey i knew about the cases but not not the deaths wow yeah, yeah it was not long dead. ago it, it was not all... long ago that uh a, a witness you know came forward i remember watching the the special um because he was a waiter and you know his mom encouraged him to go hang out with him or whatnot but Spacey was recently in the news, um, I want to say about two weeks ago, talking about um, the allegations against him, but it did not mention anything that um, his his accusers um, have moved on to. Other- yeah, I heard about that. That was pretty big news about two two years ago. He was on. He was a, a big star on House of Cards. I think the, the name of the show was, 
And then there was the allegations that came out. So they removed him from like that, even though it was a number one running show. And then he put out this really weird cryptic video still portraying the character. It's on YouTube. And basically he was, you could tell that he was talking about the situation, but, but as a third person, almost he was, he was using the character to talk about the situation. And then not long after that, the accused, uh, mysteriously died. I think it was by suicide. Yeah. They said they either got suicide. One of them got hit by a car or some crazy shit. Like it's a bunch of crazy stuff. And uh, if I if I don't respond right away, it's just because I'm at work and I can't, you know, I'm not supposed to technically, I'm not supposed to be on the phone. But we. That's like, you know, I just want to add to that. It just strikes me how these situations happen to be reoccurring. Um, every time that something comes out from somebody that's significant on television or in Hollywood. All of a sudden, these victims come up missing or witnesses. And at this point, when these things happen, just like with this Spacey character, just because it ha it, it pertained to him and just because it just so happened to be that these four people um, came up missing, he should still be held accountable in some way or fashion. I'm just saying. Because, I mean, who is them? People just no, come up missing point. and that's it? That's a good point, but I, I think what it is, it's, it seems like there's tears to this. So if you've got no connections, you get caught and you get exposed. And then if you can expose others or you have like information, it's like they get away with it. And it's like, I don't know, it's it's, it's almost like there's layers to it. Like it, it, there's untouchables and there's those that just take and get hit just, just to kind of show that people are getting caught. And, and then there's the guys at the top that just never get caught. Like this Jimmy Savile character, he never got caught and, and it only came out after he died, all the stuff he did. And they knew about him. And, and, and he was one of the first major um, incidences that happened like 10 years ago where he got caught and, and all this stuff came out. And he had dirt on everybody. It seems like if you have dirt on people, they just kind of, you just get away with it because there's too many people that are going to get caught in, in the crossfire and examination. Yeah. I mean, think about, oh, go ahead. No, you're good. You're I was just going to say, like, think about Charlie Sheen. I don't know what, I mean, I know Martin Sheen's his father, but I mean, think about what the hell kind of connections this guy must have. When Corey Feltman literally came out, the two Corys, he literally came out, made a documentary that he put online for a very short amount of time. And then he took it down probably because he was afraid and said that Charlie Sheen had been molesting him and the other Corey when they were kids and, and, and that he's done other stuff apparently since he's been um, HIV positive with other little boys. But don't you all think these are accusations and nobody has, he's still walking around free as far as I know. And nobody is challenging. Hold on, Lynette, hold on, hold on one second. One second though. Lynette, don't you think it was a little strange how he came out and admitted that he had HIV or whatever it was like, it almost struck me as like he, he, I mean, of course he said he was doing it because he was getting blackmailed, but I kind of wonder if he was getting, like, if like it had to do with like humiliating himself and getting blackmailed behind the scenes to make these other things go away, if that makes sense. I mean, as it much as it makes sense. 
that's it does it in a way it's all sorry yeah and blackmail seems to be a key and a and a it's another dot that gets connected because everybody's blackmailing everybody once they have dirt on you. And yeah, it's like you have to stay away from these people, man, because boy, it's a, it's a crazy network. Coming, and go ahead, coming Lynette, from... and finish. Just a second, Terrence. So let's uh, let Lynette go ahead and finish her thought. And I just wanted to uh, let you all know that um, Lisa has uh, access to go ahead and shut the room down at five o'clock. That way we do not lose today's uh, clips. So uh, Lynette, we'll bounce you, then to Ron's, and then we'll go back popcorn. for. Oh, no, it's pretty much done. I just wanted to mention Charlie Sheen because I don't see his name in any of these documents. And I'm in the Discord, and I've been looking for his name. And I just don't see him. And I don't, it feels like he gets away scot-free. It's really weird. It's not that he gets away scot-free. It's that there are certain people who are, like generals in the industry is the best way for me to put it coming from the industry as a musician and being the fact that I've seen some very nefarious stuff that made me run away from the industry. Earlier when I was on in this room, someone mentioned something about people going through trauma and that's the name of the game. Uh, there's, there's certain terms used in the industry. Um, one of them is called gravy train. Some, some of you may have heard that. Some of you may have used the term, not realizing what you were saying. Other uh, when so when they say it's all gravy, baby. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so that's one thing. I actually attended a party, if you will, on Wilshire in L.A. a long time ago. And at this party, it was this really large, structured commercial building. They didn't have any front doors. It was really odd. And the doors were in the back, and there was no uh, signs. It was like a commercial building, like Regis, you know, that you rent or something, but it wasn't. Inside the building, they had it structured with gate points and gate keepers, and they had bowls. And these bowls had pieces of paper, colored paper, and these colored paper had different information on it, and they would lead you in different places in the building. And one of the things that I know now, I was considerably younger in the industry, and I was really exuberant trying to get in, and I uh, was talking with some people, execs and whatnot, in regards to doing a contract deal. Glad I didn't. But um, there were, I noticed that there were young children, and forgive me how I'm putting this, but they were sexy like young children, and it would make you kind of compromise. Like, is that a child or is that just a younger, young-looking woman? And they had what does that mean by sexy like young children? They they made them look really mature, but they weren't. Hindsight 2020, looking back on it, they weren't. I just when you're glancing at someone who happens to be more endowed, but it's like, oh, wow, you're really young looking. No, they were young looking. They were young <laughs> looking back on. Them. And um, they were unhappy. And I didn't know how to resonate with spirits like I do now, but it was very nefarious. It was very dark. And there were people who were, hmm, it was like eyes wide open, but on a more hip tip versus that Tom Cruise stuff that you saw, right? Really weird. But anyway, my point is um, I've experienced very savvy executive pimps and how they talk to you and they'll bounce you off of someone else and they'll present things to you, put a sense of urgency to where you don't leave to contract, but you do it there because they want you to keep it there. They don't want you to take it to your family, your lawyer. They don't you know, tell you things like, oh, so you're not serious. 
right? Or they'll have you go to a party. This is the big one. Have you go to a party and you're going to go and you're going to dance with some pe certain people, metaphorically speaking, voluntarily or involuntarily. You may find yourself in a special room and it will be nobody. And then someone will come and then some others will come and there'll be a conversation. They'll figure out where you are spirit wise and they'll make those moves. I think the first person who ever said this publicly was Cat Williams. <laughs> the whole keep it in the closet, keep it in the closet. That was the perfect example of what happened in the Playboy Mansion amongst other mansions, amongst other parties. So with this being the case, they're very smooth. They've been doing the director's couch thing for decades. Okay. So think of the best pimp you've ever seen. These are them. Okay. Um, primarily Kazarian Jewish uh, 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 cats who are running these venues. And then they had their other minions of everybody else who would kind of fall in line, uh, whether it was obligation or not. And uh, what would happen in these rooms usually would be, and, and I hear it from a lot of people who talk about it in their jobs, talk about it at the hospitals, and it's it's the same Masonic flow, whereas, and Dave Chappelle said it, he's, he's like, I'm not wearing a dress, man, and then the next person came, and he's like, look, man, I'm not wearing a dress, and they, okay, Dave, Dave, right, so, and they would do this in threes, right, and this is really the game on how they would do this, and they break you down, and they would always watch you close like pimps, because they wanted to see what your spirit was. Now, mine at the time was exuberant, but I still had morals from my parents. You know, good upbringing. I was just exuberant about getting in. And they, they were like, you know, Toronto, we love the sound. And we, this is da 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 Got somebody want to, want, you, want to talk to you. What party you want to go to? Well, sometimes, and I've heard about certain people and I've seen certain situations where people got compromised. And I remember this one, one, one young lady at a party and she came to me. I didn't know her cute sister. And she was like, you know, I don't, and she was drunk. And she was like, I don't know. And I, I was like, what are you talking about? And I, I forget the conversation is so faint, but where it ended up, I was like, I was concerned for her. And so I was trailing her and she, I, she sat down and there was this dude who was wearing like this military kind of black hat, all black outfit. He had a really dark spirit. Again, I wasn't as discerning, not even close back then, but it was really odd. She left with him. Looking back on that, I'm sure she got raped. I'm sure it went a whole thing that I, to this day, I feel bad that I didn't do anything about. But this was the mainstay at these functions and they were there to take your innocence. The main feature that they have, and if there's a nurse in here, she can quote me on how to say this properly because I always forget. But it's a, it goes to what someone was saying about trauma. The biggest way they perform trauma on people is a term called, and you can look this up, it's one way or the other, it's vagal vasil or vasil vagal or something like that. But it's basically the committal uh, in the act of, of having traumatic shock on a person, primarily uh, on how they do it in Hollywood, um, is, is through your blood. And the fastest way into your bloodstream is through your anus. And... Uh, they do this in pairs as well. And the people who do it are ritualistic. They are the lowest vibration. They enter you. It goes past your uh, Kundalini, passes through your 33 spinal cortex, goes to your brain, snaps it. They have a ritual in which they do this. It's been talked about, but it's only talked about in the circles unless you get lucky to talk to somebody about it or see it or actually be the one to experience yourself, which I did not. But 
when it happens, you know what happens because you've seen it. You all just don't know you've seen it. It's when Puff Daddy calls himself P. Diddy. Jay-Z calls himself Jigga, Jehovah. Beyonce calls herself Sasha Fierce. Nicki Minaj calls herself Roman. And on and on and on, right? Um, from Britney Spears to whatever that girl who was riding the, the uh, Miley Cyrus, uh, what's her name, who did uh, fireworks. I forget her name. But anyway, the list is so long. And these people... Katy hey, Perry? There we go. These people go and they pick doors. What do I mean? There's what's called the $20 million club. There's $50 million club, so forth. They pick doors. Those doors can consist of you giving up a firstborn or, or, or somebody like how it, it was either Damon Dash or Diddy who gave up Aaliyah and as a sacrifice, as y'all heard, or uh, what's her name um, in uh, Dreamgirls? What's her name? This The loudest singer? Jennifer Hudson. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, she gave up her family members. And next thing you know, and then there was uh, Bernie Mac. Bernie Mac who got it the most... Uh, uh, ruthless um, because there's his brother who talks about cloning. Uh, I forget his name. He's, he was on YouTube for a long time, Matthew, and he made a lot of hits and whatnot. And he talks about cloning along with uh, B.O.B. But this dude talked about Bernie and this is the reason why everything went down with Bernie. But when Bernie was one of the king of, kings of comedy, he saw some things after they revealed to him and somewhere in there he took a blood oath and he revealed and he went back to the kings of comedy being uh, uh, all I forget the names of them, but you know what I'm talking about. Um, and he goes back to them. And he says, you know, this ain't right. I do something about this. And he was like, look, man, you know, you got to be cool. Just don't rustle no feathers. Get your money. Boom, 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 boom. He kept pushing it. Well, they basically ratted on him because they knew it was going too far. Well, Bernie Mac found himself on the chopping block, literally. And there's a place, well, there was a place or places underground where it's like a forum. And these forums where they have the people come together and they do sacrifices and rituals in front of you or on you in which to call the crowd to make you conform. There's no way you're going to make $20 million, have two, three, four, five million fans, and you think you're going to run stuff. Okay. You should be able to. You should be Beyonce and you should be able to speak politically. You should be, you know, whomever and speak, but you notice they don't. They stand in line. They're puppets they can't speak and it is what it is why because you took blood oaths they will kanye you they will britney spears you and britney is a key witness right now because there's something about that case that's going to open up something i don't know what it is but it's being driven militarily um all i know is um when it, uh, it breaks your psyche this is what they call um uh alter egos and they, they tell you alter egos and somebody else was talking about Kanye breaking his programming, which is so true, but this is very common. This is why you see people glitching, why they need handlers, why they don't have mirrors in their house. Uh, I learned a lot um, in this joint and um, a good example. And I tell people all the time, you know, the movie like Candyman and stuff like that. Do something and concentrate on whatever you're doing, whether it's shaving, whether it's doing your face. And do not think about anything but what you are concentrating on in the mirror. As you will do this, if you concentrate hard enough and leave your mind open, you will find things will come into your mind that you don't think about, that you don't do. Some things you'll actually surprise yourself about what comes into your mind right out of the blue. This is the thing about mirrors, and this is why a lot of the Hollywood 
people don't have mirrors because they've invited certain things that? into their life. I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? The mirrors? Well, they, a lot of, not a lot. Let me not say no, that. You there, said, are, there are certain um, people. If you, if you uh, think, you said think about what you're doing. It, it's kind of like the Candyman effect. Because a lot of the stuff they tell you in the movies are disclosure. And so it's a Candyman effect because a mirror is a portal. It's a perfect catalyst depending on your level of vibration. Yeah. If you leave yourself open enough, this is kind of an example of what transpires in Hollywood. If you leave yourself open enough, you'll find certain things trying to influence you. <laughs> it's, it's quite deep. Mm, okay. it, 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 it's nothing to be scared of, but it's the, man, it's the reason why um, fake, uh, Facebook has um, the thing called Portal. Well, if anybody has it, I suggest you to stop, right? If you have an Oculus Rift, I would suggest stop. The reason why it's called Oculus Rift, because binocular is two, right? Ocular is one, one eye, talking about your pineal gland. Rift is a crack, a tear, a fragmentation, right? So it's a rift fragmentation in the eye. So when you enter in this world, um, what they're trying to do is the Loki. What they're trying to do is the um, altered carbon. What they're trying to do is um, um, a black mirror. Right. And if you watch those episodes, you notice the same uh, narrative of them um, putting you in a virtual prison. This is the whole metaverse thing, because meta in Hebrew is dead. I hate to knock anybody's bubble who's on that, but I would say walk carefully. Because when you enter into this VR world with these these things on your mind, you are subjecting yourself to a new cybernetic jurisdiction that will influence your pineal gland so once they do the oculus rift they're ready for the oculus quest i'm not going to tell you what a quest means because all y'all know what a quest is just put it together <laughs> so they're telling you in these movies what they want to do and in a nutshell if you are in this virtual world for four minutes the administrators want to keep you in it Whereas those four minutes in their administrative control can make it four years. Black Mirror kind of exposed that. Now, we're, we're, we're far away from that, and it's going to take some things to get to that, and I'm the one to get into that. But I'm telling you, this is where they're leading to. We should have had drones doing drone delivery, but drones were never for deliveries, right? It was just to sell you all that drones are for delivery when they're really for attacking, for shooting, for killing, murdering. This is what is it's being used. And Obama pointed that out very well. He, he was the drone master of murdering people. So the, it gets really thick and really deep. And they have these robots and they man, when I tell you that Starnet, what is it called? Uh, Cybernet, whatever they call it, Skynet. When I tell you it's here, it's here. And they're ready to start sleeving people, meaning being able to put you into different consciousness. They have 6G ready, which is an upload of consciousness using terahertz specifically. Ah, I should know this number. It's 700 terahertz, but it's basically for uploading com uh, consciousness. You could peep this out and forgive me if I'm talking long. You could peep this out in Westworld in the last episode of Westworld. And they talk about that hive and when everybody was in it. So they're trying to upload people into this bill gates patent w o zero two zero two or i think it's w o two o two over twenty twenty oh six oh six oh six or sixty six which goes hand in hand with the patent lucifer race and uh the microsoft patent uh that was instituted by bill gates was for cryptocurrency 
using human energy, just like the matrix. Right. So basically you would power this cryptocurrency through your electromagnetism, but that electromagnetism would be controlled. That control would come not through graphene oxide, um, but through the hydrogel that replicates with your cells, which is in hand in some of these vaccines. Right. I'm kind of deviating, but I got okay, no, real quick, real quick, real quick. I'm going yes, I'm I'm to time, time you out real quick just, on, on that note because we are um, coming up on 4.55 Eastern Standard Time. And I do want to go ahead and respect Lisa's wishes and um, get this room shut down. But if I can get a flash of mics and a number of hand raising, if you are enjoying the information that Trons is dropping on us right now and you would like a continuance of this conversation to happen right after we shut this down. Yeah, we want a room. Hit that we want raise. Hold on. Hold on. I didn't expect to get off that call. So who was that that was just speaking? Because I know he was dropping some bars. Mm -hmm. He was dropping Heavyweight. Me, Tehran. Tehran? Who, who was it, though? Tehran says. Tehran. Yeah, I'm um, actually supposed to be picking up my phone, and I got caught me, out. <laughs> send me, send me, follow me and send me a back channel, okay? Um, If you want to open up a room, I'm going to let you open a room up in here. I'm going to open up the room for you. Bring my people in here and let you do your thing. How's that? That's beautiful. That's beautiful. I, I I may have to jump off. I have to pick up my son at, uh, from school at two thirty, but I, I got a little time here. No, yeah, okay. I would um, love to be, go. When you're ready, to, yeah. When you're ready to hold a room for a couple of hours, you know, just hit me up, follow me, send me a message. You know, um, join the Discord, and you know, we can do that. You know, I'm looking for people that want to um, hold these spaces when I'm un unavailable to do that. You know, we are building a community and as like I, I always say, I feel like the smartest people on Clubhouse come to my rooms. I honestly do feel that way because like people come in here and share so much information and those voices need to be highlighted and you guys can run rooms just the same way that I do because everybody has a different perspective. It doesn't always have to be me, you know, or any of the mods that that are on the stage. You know, you too can be a mod, but of course, we have to have a conversation so that we maintain the integrity of how I run the club and the spaces. So if you're interested in doing that, you know, let me know. Thank you so much, Shay, for holding things down. Who y'all? I, I will say this really quick. Um, I'm not really up on the discord quite yet. And I don't know what you mean about whether I open a room or not. I'm, I'm open with that as soon as I bring my son back because I know what he's, he's going to want to. Yeah, one of us to hit you up. We got three. You got three minutes left. Just want to make sure you, you can. Well, technically, I mean, I start the room till about twelve fifteen. Um, yeah, like twelve fifteen. So we got, yeah, we definitely trying to save these rooms, guys. So By the we're way, coming up right. Can, can I say one thing quick before you shut off the room? Um, yeah, and it, this is not this is not a plug, but it's it's you can verify this yourself. Um, my parents, and I'm deviating for just two two seconds. My parents both got got double vaxxed. I, I was going around them and I was itching like a crack fiend. My son's nose was bleeding and he was having allergies. I was scared to do this for a while because I've been 10 years in this as an, as an herbalist. But for anyone who does need it, I have a product called DVAX. 
I'm gonna let it speak for itself. Um, anybody who needs it for uh, indirect vaccines or direct vaccines, meaning you're unvaccinated being affected or for whatever, whatever reason, this is 100% plant-based. I decided to put it out. It's on desquame.com, D-E-S-Q-U-A-M-E.com, D-E-S-Q-U-A-M-E. Let me know what the next room is. I'll jump in and finish the conversation. But anybody yeah, needs to rise. You stay in the community, stay tapped in, fam, because you got my ears perked. I've been listening to you, and I, I rarely get excited. I could hear your genuineness and and your That's divinity. That's a fact. Man. I appreciate you, G. Yes, I've been man, around I just, very. I just followed been you, around, brother. I'm, I'm I appreciate it as well, bro. So been doing it for twenty over twenty years, and I know exactly what you're talking about. So I got a whole album. I got a whole album. I cut short, sitting on it, like thirteen songs after transpired and performing and opening up for Brian McKnight and Dwelle, Chrisette Michelle. I've seen, uh, and I'm not going to go into this long. I've seen people who I saw initially who aren't who they are now. I, I can name one of the artists right now. They've been cloned. When I saw her again, she did not recognize me, nor did I recognize her. I, and I opened up for her. When I tell you some of the things I've seen, the people who I've connected with, I'm just saying. Uh, I just got back from Portugal for uh, the, the tech conference, Web Summit. I met some other people, uh, very high ups from people I've met before. So I just got exposed to a lot of things without being tainted, without being subjected, without being compromised or taking on any blood oaths. But anyway, whatever that room is, let me know. I'll be back about three, uh, I'd say about an hour, hour and a half, and I could jump in whatever room y'all post. Hey, tap yeah, in, no, Relief Fan, Running Wolf. We're going to let you do the run. You, you know, just hit me up. On the back channel, uh, let me see. Did you follow me? Yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna follow you back, and um, there okay. yeah, click the link at the top. Join our Discord, and you know we are building a, an amazing community over there. I mean, <laughs> you know, I, I, you know, I'm gonna pop my collar on that one because everything I put my hands on, I try to make it of very high quality um, and extremely exquisite to and, and separate myself from what other people are doing with my own ideas. Um, this is definitely a community that you want to be a part of. We have a jab talk section. We have so many different channels in the discord, but you know, if you want to promote, um, you know, what it is that you're doing, um, that would definitely be a space. We can talk about it, um, that you would able, you know, you're able to do that. You know, once I'm able to, um, you know, verify, you know, what you have, look into it, you know, I have to be able to do that before I'm able to, you know what I'm saying, like um, co-sign that for the people that come into this club because, you know, there's a certain level of responsibility that I have to make sure that I'm not promoting something or helping someone else promote something that, you know what I'm saying? So, but we, you know, listen, if you want to do a room, you know, we can do it here in a club. I'll open up the room for you. We'll come up with a title and you can cook, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm sure Ronnie Wolf will be back in here. You know, um, Dr. Lynn will be here. Shay. You know, because Ronnie Wolf already co-signed you. I wasn't here. So if he's come off his mic and says something that you good to go, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm going to rock with that because I really trust his word and I already know what level of information that he has. So, um, yeah, just, um, you know, when you come back, just um, send me a, a message and we'll go into a private room. We'll plan the room and we'll, you know, I'll let you I'll open it and I'll just let you run it. OK, cool. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you scared him. 
Tehran's. <laughs> he took his mic off. I don't. Maybe his. Uh, yeah, we can't hear you. We can't hear you. Anyways, I'm pretty you sure. Know, gratitude, gratitude to that brother. I'm sorry, Lisa. And okay. you know what? There's um someone else in the room. Um, Kermit, that I now? was browsing through profiles, and um, we this individual also is in the entertainment and music industry. And I was just wondering if. Um, they also had something to share in regards to what Tehran's was saying, but I guess we could say. Yeah, no, um, I'm pretty sure Kermit's not going to talk about it. Yes. Kermit is in the music industry. A lot of the people that come into, um, you know, my space, they support me, you know what I mean? And I give them their respect, you know, um, even though we talk a lot about things that may not necessarily support the industry, that is their livelihood. So I give them that respect. You know what I'm saying? So that's my bro. You know, Kermit comes in to support, parks his profile in here so that all his followers can know. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what we do. You know, we're not about to ask Kermit no questions because he, okay. if he wanted to <laughs> ask anything, he would come off his mic and just, you know, he would volunteer, which he has not done. So we're going to give him that respect, you know, um, but I definitely appreciate him always supporting um my rooms listen i freed i freed Absolutely. myself from a lot of things i privatized myself because of what i've seen and other things so i put myself in a very strong position whereas i'm not afraid to do things and say things anymore even though i'm not stupid so uh when i'm led to speak on it yeah i do speak wholeheartedly discerning passionately and you know it just it is what it is i'm, I'm tired of holding stuff in but at the same time, I'm not going to diarrhea and run my mouth off. on. We got you. We got you. Okay, guys. Well, we had a very interesting room today. You know, after a, a week-long break, you know, we're not going to do a Ghislaine Maxwell room every day. We covered it for, you know, um, ad nauseum. All that information is in the Discord for anyone that, you know, wants to access it and join. And we'll, we'll continue to talk about it, you know, and post daily about it in the Discord. But um, I'll probably do another room about it um, in a week from now, unless something, you know, um, happens that's newsworthy. I don't think that it will. But, you know, because I just think it's all a big dog and pony show. Um, but delving deeper into the Maxwell Epstein story is where the real meat and potatoes are. So we can talk about it from that perspective. But, you know, we'll, we'll, ch we'll tap in with that room maybe um, next Friday. But there will be other rooms in between. So, guys, stay tuned. And thank you guys for being here today. Um, we had another special guest that just popped in today. And that was amazing. Her name was um, Bridget Cunningham. Um, Shay posted a um, her Wikipedia, which she herself, you know, um, directed us to and said that it's pretty accurate. So if you want to know um, more about her, you can look at her Wikipedia. She did not have any socials attached you know she did say that she felt a little scared about you know talking about this but she was just tired um and she needed to un un unleash and you know just get some of this these things off of her chest and she was really gracious about sharing answering all of our questions and I, so i think that went really well i followed her she followed me and hopefully we can you know get her back into the room and so that would be definitely um you know, another room that, uh, another discussion that would be worth doing another room for. Um, so yeah, guys, um, any final words before we end quick, 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 before we shut the room down. Much better.
Uh, Let's keep it going. Open it up. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Lisa. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this episode with our great content and the amazing guests that we bring on the show, be sure to click to subscribe so you're notified every time we have a new episode. Be sure to follow us on Instagram at matrix underscore unveiled and tap into our link tree where you can join our Discord communities as well as our Clubhouse communities and everywhere that you can find us on the internet. Thank you so much once again for listening.